I'm ready. Now, it's your boy PSA Sitch here with another Tuesday Tuesday show with everyone's favorite orangutan armed Adam. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Everyone should have arms that are at least 10 feet long. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do orangutans even have long arms? I'm thinking of gibbons. Gibbons have those wacky long arms. Yeah. All apes have long arms, including human apes. So, and we have a very special guest here, Joe of. The Good Logic channel. That was What's a great up, segue Joe? from the apes to Good Logic. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate yes. That. Yes. <laughs> so I, I guess we're going to talk about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the objective. It's it it really beats the alternative of like us staring at each other in silence. So does it? Really, yeah. So I don't know how much you heard of us talking before we came in, but I was complimenting Sitch on what a great job he did in the conversation with with um. Nick. Joe, uh, Nick. Nick, Nick last night. That Nick was Ricada. a great. That was yeah. a great conversation from all parties. I thought Nick. I thought. I thought it's. It's rare to hear people with opposing opinions expressing themselves and trying to root themselves in like logic rather than I, I'm trying to win an argument. And that's right. a. It's a. It's something that we need a lot more of. And I'm hoping that I can do my best to duplicate. Well, but although I'm not going to be presenting the same arguments that he's presenting, you have to tell us because I do. You actually had a talk with Destiny as well, right? Yeah. Uh, so we yeah. were talking because Nick had had a talk with Destiny, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I guess Sitch had some questions about it. But what was your what was your take on your talk with Destiny? I I don't I haven't listened to it yet. Have you, Sitch? I, I, I felt did. like he was. I felt like he was trying. I felt like he was trying to corner me. Like the entire time, it was like. He is. That's not. A <laughs> it's. It started. It started with like he's like. Let me. Let me pin you down. Pigeonhole you with. Let's get some certain givens out of the way. And it's like you know, if I had pigeonhole, tried pigeonholing him, I actually think the conversation probably would have been a lot healthier because I. He was trying to force me into saying taking positions that I I refused to take, and then when I refused to take them, he was already attacking me. For refusing to take them even as i was qualifying like here's why i wouldn't phrase it that way i think that it leads certain implications that are not accurate and and that's what i felt like he was i felt like and we just kept fighting about that the whole time whereas i felt like you know there are certain things i could have probably said to him that he would have agreed with a lot that are a lot more baseline to understand what my position was and where i felt like he was he was wrong mm -hmm. but so it, what it is, is what it is. your position in terms of the electors, the Georgia electors? The Georgia electors? You got to talk a little louder, Sitch. I don't know if you're like a mile away from your microphone. What, I have to but... talk louder? <clears throat> yeah. Or, or just, There's you know. nothing different with my setup. I mean, you sound really like low energy and far away. Just get up in that microphone and say, Joe. <laughs> you okay. Schmuck. Okay. Oh, that's better. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, Sitch was up till three in the morning last night. That is so. true. That is true. But All anyway. right. So you want specifically the Georgia electors rather than the Michigan electors or the, uh, you know, the other slates of electors? Or do, is there a reason you different? Do you have different thoughts on each slate? I mean, I mean, I I haven't gone. I just wanted to know if there was something in particular about Georgia. Is it because of the Rico case? That's why you're asking me specifically. Well, about I Georgia? guess it's just because, like, you know, what I was talking about with Nick last night. Like, okay, we can start with this. Do you think? The vice president has the authority to select electors or throw out electors. Uh, I 
would say probably. Okay. And what 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 is your base? Probably, huh? That's well, here's, a real here, <laughs> that's a real real yeah, big so endorsement gonna, there. Okay, I'm gonna give a trigger warning because some of the things I'm gonna say tonight are, are uh, things that most of your viewers are not gonna like and some of you, and some things you guys might not like. Okay. okay. But Look, they, I'm gonna, hey, they, they I wanna share with you some realities. <laughs> Okay, I want to share. I want to. I want to share with you some reality. Something that I think is actually reality. Okay. There's a lot of areas in the world. There's a lot mm -hmm. of areas that that come up as far as is this legal? Is that legal? And especially when we're talking about things that are not tested in court on a frequent basis, that ultimately the power ends up resting less on what the text of a particular statute or amendment says than just what people do. It's almost like you know, there's the the same way that there's sort of in day-to-day -day life, you and your friends, when you're dealing with people, this sort of accepted practice, and that just becomes accepted because no one's ever questioned whether right. this is the way things are legally supposed to be, but it's like, okay, this is what becomes accepted. So then the question becomes, okay, when you have something that's sort of vague in the law and someone actually makes a decisive decision saying, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm interpreting the law, the only way that becomes wrong is if someone who is in a position of authority is doesn't just think that they're wrong, but is willing to step up and say that you're wrong and, and that I'm going to stop you from doing it. Otherwise it becomes accepted practice. So when we're talking about like what the, the vice president's powers are, it's almost like it's asking before Marbury v. Madison, you're familiar with Marbury v. Madison, right? right. Yeah. So if I would have said to you before Marbury v. Madison is decided does the Supreme Court have the right to strike down a law as being unconstitutional? Do they have that power or not? Mm -hmm. So we would all be sitting there speculating, saying like, well, I don't know. It could. I don't think so. It doesn't make sense that they had that power. It's not implied in the Constitution they had that power. But once they actually step up and do it and pass Mar and they and they and they, you know, write Marbury Madison and no one challenges the Supreme Court about their ability to do it. I'm not sure how that challenge would happen. But, you know, Congress never challenges them. The president never challenges them. So it ends up becoming so they assert their authority. And that becomes now the law of the land, really, because no one ever questions it. It becomes the accepted practice, much as right. like, you know, whether or not you call someone without texting them first. Is that what's the accepted practice? Well, that's it's the same. It works the same way in Washington. It's until someone actually steps up and says F off. That people just the, the, that someone will just step up and do something, and if no one does anything, that sort of becomes what the law is. So now, the situation with the vice president's power is he actually someone who's supposed to be sitting here, making his own individual contemplation? This slate is right, that slate is wrong. Does he have the authority to basically say, "I choose this this slate"? And I don't care what it says on. I don't care if it's I'm going to recognize this slate. I'm going to disregard that slate. Or is he like some sort of game show hostess standing in front of a car saying, look how beautiful and red this slate of electors is. You know, what is what is his function? That's something that's ne that was never decided before. And you can decide and you can read the you could you could read the 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 constitution to say that he has power, or you could read to say that he doesn't have power, and we wouldn't know it until he a vice president were to try asserting that power and then how the court would react to that assertion of power where they would say, Oh, okay, that's fine. Or where they would just sit back and then that would become the accepted practice. Joe, so Joe, can I ask you a question? Does that make sense? Does everything I'm saying make sense? Yeah, look, I, yeah, I totally, yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. Joe, what is the point of even holding elections? If the VP has this kind of veto power over the whole shebang, 
I mean, and the, the question as far as how elections operate, and the, that's the, you can sort of you're almost asking a question on the entire electoral process. In theory, I mean, as as Pisco was pointing out to me in a debate with him, he's like, you know, in theory, a state has a right to say we're deciding our elections this way, and you have to be blonde in order to to be on the ballot. Yeah, but, and but they, they would still run authority. up against the VP. We're talking and, specifically about the vice president. We're talking about okay. the vice president's power. Right. Like the vice president has this veto power over the election. You in know, theory. let's say in let's theory. say each state decides they want to draw straws for who becomes president. Okay, we don't. I don't contest that they can do, they can do whatever they want to pick their electors. But the VP, what you're postulating is the constitution has this loophole where the VP can just basically veto the whole thing. Like, well, he would have to have a slate of electors. And then the question is, he would have to have something. The point is that the the way the amendments drafted is that he basically presents who the slate of electors are. So there would have to be two options in front of him. It's not like he could just say, oh, I decide that California has a slate of electors for Trump. I don't see anything here, but I just wrote this up in my back office 10 minutes ago, which is that's not what I'm trying to assert he can do. The point is that something is presented to him and then he makes determination based on that. Do Do you dispute what I'm saying about how? I see. Obvious. No, I, I see your point. I see your okay, point. Okay, so he has it this kind of vitiate, veto power. It seems to vitiate the entire state process of, of sending electors. Yes, the fact yes. that he has that that has that power. So, if we lived in that world, let's just say the Constitution does say that. Mm. What what is the purpose of even having elections at all? Well, the elections. I mean, the the elections, and this, and and we're talking now at the at the meeting point of state versus federal, right? So it's like the states are doing what they're doing to send their electors. And now he's supposed to choose which of these electors are accurate. Mm-hmm. I think the point to the, I think the point to it is that there's supposed to be someone who the state is, is presenting. And the question becomes what happens if there are two things that are presented? Do you think Look, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to kid you. I'm not going to kid you. If he had done what Trump wanted him to do. Okay. If he had said, you know what? I know that these electors from Georgia are not sanctioned by the state. And these electors from Michigan are not sanctioned by the state. They just signed off that they're, they're submitting this to me. Okay. And he had said, I'm choosing these electors um, who are not sanctioned by the state. Would there have been like a tremendous outrage and everything of, of that nature by the country? Yes. If I was sitting on the other side of the coin and I was like a big Biden supporter and I was, you know, I had derangements, Trump derangement syndrome, I would be freaking out. I would be. But, you know, it, you can ask the same thing about the faithless electors question also, which we had in 2016. I mean, there were faithless electors. Imagine if there were enough faithless electors that Trump, after winning the election, now all of a sudden, he doesn't get he doesn't get enough votes from these electors who swear that they're going to vote for whoever it is that's on the ticket yeah. and then basically say we're not going to i'm not doing it i'm i'm, I'm violating my oath mm-hmm. so i could i could throw the same question back at you adam with respect to that what happens what happens what's what's the purpose of the whole voting process if all of a sudden there's such a, there's even a, a possibility of a faithless elector who's going to just ignore the will of the people that's asserted by their vote how's that different well, well at least you're dealing with a process that has you know, 270 people involved the, with the vice president, you're dealing with one guy. So basically I, all the, all, like all the elections would be designed to make it past this, this obstacle of will the vice president approve of who we're voting for. It's yeah, but, just, it's, yeah, it's but an bear insane, in mind, bear in mind that when you have, if you have a, um, 
if you have an election that fin- that, that finishes out at 272 to 268, all you need is three fake- faithless electors. And all of a sudden, and say, we're going to, the- we're jumping ships the other side. And the next thing you know, the person who lost the electoral count is now is being sworn in as president. I mean, okay. it's, it's so you're saying it's it's not as big a problem because there are hundreds of people involved on the elector scale, but it really isn't going to come down to hundreds of people. It'll come down to like a handful of people. So I don't really see the difference in these two issues being nearly as dramatic as you might um, be implying. I, well, I, I mean, little, if it's, if I think it's, it's a little too, different. Well, first yeah. of all, I don't agree. I don't think people should be allowed legally to be faithless electors. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's good that most of the states are passing laws to prevent that. Um, cause I do think it is a violation of the spirit of the whole point of elections. Um, mm-hmm. but it, I'd say it's a little different for two reasons. The first being that it has, I mean, it's not like a good legal reason, but this kind of goes to the psychology that you're talking about in, in the beginning, the faithless electors thing has like an idea that people have like understood and debated for a long time. Mm-hmm. unlike the the Pence thing, which was like nobody, to my understanding, nobody's ever talked really about that until this election. Right. So it would be more, a lot more jarring. And then the second thing is that, or B, as I should say to Adam. Um, <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Um, is that the, the the faithless elector saying at least, at least the party is choosing an elector that's supposed to represent the party's will. So that has like a check on it to that extent. Where with the VP thing, like the VP could very easily and probably often is, would be overseeing the other party winning. So it's like you're giving the other party power in this election where the faithless electors thing is not. It's just like, oh, well, the party itself chose the wrong person to represent themselves. Yeah, I, I think that's really a distinction without a difference. I mean, and I understand what you're saying, that we kind of become, become accustomed to the concept of a faithless elector. So And... I guess if what happened with Pence would happen several and he had gone rogue, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then and then we saw another vice president go rogue. That would be something that would become the the something that we'd be accustomed to. Right. Right. I mean, that's there's always a first time that something happens. So this was this was an attempt at the first time. It's an interesting question whether the law that was passed by Congress that purports to strip him of that ability which is what I was sort of mulling about when you were asking me that question, like, did he have that power? Is uh, it Does Congress have the right to impact the Constitution when there's constitutional power that argue, if constitutional power was was arguably given to Pence, does, con- mm-hmm. does Congress have the ability to, to say, no, we're taking that power away from you? Could they take away, could the Congress pass a law saying that the president is not, the commander in chief obviously not no no obviously yeah. not right they couldn't they couldn't pass such a law so if they pass a law about a you know a different amendment so do they have that power to to just you i don't know, think they do if if he does right. have the constitutional power i don't think congress could without amending the constitution right now I mean, you could I, say that this is a little different because we don't know if he has this constitutional power so they're sort right. of trying to define That's it true yeah. You know, I mean, the courts could definitely lean towards that direction. because, And that. yeah, they probably would take some sort of cue from that, that it implies as far as, you know, what Americans think that their representatives mm-hmm. voted well, to, to strip him of that power. You, you said so. that you thought that the vice president should still have to have a slate of electors. You can't just have like a random piece of paper from, you know, Joe Schmo. Do you think that 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 those slate of electors have to be uh, like sent by the state or have some kind of official representation? Or is it just like the piece of paper that is a slate of electors is enough. I, so I want I want to be clear here. I don't like saying that the vice president should have this power. So I want to mm-hmm. be clear here. I'm well, simply say saying what? No, because I 
just because I, I don't I don't like the fact that the vice president is Kamala Harris and that she's right. sitting as the deciding vote in the Senate. But that doesn't change the fact that she is. Mm-hmm. So are you saying to- that the vice president should have this power? I just, I just said, I said, I said, I think it's, I think there's a fair argument to say that he does, even Mm -hmm. if I don't think that it's perhaps morally appropriate. Yeah, but are are you, are you personally saying that is what I'm asking you? I don't, I don't think that the vice president should have that power. Okay, but it does seem it does. But I'll tell you, the language of the Constitution, the text of it, seems kind of weird. Like, why would he have to be the one who is doing that? Is this like just sort of like song and dance type of of? Where else does the Constitution describe pomp and circumstance that it's his role to open it up? Like, why would that be specifically his role? What if he's sick that day or doesn't or is angry because he lost the election and doesn't want to show up? Well, what, I mean, didn't, why does the Constitution the have this? Right? Isn't it president? It says president of the Senate. Yeah, but that's a reference. Seen... But we but he, it also defines president as the, the vice president as the president of the Senate. Right, but I'm so. saying, isn't there if the vice president is not available, you know, switches to someone else? Yeah, there is a pro tempore. That's true. Right. That, that's a fair point. But what I'm saying is, why would the Constitution spell it out that way if he's purely uh, some showgirl? standing in front of a car well, like it seems kind of right? it seems kind of weird instead of just saying it shall be counted but they specifically designate that this is the person who has that who has that responsibility there's a mm-hmm. certain certain implication that that there's something that comes with it that more than just he's wearing a nice looking crown right i mean there's some sort of implication that you would think is coming there right so well, that's I mean, the, you could say it adds legitimacy to the process right i mean someone does it? has to do the counting don't I mean, okay I don't so know. whoever like, does it as soon as it's counted you know right. by it can be counted by the by by some clerk of the of the senate you know do the same way you do roll call they have a clerk that can say and the final tally here is 284 mm-hmm. to 256 and you, you're good i I, I feel like so i guess the way that i look at it is that um if like from its from an intuitive standpoint, it seems like I do agree with Adam that it seems like it kind of goes against so much of the other electoral processes we have in this country that the vice president would be given this kind of in, like very powerful unilateral authority to make this determination, especially mm-hmm. like back in the day when, you know, the VP actually I don't know when the Twelfth Amendment was passed. I don't know if this is when the VP was still the runner up or not, or if they this is when they were associated with the party. Um, it just seems like it kind of violates all of like the logic of the time period of how elections were run. And then I hold that in my mind and then I look at the wording and I agree that the wording is not like specific, but since it seems to violate all of the logic, I would say, well, then that doesn't at all to me seem to be the intention when it was written. Well, it's an interesting thing that you want to go back to like historically to what was happening in the country at the time that these, that these, um, that, that, that these things are are being put into effect because one of the things that i think when we're trying to figure out his power is you need to remember it was in 1804 that this was the 12th amendment was passed right mm-hmm. there's no phone lines there's no there's no communication communication from like south carolina to dc is like a month-long trip right so when you have and and, and it's not like and it's very it's arguably not too difficult to forge something if you were so inclined. So I think that they're sort of putting it upon him to be the final arbiter. And in, in, I sort of would read it. I think the fairest, most logical way to read it. Let's put aside everything that happened over the last 10 years. Just the most logical. If we're just looking at this, the most logical way to read it is you have a situation where you really can't tell. It's hard to know. And someone has to make the call as to which slate of electors is appropriate. Then that scenario 
he would be the final arbiter, much like the chief justice would have certain roles. So too, in that scenario, it's not the chief justice's role, it's the vice president's role. To me, I think that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the soundest way to interpret the intent of the, because they can't just pick up the phone and call South Carolina and call the governor and say, what did you mean? Right. In, in 1804. So mm-hmm. they sort of, they need to sort of look at these documents, which are both purporting to, to be genuine and then say to themselves, and now someone has to be determining the, the, the determining vote as to which slate is legitimate. We need to know the answer right here, right now on January 6th. Well, we're going to basically leave that call up to the vice president. And if he's unsure, well, in that case, we have a whole other process, which we will kick around if he's if he's if he's and send it back to to the state representatives to figure out, you know, each state well, to vote. I mean, but I, to, to you see me, what I'm saying? Like, like, does that make is that a logical read as far as in 18 given 1804 dynamics as to how what their intent was and why they would give him the job? I don't agree, because I think okay. that if there were I mean, I understand what you're saying about you know, communication, travel, and, and all that stuff is definitely true. I would, I would think, depending on how I've seen other ro- laws written and the Constitution written, and other amendments written, that if that was the intention, it would be a lot more specific and very clear in saying, you know, if there is some a question about multiple slates and which ones are valid or should be counted, the vice president or the president of the Senate has the authority to do that. I feel like it would just spell that out if that was a power that they intended to give the president, the vice president. Well, that's that's a fair critique of my assessment. That's a, that's a fair critique. I still I still think I'm right, but I, but I can understand your your position. What I'm, what I'm saying is I, I can respect that as being a legitimate argument. Right. That in in contrast, that you you just say that in your opinion it would be more it would be better fleshed out. It would just they would just say it. Yeah. It right. Be so you, so so I think what's happening here is you and I are each seeing a flaw with the way that this amendment is drafted. You're seeing a flaw that it should be more fleshed out if my reading is correct. I'm seeing a flaw that I don't know why they would specifically designate him if he has no greater function than some other senators sitting in the room. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm curious because I don't know if that question has been, I've, you know, to go back. And I don't think any of this has been answered. That's the whole thing. We've been sitting here living in the dark with operating on a handshake without anything clearly spelled out. And you guys wonder why lawyers make so much money and are so wordy in their draftsmanship. It's exactly for this. I don't know. Has anyone ever? I mean, I don't. No one's ever tried this, right? Before, right. so no. I mean, I guess that's why it's been like no one has answered the question because no one, I guess, thought of it or thought to even try to right. do this. Thought, thought to try to tr- thought to try doing right. this, this, that. But no, I, I don't remember. I don't know if I missed it because I, I asked. I said, "Do you think that this, like, if we agree that the vice president has this power, do you think it should have to be an official certified slate from the state that he's choosing between, or not?" I think he should be making a good faith assessment that like mm-hmm. and that if something is missing is is facially deficient the way each of these slates of letters were. I think that 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 is something that should be um, that 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 that's that should be considered. There's also the issue, you know, the, here's the other issue, which we well, haven't yeah, really discussed what do you mean by that. I, I'm not sure I understand what, you're what I'm saying is. You know, I've been arguing and saying there's no way this could possibly what this, these electors, these purported electors did could mm-hmm. possibly be deemed fraud. Right. And I've been I've been pounding this drum against destiny and against against Pisco. There's no way this could possibly be fraud because it's missing elements of fraud. And when you're missing elements of a crime, by definition, it cannot be that crime. So I think that a lot of people are using the term fraud because that's a that's an uh, it's an electric word, right? It's an electric word, and it gets and and the word fraud is used colloquially in right. ways that it's, it would never be used in law. 
And so they're trying to say, well, you're defrauding the whole process, or you're defrauding. Okay, that's that's a colloquial way of using the term fraud. But when we're right. talking about a crime of someone committing a fraud, there are elements. And if you're missing those elements, the analogy I gave is it's like missing it's like missing hydrogen in water. It's like there are certain elements that make it. You need two H and one O in order to have water. Otherwise, it's not water. It's just something different. It's just oxygen if you take out the hydrogen. So if you take out the detrimental reliance, if you take out the effort to trick people, which is certainly, there was certainly was no effort here to trick anyone. By definition, that element makes it something different and that's legally cannot be fraud. It might be a different crime. It, you know, arguably, it could be a different crime. We saw how Trump is facing, you know, potential crimes for the way he writes. You know, if you write down something that's false, then in New York, he's facing prosecution for for precise for purportedly doing precisely that. Just writing down something that's a lie in your records. Then the state of New York, they want to say he's committed a crime for doing that. Mm-hmm. So there could be that that there's a, a crime that's committed if you. If you write some, if you write down that I was chosen as elector, I don't know, maybe in the Georgia they have that law or Michigan or one of these other states. But as far as it being deemed fraud in the legal sense, that's basically mm-hmm. water without hydrogen. It cannot pop. Well, if you think about what tax fraud is, think about mail fraud, wire fraud, insurance mm-hmm. fraud, every fraud you ever heard of in a criminal sense, in a civil sense, you need detrimental reliance. In a criminal sense, you need the effort to deceive someone. In a tax fraud, I'm trying to trick the government. In a wire fraud, I'm trying to trick you into sending money or trick the bank into accepting something. In a in a mail fraud, every type of fraud, insurance fraud, every type of criminal fraud, there's an effort, a scheme that's put into place to trick people about what's happening here. And over here in with these electors, there was no signature from a governor. It's not like they forged a signature from the governor. There's no signature from the secretary of state. There's no s- seal from the of the state stamped on it. This is something that every valid slate of electors had. So they would stick out as something that's very different. There was no effort to try and trick Congress or Pence into believing that, yeah, we really were chosen. In fact, all of these were nationally reported that, hey, there's an alternate slate of electors that's not approved. So there was no effort to trick people. And because it's lacking that, that's why I'm right. saying it cannot possibly be deemed legally. Yeah, no. And I mean, I understand the the argument. Um, I guess my question would be like, theoretically, like say like theoretically before this happened the supreme court had already ruled on this and they said yes the vice president has the authority to do this but only if it's an official uh, slate of electors sent by the state if that's the case um does that change the fraud element of it or like or is it just a different crime at that point it, it still would not change it as long as they're being open that you know the government if they're not trying to trick pence it, it could like i said it could be it's what if a it's different not crime pence, though what if it's like what like pence knows uh that it is like that they're not real even though they right. say on the little piece of paper that they are real pence knows so in other words they're, they're basically real, providing a pretext does, he still uses they're, it right you're saying if they if he if they were providing a pretext for him yes, to work right. With, exactly. you know, to use their stuff. I don't, it, like I said, that could be a crime. Right. But the, since there's lacking the trick, the effort, the attempt to trick anyone, mm-hmm. it's like we're providing you a pretext. You need a pretext. We're providing you that pretext. Right. That wouldn't be fraud. It could be a different be crime. Else, it could be. Okay. It could be. Yeah. Right. But it certainly would not be fraud. That was okay. that. That was the point. that I Okay. Made. Yeah. No, that, I mean, I get it. That does make sense. Um, I think sometimes in these conversations, because I think, you know, people are using the, the word fraud colloquially. And mm-hmm. so, like, 
you know, sometimes we get hung up on this kind of how people are using a word and what the actual legal definition is when they're trying, they're trying to find something. They feel like, okay, this feels like this is illegal. Right. I don't know right. What it, feel, it, feels it feels really corrupt. Illegal. This feels yes. gross. And this, this can't right. be, this can't be legal. That's yes. basically what it is. It must be fraud. That's basically yes. what it is. Yeah. yeah that's probably, it's, that's almost certainly what's happening mm-hmm. with a lot of people. Okay. So the other thing that was kind of interesting is, um, you know, uh, one of the things they're talking about is that two of the charges in Georgia against Trump or Trump's team in regards to this, they don't require uh, fraudulent intent. They're just purely on the grounds of, you know, it's kind of what you're saying in New York, that they created some kind of false document and then attempted to file the false document. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Nick the other night was saying that he was making an argument that he thought that freedom of speech should basically uh, supersede that state law. And I think you said that you disagreed with that and had a different take on that. Yeah, I, I don't really I don't really love the concept that freedom of speech means I, I have a right if there's a I mean, unless you're arguing that the entire statute itself is unconstitutional because which is what I guess he's implicitly saying that like I'm free to write down if I if I write down a lie. Okay, mm-hmm. and then the, the example I gave on my show is I was like, you know, it's not fraud if I say to you, I'm Donald Trump, I'm being persecuted by Jack Smith. You need to send me a hundred dollars super chat so I can fight him. Is that fraud? And that clearly c- cannot be fraud because there's no effort to deceive. Now, right. could that fall under being some different crime under a statute? Then, then the question becomes, which Nick is basically raising, is how can you pass a law like that? The law is based on saying that I'm not allowed to lie which is essentially what it is that I'm not allowed to lie. Can you pass, can you such a, is such a law constitutional mm-hmm. or do I have, does the constitution freedom of speech give me the ability not just to lie verbally, but to write down a lie. And in what kind, con- and I guess you could say that you might have the right to write down a lie, but you don't write to file it. Right. Which New York statute, which is they're using to charge Trump seems to imply you can't even write down a lie. Now, you might say that books and records, I guess New York would probably say that books and records must be kept accurately in order to to prevent something from being twisted and used corruptly. And that would be their basis saying that we have a need to stop people from maintaining crooked books. Mm -hmm. But and I don't know if that's if New York statute has been has ever been challenged. I think it's an interesting question. You know, you certainly not, even though we have freedom of speech, that doesn't mean is that that you can do whatever you want. I, right, I there's no right. freedom for me to conspire to commit a crime with you, even if I just use speech, right? That right, or speech know, itself would be criminal. Defame someone, you know. Well, defame you have a right to do. You have a right to defame someone legally, you just are facing civil penalties. Oh, okay. I get you right, right, yeah, sure, sure. So also with so with this, the, the false statements in Georgia, it's it's not just any false statement. I think it has to be a false statement in regards to like the government. Well, or something your, like you're making... your, your mic is significantly lower than Joe's. I don't know what happened, but well, that's good because people tend to think whoever speaks loudest wins um, the argument. I'll, I'll unplug it and plug it in. Maybe, maybe Joe turn your mic down or something. Well, oh, that's very why. possible. I had to raise my mic earlier. I can lower. I can try to lower my mic. Let me see if I have my settings here. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to bully him through. Is this any, is this any different? No, is it exactly the same. Like you're whispering. Me, uh, what, this see, is, I, I didn't change it from last night at all. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know how. See, the thing is, I don't think that I raised my mic. I can turn my mic a little bit away from me if that makes it better. I can try to turn my mic up. Oh, there's an up. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's much louder. 
That's okay. much better. I don't know. That's weird. Then I I did I changed no settings from yesterday. But anyway, yeah. um, well, sometimes they change randomly on the computer. I don't know why, but oh, okay, yeah, but it should be you're hearing me through Zoom though. So Zoom and the Zoom changed settings. Anyway, so, sounds um, good now. Look, okay. Much no, better. what I was gonna say is um. Yeah, so I think the, the charge, the false statement charge in, in Georgia, it has something to do, it says, it's not just writing false statements, a false statement in any matter within the, see, in any matter within the jurisdiction of any department or state government or government of any country or any political subdivision of the state. I don't know so what that then, means. I mean, but. With, you, with the extent, to the extent they're trying to hold Trump culpable for that. Right. So the question is, you know, what did Trump do to exert upon that slave electors to actually do what they did well that's the i assume that's well they they're claiming that trump uh you know they sent out rudy and these other people to go tell these electors to go do this action right mm -hmm. and then they yeah. hit him with the rico charge so which is hilarious to tie them all together right it's hilarious it's hilarious yeah. in the sense that i was actually reading a motion yesterday mm -hmm. so that was filed by one of Trump's co-defendants, Guy Roman, where in that motion, they're trying to, they're, they're saying that based on the way that um, Fannie Willis was ignoring the law and the appointment of her special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, with whom they assert she has a personal relationship and that he thinks she never followed procedure to uh, get approval from government, from Georgian state government to mm -hmm. have that expenditure that she was in violation of the law and that she could be and based on and every payment would be another violation of the law and that she could be hit and that not only is the case have to be dismissed but arguing that she should be hit with rico charges that are no different because what she's doing was basically uh, was, was subverting the government in that she was taking money from the government for her boyfriend who's then taking her on cruise on norwegian and royal cruise caribbean New Royal Caribbean cruises, and that and it, I thought it was hilarious that they basically sort of spun back. It's like you're hitting us with Rico. I hit you with Rico. You should be hit with Rico. <laughs> so I, right. I, I thought that the the way that they have their Rico charges, which it sounds like such an abuse of like process that that like anyone. It sounds like anyone can get hit with a Rico charge, and mm -hmm. the point to Rico is to really stop the most nefarious amongst us, not not try to not try to figure out how we can throw anyone in jail so right yeah i mean it feels I, like it's being used i'm not super familiar with the entire rico process but mm -hmm. with this specific charge i mean i don't even know if rico would be necessary if they have evidence that donald trump is directing someone to go tell the electors to do the false you know statement or the false writing charge right because right. i mean it's very clear it's a very clear-cut chain yeah, I mean, they you know, Dershowitz said that he teaches his he would teach his law students that if you want to get a conviction, charge them with RICO, because the advantage to charging someone with RICO mm -hmm. is that it provides a pretext for the district attorney to all of a sudden just start incorporating things that are part of the story behind the crime that that are completely unrelated to the to the to the actual elements of the crime to help flesh out and and portray the the defendant as a nefarious person in ways that in other ways would an other in a normal charge would be completely inadmissible so it gives the district attorney a wide wide range a wide range of latitude to all of a sudden just start introducing that yeah this this action of 
of this guy signing on a document is somehow related to a tweet about that was sent uh in that was sent by Trump talking about Michigan that in in uh, in 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 the summer of 2020 that that somehow leads to this whole crime of this of someone signing off on a slate of electors in Georgia in this in December of 2020 it's like how is that relevant like how but under Rico you can basically tell any story that you want and district attorneys frequently will but yeah so you're saying so I think your your question to me though circling back to that is you were asking me like you know does is there much of a defense that he has short of I, i'm not, it's not tied to me but yeah like, what is the defense against like these false writings charges i need to i need to look at the statutes i'm certainly not familiar with, with right. i'm not even a criminal defense attorney i've never been a prosecutor and i and i, never I mean i'm not a lawyer it hasn't stopped me right and <laughs> i've never i've never and i've never been in georgia if you tell me what statute it is i mm-hmm. can look at it and tell you what i see off the top of my head i could just send you a link to it if you want um, yeah sure Okay, um, but um, yeah, I mean, does it is does it sound? It doesn't sound meaty, and then you know, we can ask a question as to you know if it's really that you know, like at what point? And we could talk about presidential immunity also, which is which is really sure that's a but that could be a, just a blanket defense to everything, right? Well, but I'm saying is. Well, it wouldn't be to everything, but it would be to anything that's within the ambit of his presidential functions. So, mm-hmm. and and you can and you could start parsing out what his what the president's functions are, which is something that came up in the in in the appellate court today, which I was live streaming this morning, that there was oral arguments presented before the D.C. Circuit Court about whether or not presidential immunity bars prosecution in the Washington federal charges, mm-hmm. and. And I'll tell you right now, I'll be shocked, given the nature of the questions that are being asked, I would be shocked if Trump wins at this level. I'm I'm fairly certain the decision is going to be against him on the presidential immunity, just looking at how they were aggressively attacking his attorneys while while lobbing up softballs to to right. the, the united states with like you know to the united states it's it's a trump it was like basically like well according to you he could sh- he could hire t- seal team six to go to go into congress and shoot up the whole place which is like that's not really true but um and then but to the, to the united states it was like well counselor would you agree with our with our take that uh it's like <laughs> and she basically was like repeating exactly what he wrote in his brief right and it's like yes your honor i would agree with that I do agree with the thing that I read. I wrote that you read to me. That yes, you're reading you. back to me right yeah, now. Yeah, right. and it's like, yeah, okay. I'm, I got a feeling I know where this one's where this <laughs> is going. And that's it's he got that from at least two of the three judges. So I would be very surprised. This is for the January six federal charges, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. that's correct. Do you think yeah. these? Do you think? Well, so us presumably it's going to go to the Supreme Court. What do you think the Supreme Court's going to rule on that? If you had to guess, I I think they're going to give him the immunity. You think I they're think, going to give him the immunity? Yeah, I think I think they'll give him. The, I think mm-hmm. I think the I I would expect I would expect that they're going to have a wide reading. Of it. There's a lot of moral reasons why you we need a president to have presidential immunity, and it, and it's the same. And you know, it's it's the same thing that keeps us from charging Obama with murder for that drone strike. It's the same reason that I, and I don't want to see, even though I think Obama was perhaps one of the most vile human beings in the history of this planet. Wow. 
he's i think he's i think he's destroyed he his influence did so much to damage this country in ways that seem that seem currently seem irreparable i think most of the division that we see in this country right now most of the country we see in this country today is traceable directly to barack obama and and the way that he's basically seeded implanted in the minds of of his base that the other side they don't just disagree with you politically but they're actually evil and he did it very subtly and with a lot of nuance and that's why i hmm. think he's i think he's a terrible human i think mo- most okay. of the division and hatred we see stems yeah. from there i didn't want to go but even despite that yeah. despite that and despite the fact that i think he weaponized the irs to go after his political opponents he was killing the he, he he's responsible for the drone strikes you still think he should get protection i mean i still think right that he definitely must have presidential immunity must well, have it mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, if he doesn't have it, mm-hmm. and the, the fear that was being expressed by these appellate court judges today of like, well, he could do this, or he could do that. The answer is this. It's very simple. There's a condition precedent to a presidential immunity being stripped away, and that is convict him in the Senate. If he sent in a SEAL Team 6 there, I guarantee you there would be a conviction in the Senate. There would be. I mean, they would, well, if someone is doing something What if they all died, though, Joe? If they all their replacements the their replacements would do it i mean would they, they they'd be afraid they're going to get assassinated what do you mean what i'm saying is i i think that that's that's such a that's such a, a hokey concern to have that that it's like maybe like he'll just keep killing any judge who 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 rules against him that that should be a concern we have seems 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 like you know quentin tarantino type of far-fetchedness and i I love quentin tarantino yeah no i I agree it is a far-fetched scenario but but i guess the argument is yeah but the logic still has to make sense right yeah but the logic is is okay so what has been working because the the fear the reason that that he was that the president was granted this presidential immunity Mm -hmm. was because they had a terrible terrible fear about political persecution through lawfare they were terribly afraid that any president, they understood that there's this strong political divides and that one side of the aisle hates the other side of the aisle and that they, they you know, and that they would do whatever they can to assert power. They understood the nature of men. I think that there was such brilliance in the way that they they conceived of this. So they're like, look, if someone I we don't want a president to face retribution in the form of polit- uh, in the form of of criminal prosecution or persecution. And that's why because he has to be free to actually be a leader when he's when he's sitting in the White House. And if he knows that 10 seconds after the next guy is sworn in, that he's going to be arrested and potentially hanged, which that's something, you know, hangings were were big, were kind of a, of a relatively commonplace thing back in the late 18th, early 19th century. That's 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 something that we no person could possibly fill the office because they know that their political enemies will be like, all right, look, your term's going to expire and we'll kill you. So, yeah, right. No, and, and I understand the the importance of that because so many um, dictatorships in this world exist because the dictator knows that the second they leave office, they're going to get arrested yeah. by whoever replaces them. So okay, bull, I, and, bull in the and, back of the head, right? Right, right. And I, and I, you know, me and Adam um, talked about this in regards to a lot of you know charges against Trump, charges against Hillary, charges against Obama, and these people. Is that, that so? You have to be. I agree. You have to be very, very careful and kind of like going down that road because you don't want to incentivize anyone to stay in the power to start to sort of back and forth. Um, but my and understanding yeah, regarding the immunity, 
is that it's, and I assume, I don't know what your position on, is, on it is, but that the immunity has to be in relation to some kind of presidential duty. It does, it's not a blank immunity to any action while they're president. I concur. I concur. Okay. But the right. question so is, that's kind of the debate is like, where's the line between a personal action and a presidential no, action? No, 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 that's not what the debate was today. I mean, the debate was well, whether I, mm -hmm. it attaches, even if he's doing something, a presidential duty, whether it's whether it automatically attaches or whether it somehow disappears the moment he leaves office, which is what the United States was arguing today. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Today, yeah, they're arguing today that the moment he leaves office, that presidential immunity vanishes, which is absurd. Hmm. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make yeah, I don't agree with that argument. That doesn't make sense to me at yeah, all. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so that, so, so, because the same fear you would have while he's in office, he would, he would have for what happens ten minutes after he leaves office. I mean, and I agree with you that where you draw that line is important. And the and, and for your audience's sake, and I'm sure you probably are aware of this. There, you know, there are certain duties that the president is charged to fulfill under the Constitution, mm -hmm. and then there's other functions that he carries out which are sort of in the ambit of like, this is what the president is supposed to do, but not that he's supposed to, he is the lead guy. He is the final say in foreign affairs, right? He's mm -hmm. the commander in chief. These are roles that he has, that he has a duty to fulfill. Well, he also is supposed to faithfully carry out his office to make sure the constitution is upheld. What is, what is that? That's such a broad thing. Like, what does that mean? And is maintaining elections in a state which are part of the federal election process where there's this crossover that the state is conducting election. And then at some moment it's transferring into being part of the national electorate when the electoral college is happening on January 6th, that, that it's, is that part of his duties? Well, he's supposed to make sure the constitution is being properly upheld. So you can, you can see where it sort of falls into that umbrella. It falls into that penumbra. And I'm only using that mm -hmm. term penumbra because I want to be the second person in the world to, to use it. After the author <laughs> of Roe v. Wade. There you go. So, um, but yeah, it's that you can see where it definitely falls within that penumbra more so than let's say, you know, if, you know, some president kills his hooker, you know, that that would, you would say that's got nothing to do with being presidential. That's a completely personal matter. And, and it's got nothing to do with his office duties or functions. And that's something that he could and should be charged with, even if he's not, even if he's not impeached, you would think he would, he likely would, may not be impeached for something like that. And right. I still think that he should be criminally charged for that because that's got nothing. To, that's got nothing to do with. We want him to be free to be president as great a president as he potentially You're talking about be. killing a hooker. Yeah. I'm talking about the killing yeah. a hooker type of thing. Yeah. Right, right? But they could see. Yeah. But the thing is like any, and this is, I mean, obviously this would have to be for the courts to make a decision because, you know, they, the president would argue or the, whoever this hypothetical president is or ex-president, they would argue that, oh, well, you know, um, if it got out that I was sleeping with this prostitute, you know, it would have caused such a political backlash that would have interfered with my ability to properly be president, Yeah, you, see you that, know, blah, 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 blah. I think, I think we're mature enough to recognize you know, if we try standing objectively, and I understand that realistically, half the country would take a, the president's side, and half would be against. Exactly, him. exactly. And it doesn't, and right. it doesn't matter, and yes. it really does not matter right. which, whether he's Republican or Democrat, that's the way it would fall out, right? It would mm -hmm. be half for and half against, right? But I, I, you know, at a certain point, you sort of have to say, you know, where is it that you're that your, um, this is not explainable as something that's for. That has any way of, of of helping the country rather than helping you individually as a president. 
Yeah, so. right. And but I think that's kind of the difficulty with this. Like, you know, I wouldn't. I, I don't know exactly how the Supreme Court is going to rule. I wouldn't be surprised if they give a kind of mixed ruling about saying like, well, you know, maybe certain things Trump did he's protected, and certain things he didn't he did that were not protected. Because I can, you know, I can hear, a, you know, a, a decent it's, argument in terms of like chat, like looking into voter fraud and things of that nature. They could say, well, that's definitely within the purview of Trump's, you know, presidential authority or power or duty to do. But I think when you do, when he's, when you start to do the trying to get Pence to change the vote and create the electors and all that stuff, I think that goes beyond any sort of like presidential duty at that point, in my opinion. So, and, and, and that's, that's not an unreasonable place to draw the line. They, one of the things that came up in oral arguments today, which was an interesting point in a concession that was made by Trump's attorney, mm-hmm. was you know the 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 most moderate of the judges, who's who's an eighty year old woman who was appointed by George Herbert Walker Bush to to the right. appellate court. Like this is she's been there for literally forty years. So they asked her. Um, I guess technically it'd be 30. It's 30, it's 35 years or so. But um, they, so she asked, if we were to agree with you that there is immunity for things within the ambit of his presidential duties, whether and whether we draw that line, and she was talking about ministerial versus discretionary and ministerial, mm-hmm. it seemed like she was defining as functions that he must do versus discretionary things that he could do, or whether it's personal interest versus, he's, she's like, wherever we would draw that line, would you agree with us that once we draw that line, because there's a hundred different charges, a hundred a hundred different purported acts that he took, that we should remand this case to the district court level for them to parse through the indictment charges and basically figure out which ones of these, which which of those charges right. are of those things that he actions he took are for the public interest versus those that are for the private interest and i guess and he agreed he's like that would make sense that would be completely consistent with what we're asking for and that's probably what the court should do which Mm -hmm. is which was a really it was a somewhat astonishing type of admission but i think it was a healthy admission for him to make because it it shows that he's like he's like i'm not being unreasonable and saying you must dismiss because my client is trump and i like trump and you know right but i'm saying like this is how we should understand the constitution in a sense in a way that is actually logical and apply it fairly and i guess what they would do if 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 he does win if he's not gonna win this level that they might be an ambank type of uh which will be the entire dc circuit court instead of the three panel three judge panel um that might come up or there may be a um or might they might forego on bank and then and go to and apply for a writ of certiorari to the supreme court but assuming he gets it at any at any level what i assume they would do is that they would remand it and then they would basically say okay let's go item by item here of things that he purportedly did and say even if he did this that's for the public that's public interest campaign immunity immunity attached to this immunity attached to that this is less about public this is more about his own personal interest like the speech at the ellipse that's almost certainly something that's more of a private interest right that's not mm-hmm. urging the public to go march even peacefully and patriotically that's what are you marching for you're marching it sound it doesn't seem like that's maintaining a fair election at that point right that's a matter right. of so so that seems like something that likely would be something that they could keep on the ledger of things if in fact there was anything illegal there 
rather than Brandenburg saying what the hell's wrong with you. But um, but that it technically that it technically could be deemed a private thing. And then take that aggregate of things that are not that don't have presidential immunity. And and then there should be an assessment is looking at these. If the government were to succeed in, in showing these allegations, what crimes, if any, are there here? And if there are no crimes, then then the case would be dismissed. And if there are still crimes, then he would, I guess, presume presumably proceed to trial on on those potential crimes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it would be further complicated because, like, on one hand, I could definitely see the Supreme Court or anybody saying Trump has immunity for asking people to investigate uh, charges because that's just you know the duty of the president to. You know, election. See, the elections are done fairly, freely, blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. But then he's being accused of lying to these individuals about information, and so is, is the the fact that the accusation is that he lied in trying to get these people to investigate things. Does that kind of change the entire calculation about his immunity? It's an interesting question. You're saying that does that change it from being public interest into being a private interest? Right. Sort of right. That's uh, something I hadn't. That's an interesting question that I hadn't considered. I want to think because I think because then because then what the argument would be is like well because the defense is well he's using the public interest because he's defending you know he's trying to make sure the elections are free and fair and then if the state who's bringing charges says well yeah but he lied about them so it's obviously in his private interest to do so for his reelection then it's like well then is he suddenly you know that to me that just really muddies the, the, the question no and and you're making you're making a fair point and what I would say to you is. The reason to the reason to to side with what your position on this is precisely what you just said. It makes it it gives the appearance of this is purely about looking out for himself and not caring about truth and what's just and whatever. That's mm-hmm. purely about that. The argument that that some uh, Trump attorney would likely make is presidents in their official capacity frequently lie, and that's part of their. The way they're carrying out their mission in order to motivate people to do what they're going to do. They might lie and say, hey, this this pandemic is not going to be that bad, even if they think it's going to be worse because they don't want to start a panic. And that's part of his function that we don't we're not expecting him to always tell the truth because, you know, he's. That that perhaps that's that could be part of his function. Now, then, perhaps once he's telling a lie, you know, that would be something for a finder of fact to determine whether that lie is is in the purpose of his private his personal interest or does that or right. is that public interest? But then it would right? go, yeah. But then they wouldn't give him immunity. It would have to go perhaps, for a jury to yeah. make that determination. Perhaps, perhaps yeah. that would that perhaps that would be. It's it's a, it's right. it, that's a really interesting question that I hadn't considered. Well, I, and. I, and like what you're saying makes sense in terms of like the defense. And I guess that would have to be the defense to some extent. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but if we can imagine if that defense is made, it's the Supreme Court, like the media is going to run wild being like, oh, yeah, Trump's lawyer says he gets to lie about the election. Like this is going to be like the publicity yeah, the that generates is going to be really bad. Yeah. I mean, and, and also it depends on the nature of the lie also. Of I mean, right. I mean, the, 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 let's let's call a spade a spade. I mean, there's certain things, you know, when Giuliani was going around and he's going into Georgia and he's like, there was 6,327 dead people who voted. Right. Like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, how did you get that number? You're not saying very specific. Over 6, number. <laughs> yes, it's a very, very specific <laughs> yeah. number. Right. There weren't 6,328. No. And there were not only 6,320. It was 6,000. It's like how 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 do you go through it that fast to come up with that number to me that i was like i 
there must be why would you give such a definite number unless there's some way that they know the information that's mm -hmm. it, it it sort of lends an air of of credibility, credibility yeah. to it when you give such a specific number and i was like i can't believe they would just simply make a number up in order to create credibility perhaps uh -oh. he did perhaps he did <laughs> i don't know i don't know i mean and 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 i'll tell you this much i mean uh-huh as much as I, I I have very big concerns about the fact that they seem to be targeting any attorney who ever sat in a room with Trump without grilling him and trying to, and, and putting his thumb in in screws, you know. But anyone who was on his side, they seem to be like basically trying to castigate that person and strip them of their law license. I think that that's a terrifying, that's a terrifying thing. It's designed to intimidate attorneys into refusing to represent him, and and to basically try and leave people without effective counsel and that's something that should be disconcerting course, yeah. to, that should be Disgusting. disconcerting to everyone at the same yep. time at the same time what the heck giuliani was doing there if you if you if you had such a number you need to know what your source is and you need to you should maintain that source and even if that source is later disproven as being fallacious or mistaken or erroneous you gotta have your source i mean come on i mean how do you not have a how do you not how do you, you can't come back a year later and say i don't remember how i came up with that number that mm -hmm. that's 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 i mean he shouldn't have, i don't think he should have been put on the spit but but he should have been prepared for someone to try to put him on the spit you see what i'm saying right and 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 his failure to to maintain those records assuming they ever existed and that they, it was not completely manufactured if he was completely manufacturing it that's that's a problem gross yeah yeah what, and, what was the and, yeah what was the claims that he acknowledged that he lied about but said it was his free speech to right to do so because i didn't follow that very closely i don't are you talking about ruby freeman no Ru rudy giuliani didn't he acknowledge no, 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 that's, no, he got sued by ruby freeman for the things he said oh right 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 yeah the there's the ladies at the yeah at georgia the, the boxes yeah did he, i yeah. thought i'd heard now i don't i didn't check this i'd heard that he acknowledged that he lied about some of these claims i didn't see that I okay didn't, i didn't see that what i did see is that when the new york state bar went was coming after him mm -hmm. that that i reviewed his answers and i was like this is a piss poor job <laughs> I, I was like it's terrible that they're coming after him it's wrong but this is just a piss poor job of responding to them well so, is it wrong if they go after him and then they find out that he did do all this bad stuff or he was just making shit up what do, what do you mean like i understand you're saying like you shouldn't just go after him for political reasons but if they go after him and they find out well he did do all this negligent behavior right is that right. validate them going after him in the first place i don't think so because the question is, why are you starting? Why are you starting this hunt? You, would you be starting this hunt against someone from Perkins Coy who is representing o o Obama or Hillary on something? And the answer is almost certainly no. We've Probably seen, not. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that doesn't seem like a healthy republic. <laughs> that seems really unhealthy. So, right. Yeah. That that that's that's very disconcerting. So the the fact that he ends up you know, doing a piss poor job. And I think that some of the things that he wrote, I was like, I would have even, I don't even like the way he worded this. He, he, he almost certainly could have worded this. I would have worded it differently and, you know, and, and expressed why it is that, you know, I, I look, it's two years ago when I was reviewing that. So I can't tell you mm -hmm. specifically this question or whatever. I just remember being thinking to myself, man, this is the type of response that someone submits when they're saying, I don't give a damn about my law license. 
because <laughs> I was like, this was right. This is just not the way you respond to to something like this. It was it was it was that poorly done. And it's disappointing because he was so effective as an attorney in his heyday before he became mayor. Like he mm-hmm. knows he knows how to be a good attorney. He was and he was a, he was easily the best mayor of New York of my lifetime. It's not even right. close. He took a right. he took a city that was reeling and just turned it around completely into like a flourishing palace. Like 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 you would hear Al Pacino describe in one of his movies. He George Hughes, listen, he's like George Lucas, okay? He makes Star Wars and goes, This is amazing. And then and it's time for the sequel, you realize maybe it wasn't him, maybe it was his underlings who were really <laughs> the smart people involved. <laughs> well, that, Eric Bratton, who was his police chief, would say that. So right. yeah. But um But regarding yeah. the the disciplinary thing, I mean I, I agree that like if the bar makes a determination on their own to go after him, that seems wrong. I, I feel more comfortable if it was like you know, Ruby Freeman or somebody else, Dominion, you know, whoever, you know, they sue him. And then through the course of that lawsuit, a bunch of like stuff comes out that shows he did something wrong. And then the bar says, oh, well, because this came out, maybe we'll look into this. Right. It's almost like to me, it's fruit of the poisonous tree. You know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't mm-hmm. have been there in the first place. Why? You shouldn't have been sticking your nose around there in the first place. No, no, no. I'm saying like it. if 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 someone that was claiming to be wronged by Giuliani personally, like oh, Ruby okay. Freeman, you know, okay. they sue him. And through the course of that lawsuit, something comes out, and, and then the bar says, "Oh, you know, we have to take action because this came out see, in this court." And case. that would not be fruit of the poisonous tree, right? Yeah, that would make more sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, it's not just Giuliani, but we saw this. You know, we saw how they 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 we saw how they how they drilled his attorneys trying to get them to turn on him and breach attorney-client privilege. We saw what they did with John Eastman. They stripped him of his license. I mean, one attorney after another, it's almost like, you know, by putting your name down that you're, 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 you're counsel for Trump. It's like you're basically putting your head on a chopping block. You know, so, I mean, how does any, do any, question, do any of us question whether sometime in the next five years, Alina Haba is going to be fighting to maintain her license? Because to me, it's it's well, crystal clear she almost certainly right. will be. So I I agree that like there's obviously a political bias here uh, related to Trump. I agree with that completely. I don't think it's just that they're lawyers for Trump. I think you know like John Eastman, you know, being involved in the elector scheme the way he was is mm-hmm. like that's the inciting thing that gets them on their radar. I don't think it's just the fact that they're Trump's lawyers. Perhaps, perhaps that's true. That's just, that's a fair counter. I mean, nothing seemed to have happened to his defend his defense counsel from the impeachment trials. So that's a fair that's a fair counter. Um, I'll tell you this. You know, I think when you were talking with Nick last night, so you were you were talking about Eastman purportedly saying that he knew that, that they're going to lose, or he agreed gonna, he thought they're going to lose that, yeah. the, that the Supreme Court would rule against them right. on, on this issue, and whether or not that that now makes Trump worse for trying to go forward with it. And to my mind, uh, I would I would issue a resounding no on that. Mm-hmm. And the and the well, reason the reason for that is a you never know what's going to happen when you go right. before a court. B um, as I started this conversation, you don't know the Supreme Court's ever going to look at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you assert the authority, right. if Pence would assert the authority and say, this is how I understand it, and then this goes up to the courts, and, you know, that you don't know that that a court is actually going to, that this is going to go anywhere. They might, they might try to appeal to the Supreme Court immediately. The Supreme Court will be like, like with Texas v. Pennsylvania. They'll be like, go fly a kite. We're not in. Sure, but, I mean, listen, I'm That's assuming, I don't, 
What? Right. I would I would predict with pretty strong certainty the Supreme Court would take that case if that if that really I was I was shocked. I'm gonna tell you this. The first video I made, which is what got me on Nick's radar, mm-hmm. was about their rejection of Texas v. Pennsylvania. And I basically was explaining in that video, it's like a 13 minute video where I was railing against the Supreme Court's cowardice. And and the reason that I was so outraged by it is I basically pointed out that there's three scenarios which any one of them exists, they're supposed to take the case up. And it's rare to have two of them exist. And it's almost unheard of to have three. And they had all three here. Those three scenarios are something of of national significance, right? Like it's like something mm-hmm. that's you know that's 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 undecided that people don't that people don't know. Something that there's a circuit split, a court split, which is this was something of national significance. Does kind of state look at some another state failure to abide by their own laws as as now making their the electors they're submitting illegitimate. That's a that's a really interesting legal question, which has national importance. So for that alone, they should have looked at it. Mm-hmm. There's a second. The second factor is if there's a split amongst the circuits as to like that. Some are saying that the law is a and the others are saying the law is not a the opposite of a that the, that the Supreme Court is supposed to step in and say it is a or it's not a but pick one. And then and and we had that here where you had 23 attorney generals versus 25 attorney generals. So clearly the states were were in disagreement as far as understanding how the Constitution operates. So for that alone, they could have done it. And the third factor is that this, the, the Constitution expressly says that they are that they shall hear a case when it's being brought by one state against another. That's the same way it says they shall be paid. In the next in the next section, it says they shall hear these cases as in they must. And you had all three of these factors here and they still said, no, no, sir, we're not taking this. That's that was astonishing to me. I was like, what 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 is your function? What is your purpose? Are you just dignitaries? Are you like kings and queens sitting there with your crowns and just assigned to do whatever the hell Mm -hmm. you want to do when ignoring the I was so outraged over that. Yeah. So so my point is. You know, you're saying that they would pick it up. I'll tell you right now, it would take great balls to pick it up. And frankly, I don't believe that this court has much. I think that very few courts have Hmm. much in the way of balls because they basically would be saying we're deciding who wins the election. And no, no court ever wants to do that. No court ever wants to do that because they basically know that they're going to get half. You're going to get 100 million Americans furious with you. Right. I mean, you know, obviously that that happened in, you know, 2000. Uh, with Gore, though this mm-hmm. is a, I mean, this is a different court, even though there's some of the same people. Um, I think with like the, the the Texas case, and I remember saying this at the time, even though I did not think that it made sense that Texas would have like a, a strong case there, I did think it was ridiculous that the Supreme Court did not hear the case, or at least give a much more, you know, extensive ruling on why they weren't hearing the case. I thought that right. kind of like little paragraph they sent out was just a. Uh, I agree with you. It was cowardly. You know, just kind of this weird slap in the face to the the, the questions that would rise. Um, so I get that, but I don't know. I mean, but again, it's just it's why so hard think, for me. Why do you think that Texas should lose on that issue? Like philosophically, why do you think that? Because that, if that they were if the argument is that the state legislatures can do whatever they want, I don't. How does one state tell the other state how to run their elections? Oh, so the answer the answer to that is what Texas, mm-hmm. what Ken Paxton I thought articulated fairly well in his brief was. Yeah, every state is free to write their own election laws. That's what that that's the, that's their plenary power. Mm-hmm. But once you've written that law, you have to follow that law. You can't just you can't just leave it to a, some judge to say, "Well, we're just tossing that in the garbage," or 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 
find some new way to circumvent it. So if you say we're not going to have mail-in ballots or mail-in ballots have to be received by date X and some judge decides, hey, you know what, we're going to give it an extra five days. That That's not what the law, the law is very, you can't just rewrite what the law is because you're in the mood to rewrite it. And at, at, at that juncture, it has to be passed through the assembly. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, and it has to be passed and then it would become a law if they had actually gone through the process in their own state legislatures to rewrite the law, that would be fine. But they didn't do that. They just right. basically said, we're just going to do it this way and ignore our own laws. And that's, and that's why Ken Paxton said that the people that they were put, sending as electors did not have legitimacy under the, the, under the, the laws of the state of Pennsylvania or in the right. laws of, the state of Georgia. Right. So now it's basically, they're walking into a booth and voting against our electors when they don't have a right to be on, in there under their own state laws. That was really that mm-hmm. was really what the point was. And I think that that's a fair and that's why they were citing Bush v. Gore, where Bush v. Gore said if someone illegally votes in Tallahassee, that's affecting someone in Miami. If they're countering their vote and they don't. Right. Like but it. at least like so in the Bush v. Gore, the argument um, made more sense or was, I guess easier to rule on because it was it, it was a an, it was a state is people in the state, you know, rights being violated by other peoples in the state. It wasn't a state via state dispute. Which I think would change the question if we're if we're talking about the authority that this how much authority the states have regarding the, their elections because like with the 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 situation that you're talking about my understanding was that you know in Pennsylvania they essentially had you know this question about the law the Pennsylvania Supreme Court made a ruling on the law and, and basically dictated what it was and then after that the state legislature signed off on the slate of electors. Which would be seen as therefore them okaying the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's ruling on the interpretation of the law. Oh, so you're saying that it, they're manifestly um, endorsed the the state assembly, the state legislature is manifestly endorsing the decision by a judge. That would be, I assume, that was the argument given, right? That's, that's, Which would that's be a, that's an interesting same, argument. It would be the same argument. logic as why the state legislature has to follow anything, right? Because the argument would be, so the state legislature writes in its constitution you know, how, how the election is supposed to be, you know, go, right? But it yeah. also writes in this constitution how if there's some sort of question about the law that the courts, you know, make a determination about that. And wouldn't and, it be really helpful if the Supreme Court actually wrote what you just said? I and agree. Way, it would be. Yeah, I agree. And, yes, that, way, and yes. that way in the next election, we would know, okay, that's right, what did it. Right. That's what yes. does it. It would have been nice. Yeah. Now it's like, we well, Sitch says that's what happens. And that's all well. Put me on Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Biden, I'm but, ready. But we don't we don't I mean, that's nice. It's an interesting theory and it, it could be as true. I mean, I, I'll tell you this much. To me, it makes a lot of sense when you're analogizing uh, a voter in in Miami to a, to a voter in Tallahassee ultimately coming into the total vote that's happening in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. It's a fair analogy to say an elector from Texas, an elector from from Pennsylvania are going to one voting booth in the national election that's happening in front of Congress. So, so it's the analogy works fairly well in Ken Paxson's favor. Now you want to tell me that it, it, that, well, the reason that this elector is legitimized is because of the steps that happen subsequent to the court rule. Okay. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's, it seems a little strange to me that you could change your law after the election happens, Mm -hmm. which is essentially what, what you're saying is okay. Right. but, you know, if that's a theory that, you know, the court that the Supreme Court wants to endorse, OK, we just have no they didn't endorse anything. They just said we're, not even, we're too cowardly to look at this. It's just- right. Well, I, my understanding was and I, I don't remember. It's been a while, while since I went over Bush v. Gore. 
my understanding was that the argument was that if they counted uh, votes, undervotes, overvotes, whatever the fuck they were, if they counted the votes or recounted the votes differently in Tallahassee versus Miami, that would violate the civil rights of whoever, you know, uh, in the, Miami, the if they did city, it in Tallahassee, right? Because right? they all have to be counted in within the state the same way. Um, so I like so the argument about counted within the electorate in the same way and that they're complying with their own state law. Yeah, but right? see, but that's the problem is that like like what you're saying intuitively makes sense. But if the courts say that the states have this authority over their own processes, then it, then they don't. It doesn't really matter at that point. But that's they have to exert that authority by actually passing a law. That's the point. <laughs> no, no, right. But then you get into the whole thing of like, well, their constitution grants the power of the courts to do X, Y, Z, you know, and then they sign off on it. So presumably they're signing off on the court's decision, blah, blah, that's, blah, blah, blah. It seems right. like a weird thing that uh, that's a question of the constitution, whether they concede that power over to the legis to the to the judiciary. Can they pass that power over to a judiciary? That's that's an interesting that's an interesting brand new constitutional question. I never considered. Well, no, I mean, would it be because it just be that the state gives the the legislature? I'm sorry, the legislature gives the judiciary in its state the ability to rule on these matters, right? These right. Disputes. I mean, that's right. the You know, can, so the question is, can they pass that? Is that an unconstitutional thing? Considering that the state, it seems like the state legislatures are supposed to be deciding these things. But you know what? I I, I that's. It's a really interesting question. It's really it's, well, yeah, and I agree with you. It would have been nice for the Supreme Court to flesh any. I don't of know this what Adam's out. giggling about. Adam looks like he's having. Way Adam too is much probably time. doing something in the chat that he's giggling about. What are you? What are you giggling about, Adam? We have a new character on the stream. He's called uh -oh. Bl Blunty Fly. Oh, it's a house fly that has a huge blunt that he's smoking. A Adam. Adam and, uh, thinks it's he, funny to put blunts on. Adam. Adam was the kid in the car who screamed cows. <laughs> screamed scream cows like when you saw cows when you saw a cow yeah look uh it's pretty hilarious i don't know if you've ever seen a house fly with a giant blunt sticking out of its mouth i, I saw i saw it last night on your stream. You, oh so you did <laughs> saw a blunt fly you I saw, saw blunty fly yeah blunt, blunty fly right yeah <laughs> which i that's thought hilarious. you would call them fly blunt but look i'm surprised oh, look, a, look that's a better name look at that fly blunt sure yeah the there's a I was surprised at the number of comments commenting on how funny Blunty Fly <laughs> So look, some people are not real down with the long dialogues about law uh, legal I know. theory. Yeah, exactly. I know. So we I'm have sorry if I, I'm not trying to bore anyone here. We have I to just... entertain ourselves. No, well, I love you know, it. it's listen. they're saying it's better than MMT, but only slightly better. So any yeah, listen, it's better. What's M yep. I don't know what MMT is. Modern monetary theory. Yeah. Oh, and sometimes we talk about printer economics. money printer go burr. Yeah. You should have a long conversation with Adam about it. He's very. There we go. You no, start asking about like... the gold standard. We'll yeah. How do you feel about get... the gold standard, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about the gold standard? Ricada, you guessed it. Ricada think... did a good job with that. He did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you in favor of the gold standard, Joe? My the, incorrect, the, the incorrect answer is yes. Uh, I, I know that's I know I know that's what your leanings are. That the incorrect <laughs> answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't it's make like, Blunty Fly come and get you. This is like, this is like. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a guy in my chat who's always asking me about HR twenty five. Okay. This is like it's a running gag on my on my show about HR. This one guy. 
think his name is Patrick, who's always asking, who's always screaming about how we need H, we need to pass HR 25. HR 25 is basically um, a, I always get confused between flat tax and fair tax, but basically it's a consumer, it's a consumption tax. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, which would tack on, it would, we would abolish the IRS and, and tack on, and tack on, um, 23% interest or something like that, which would be incrementally raised. And that would be in lieu of paying any sort of income tax. And that that would, and that he was like, we need to pass that. And that I need to read HR 25. And I said, I don't need to read it to tell you that it's a bad idea. And the reason I think it's a bad idea is because I could look 10 minutes down the road and tell you that as soon as we pass such a law, they're going to abolish paper money and tell us that we're living on credit. And the reason they need, and that everyone has to have walk around with a little, you know, basically card, which is how you would ch- exchange money from one person to another so that they can monitor every transaction that we have. And that's essentially what would happen 10 minutes later. And they would find justification in that, well, we need to make sure we're collecting our taxes. And that's how they would do it. And it, that it would provide that justification. That was the point that I made in response. Well, is that you can't just look at a you can't just look at something in the abstract and say, mm-hmm. "Well, this provides a boost that like, we can get rid of the IRS and get rid of everything." That do, do you yet- use? Are you like all cash? Are you an all cash guy? No. How much no. cash do you use? Uh, primarily, I use cash. Really, to just buy uh, drugs. But gas, gas, <laughs> gas is gas is so, cheaper. So you so you barely use cash already. So all of your transactions are being monitored now by some private corporation that the government can just go to and buy your information from. That's that's like correct. how is this any different? That, that if I needed to, if I if I if I had to go dark, when, if and when I have to go dark because I get retained to serve as Donald Trump's counsel, so. I, at that point in time, I need to be able to have access to money that I'm not going to be. I, I think that there's a certain privacy issue that even, whether or not I choose to 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 bask in that privacy is is not really the point. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? in other words, the same way I would tell you, I think it's terribly wrong to say that people have to provide ID when they're in act, when they're interacting on social media. You're saying like the, you're saying that you have the option and that's. And yeah, you're, I think you're people worried should have that, that option. Gonna, you're worried that you're going to lose that option. I want my kids to have that option. Right. You know ha- I'm but I'm like, you're houses, not exercising that option, though. I'm, I'm not Even in if favor. I choose not to, I also choose to use my name online. I could have just gone with good logic and not told anyone what my real name is. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not, I don't have a problem. You know, that's a choice I made. But I'm, I, I know there are millions of people who don't want their names out there for reasons, often really good sound reasons. And that... When Nikki Haley says, "Hey, everyone's got to, everyone's got to put their their name behind something," I think that she's out of her freaking mind. I think that she's. I think I hate. I can't stand Nikki Haley. I mean, I, I actually I went on th- record as saying I would vote for Joe Biden as, over Nikki this, Haley. This argument wow. began. As a, yeah, this argument I mean, began okay. as a you being against electronic currency, right? That's what. Well, you're... The, the the reason I brought this up in the context of the gold standard question is because I think that. I in the HR twenty five, I don't just look at how this law, how how that law acts on just standing alone, but what I see is a natural necessary outgrowth that is a potential terrible negative backlash. And similarly, with respect to coming off the gold standard, I understand that there's a certain ex- added flex which comes with that, but I also think that that the 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 natural inevitable outgrowth of it 
look, is I the skyrocketing inflation that we look. Have. I want to be clear on your position. You're saying that you're against, you're in favor of the gold standard because it will prevent us from getting to electronic okay. currency. No, 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 no. So what, what are you saying? What I'm, saying? what I'm saying is my concerns about coming off the gold standard is that the natural outgrowth of coming off the gold standard has been has been a move towards electronic currency and the loss no, of privacy. forget about electronic why currency. did you bring that up because then? that was an analogy why which is... I was trying, it was an analogy where i was trying to explain that mm. i worry i don't just look at the law standing alone i look at the outgrowth as to what is likely to happen as a result of passing that law so i don't just look <laughs> at coming off the gold standard and what happens in the short term but i try thinking about what's going to happen in the long term and look, i think right. the, look, the long-term look. effect of goal of coming off the gold standard is has, we're going to lead to an electronic currency no no <laughs> no no, are you trolling me at this point? What is <laughs> what is what what is what is, the, what is what is the outgrowth? I think I think the outgrowth is that money basically evaporates, and we and and that we print money like there's no tomorrow, and there's skyrocketing inflation as a result of that. Right. Okay. Do you think so? You you you, you clearly disagree with that concern. Yeah. And obviously, we have to manage inflation. I I think you know we have a institution that's dedicated to managing inflation. They're doing a a whiz bang job, job and I, a whiz bang job oh yeah, yeah no they're a terrible job yeah no i think they've got their whole theory of inflation backwards so but i have this idea that <laughs> one day they're gonna figure it out and it's gonna be great it's like the constitution wasn't perfect we had to do all these amendments we had to get it all right we had to figure it out yeah so look, yeah I, I think it's better to you have a lot an, more faith in, in the competence of the government than i'd have well look uh, these other nations that have runaway inflation and stuff like that, they're not doing so great. I mean, we're doing better than them, right? We're the, the world's reserve currency because we manage inflation better than any other nation. So we're better than Venezuela. That's basically what, what you, that's, that's, that's what we should hang our no, better than on. everyone. Aren't we? We're better than everyone. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Like, why would you pick Venezuela? I'm just, I'm pick, just... pick any nation, pick any, we're better than France. We're better than, than that, Great French. Britain. Yeah. We're better than, We're better than Australia. We are better, We're better than, than Canada. Right. Yeah. We are the world's reserve currency because we manage inflation is better this, than any other. Is this like a timely conversation as far as the whole gold standard? Is this something that like like you seem to have like a hang up about this, which it seems like it's been it's it's fairly well settled now for for like your 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 age plus my age. So <laughs> that the, that why is goal. it that what, what's making standard. this percolating brain now? Right. That the it, it's settled that the gold standard is horrible. No, it's settled that the that that we're off the gold standard. Right. So, okay. So and that's people just settled. bring it up whenever we talk about MMT or other economic stuff. There's like a contingency of people that want to go back to the gold standard. So it kind of became like you know you're talking about with the HR. 25 it's like a meme i guess on our stream about time about the gold standard uh, okay well and i mean ben shapiro goes on and on and on about the gold standard all the time like all these bitcoin guys they go on and on about the gold standard like there's a million people out there that want to go back to the gold standard they're I all just the gonna republicans say, this talk stream, about the gold standard this entire tree this entire stream has been very strong evidence for team s i'm just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> well look i figured you were s class all along anyway so no i really wasn't I really, wow. I really wasn't. I'm, I'm like, I was an independent. Eight. Oh, okay. 
Well, A team uh, is like NATO. You have to apply to get in. So, <laughs> <laughs> listen, S class takes all all who seek it. Okay, we're like we're like we're like religion. Okay, so yeah. The cult look, of S class. Yeah, the goal. I don't know. It's just it's funny. I just I knew. Look, it got a huge laugh out of out of Sitch. I knew it would because they were talking about this legal stuff for like two and hour. hours, and I just thought, look. I'll think of something even boringer to bring up. Yeah, it'll, no, I, it'll, I appreciate it'll, it. It'll be funny. Someone actually asked us to ask that question before the stream started. I don't know why. Did they? Really? Thought, yeah. I didn't yeah. I didn't even see it. I was just I right. thought that, oh, this will be funny. This will make Sitch laugh. So mm -hmm. that's basically all we try to do. We Speaking of money, J Mac, our surrogate father. Yeah, oh what's up? Woo! Daddy J Mac gave us three hundred dollars. Thank this. you so much. Oh wow. my god. I'm going to pay says, the mortgage this month. There you go. Says Adam, my bank my bank closed my account because they claimed I was using it to conduct business. I had a substantial amount of money in there. They said they had the moral right to close whatever account for whatever reason. They cut me a check, but I didn't have access to my money for about two weeks. Cash is king. Oh, there, yeah, you, go. there you go. Look, there you go. I'm, I'm in total agreement. You got to keep some cash on hand. but. Mm -hmm. Cash can be kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. <laughs> yeah. What, well, what do they mean? Listen, I'm like a, a retard about this stuff. What do they mean? Your they close your account because it was being used to conduct business. What does that mean? Banks are weird. They can do all kinds of stuff. Is it? Do they make some like you can have a business account and then you can have a personal account and then they're like, if you use the personal account for business, they get mad at you. Is that the uh, that the idea? I don't know. Sure. Okay. I mean, there are, there are, I'll, I'll tell you this. It didn't happen I have, to me. With, with, JMAC. with, with <laughs> one of, with one of my bank accounts, like anytime I use it, they assume that like, it's some thief who's using it and they'll reject it. And then I have to, and then I try putting it through again. And, <laughs> and then I'm like, they're like, someone tried using your card. I'm like, yeah, I know. Why right. are, why are you giving me such a hassle over literally a $2 expense that I was like, didn't have change. I, I was literally trying to put air in a tire and I had to pay $2 for the air. And they're like, <laughs> someone's trying to use your, I'm like, are you joking? Are you joking? This is what you're trying to protect me from. And then when, when they do that, then I'm like, do I want to, I put it through twice. And the second time it goes through and they're like, do you want it to go through? And I'm like, well, I want this. I want one of them to go through. And I never mm -hmm. know. Am I supposed to say yes? Am I supposed to say no? It's very dis it's 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 the whole thing is is just it's very stressful. It's hmm. very stressful for me. But. So I the I use or they oh, I don't want to say, but the bank that I use for a lot of my credit cards. The stuff, bank. Yeah. That um the bank you of know, S class. The bank of S class, yeah. Like they're pretty good because I usually only get the denial if it's like in a kind of something's a little weird about it. Um and the way they works is they just send me a text message. And it says, um, it says hit stop if you want us to stop, you know, if you want us to cancel your card. If you do nothing and and reapply the charge, it will go through. Yeah. And so I think that's like a much better way of handling that situation. Yeah, it is. That's pretty standard these days. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we settled everything on the whole Trump thing, right? I guess so. Yeah. At least for now. I'm sure there's more questions later down the road. You said you were voting for Biden over... Yeah, what's up with that? Over, over Nikki Haley? Over yeah. Nikki Haley? Why do you hate Nikki so you, so much? I can't stand Nikki Haley. I think that she's 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 a disaster. She's she wants to start war. She wants to base she she's co-opted peace through strength, mm -hmm. which she's trying to she's trying to uh, hearken back to Reagan, 
with the whole right. peace through strength thing. But his thing about peace through strength was that if we, if the world knows we have strength, then we never need to fight and mm-hmm. we'll just have peace. Hers is basically war through strength, where she's like, I want to go to war in the Middle East. I want to go to war in Ukraine. I want to go to war in Iran. I want to go to war in, in Taiwan. She, she there's no end to the numbers of wars that she wants to start. She has, she has zero con- conception, apparently, about the concept of diplomacy or maybe turning enemies into allies, which, frankly, that was, to me, the biggest mistake in the world, that we didn't grab that opportunity when the Ukraine conflict first started. But you and I think of, I think we've gone toe-to-toe over that. We have, yeah, yeah. So how based is, is it that she said, finish them? It's, oh, man, think, that was based. That was pretty based. Psych- I no, yeah, no. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, I think that she would start World War III. I really do. I was I like, so, Madam President. She was I heard that. I was for like, Nikki when she said that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> too far. Like that. Too that far. That is so unsettling. <laughs> that's more. Un- that's more unsettling than my credit card issues. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't um, like that she's uh, invoking that that W energy, that neocon W energy. Oh she, yeah. She. It's like she, she. There's no nation out there that she doesn't want to like. You know, basic to glass. It's it's crazy. It's really it's really kind of crazy. So Joe, Joe, just give us a real strong finish them. <laughs> nice. So so is it just the foreign policy that you would vote for Biden over her, or is there any domestic policy that you're just really? I mean, I don't I don't like her ideas with respect to to you know the the whole and no anonymity on online. I think that that's that's stupid. And I just, I think, I think that she, she has, she gives off such a dictator type of vibe that I can't, I I just, I can't get behind her. I really, I really can't. I will tell Mm -hmm. you this. I do like Vivek. I I like, I like Vivek. I don't think it's his time. I think that we, Mm. I think that the, the GOP base has to support Trump. Like we've sort of almost been, been twisted into this because if we don't support him, you are almost validating that these these tactics which never should have been employed by any political party are 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 means to an end to get the person to lose favor and and i think i think that it's healthiest for our for our republic if this completely blows up in in the democrats face and that he gets more support than any than any candidate ever got in history i think that that would be the healthiest way to say your tactics here of trying to win an election by politically persecuting someone through lawfare are wrong and and effed up and that mm-hmm. is that would be a step towards having a healthier republic ultimately and that's why right. i think we're sort of that's why even though i don't know if it, i even even though i like a lot of the work he did as president in in his first administration i don't know that he'll be as effective in his second administration he's pretty silent about his policies <laughs> doesn't even show up for debates but uh at the same time i sort of feel like i, I have no choice here like, like if I have interest in having a healthy republic, which I definitely have that interest, that that mm-hmm. I have to throw my support behind him. So I, I, I said that if he doesn't debate Biden, then he's going to lose. Do you have a take on that? I don't think I think he will debate Biden. I don't think he's going to be afraid of debating Biden. Right. Now, I mean, when you talk about the whole debate of things and him backing out on it, I recognize that there's two ways to look at the purpose of a debate. You could look at it, the purpose of the debate is for the public, or you could look at it that's for the candidate. 
If you look at it that's for the public, in that case, there's a duty for you to express your your perspectives as to how your administration will run if and when you win office. So that's as far as informing the public. If you look at it that it's for the person to have a chance to strut their stuff and win public favor. So in that case, he'd be an idiot for going there. He's only exposing himself to getting hit rather than than going up. Yeah. So, so that's why. And, and there's really a fair perspective both ways on it. I mean, I wish he would have gone to at least one of them, but I can understand why his perspective is there's no upside to me going there. Yeah, no, strategically, I agree. I think it makes sense from a strategic perspective for him to not do the primaries. I think if he didn't do a debate with Biden, it would look super awful. So I agree. I, I think he would. I, I can't imagine him turning it down. But, yeah. you know, it's interesting because when we were covering the debates, you know, uh, neither me nor Adam are really uh, Vivek fans. Um, mm-hmm. And we criticize him a lot, much to some of our audiences. Uh, what do you criticize chagrin. about him? Uh, you know, cut, you know, just removing, was it, he wants to get rid of 75% of the government, you know, and just saying he's going to, uh, it's, you know, he's going to demand that Ukraine and Russia just kind of end the conflict. You know, he just says his, things. I'm like, his okay, budgeting so idea is completely unfeasible. Yeah, starting from like zero. Has, I don't he think. He has no that idea how the US right? financial system works. But the question I want to ask was, why do you think, that Vivek could never really get traction in the polls. I've asked that question myself. I actually asked, I actually hit up his campaign to, for him to make an appearance on my show. And I wanted to ask him that precise question mm-hmm. because no one's really asked. I haven't seen anyone ask him that question as to why he hasn't got the only, the best, the best explanation I can have is that he has portrayed himself as the next Trump. That's how he's tried to come across, that he's all right. about America values. He's all about, you know, bringing back foundational American values and it turns into the nuclear family and stuff like that. That's all going to be appealing to Trump. And that would work if he was running against anyone but Trump. But that's not going to work when, you know, it's like basically, you know, when 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 the king, so to speak, is still there, then people are like, why are we voting for someone who's going to be his replacement? So as mm-hmm. these as this collection of as the herd of neocons has thinned so they've been they've been rallying and basically merging together pence pence and nikki when pence drops out so all the pence people are like all right let's go to nikki or 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 desantis you know what i'm saying that, like uh, that explains why his poll numbers are going down but it doesn't explain why his favorabilities are are going down and his unfavorabilities are going up it's an it's an interesting question. I know a lot of my audience is very suspicious of Vivek. He gives off a vibe of a used car salesman. I think is really the most common critique I hear of him. Mm-hmm. And and my response to that is, if you believe in America first type values, right, the the or a return to like to a recognition of you know equal opportunity rather than equal outcome and things of that nature, so you know. And you think you think he's a liar. You think he's a crazy liar. Like, what do you think is a worst case scenario that when he finally that if he were given the seat of power, you think he's going to take off a mask and all of a sudden it's going to be Hillary Clinton there? Like, what are you thinking is how bad would he be? And, And that's why I was saying, I think I said this just last night. I was like, if he is lying and he doesn't and he's more of a an institutionalist. So he's DeSantis. That's essentially what he is at that point. But maybe he's better than DeSantis. But he's like a good version of DeSantis in a worst case scenario. He's not. It's not going to take it off his mask and all of a sudden he'll be like, "We need to have communism." Like that's not. <laughs> so we, more socialism. Like I can't imagine that that's what the con is. That doesn't seem to make any sense. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't really understand. I think people are afraid of looking duped or looking deceived and that he seems to just have or come across like he believes he has an answer for everything i'll tell you one of the things i really like about him is that he has novel solutions which are not dependent on getting approval from congress that he basically has examined the powers that the president has and says these are things that an executive chief not just eos but these are things that i can i have unilateral discretion on and ways i can make changes which would be an improvement which you know, I'm like, that's that's actually making a promise that you have a capacity to fulfill rather than a promise that Nikki Haley will make that she says crap, like complete crap. Like if Congress is disagrees, Congress doesn't go along with it. I'd make them I'd lock the doors and make them stay in Congress until they come with a solution. It's like, really, under what political under what what amendment gives you would give you that authority? It's like it's like she treats like the, her audience like they're idiots. And like that they don't understand how the constitution works. And she she's like that. I would knock heads together. Like, like, like what the hell does that even mean? I just feel like she's such mm-hmm. a freaking politician. And, and yeah. Well, I think you know, it was an interesting point that you brought up about the, um, you know, people saying that they don't trust him, um, which I do, you know, I, I didn't really think about that, but I do see it. And I, I do hear things that are similar. I think what's going on there, my guess would be, you, you know, I, I think, I don't think most people, really vote or put their support behind a candidate based on the policies. I think a lot of like internet people do because a lot of us are policy, you know, wonks or we're very into policy, but we're like unusual. I think most people just kind of look at the general vibe a politician gives off or what they think the character of the person is that they give off. And they say, oh, this guy seems like a fighter. This guy seems honest. So I'm going to support him. You know, I don't want to think about all the various policies and things involved i just like his character and so if it's back to jonathan height with you guys doesn't it it does everything does yes yes (laughs) um but so so yeah so i I think it's like if people just get a sense of a vague where they're like "Mm, i don't trust this guy right i don't think it's like a logical process where they're like well you know logically like kind of you know you're laying a logical argument that like yeah presumably the vague's not going to become a communist right you know but I don't think people just, they don't view it that way. They just say, you know, what is my, what is my elephant? What is my Heidi and elephant whispering in my ear? And it's whispering that he's not a trustworthy individual. Right. That, that That's logical. That's a logical. A logical, uh, illogical statement. Yes. <laughs> right. No, it's a logical assessment as to why. No, about the illogic of people. Yeah. 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 And, well, so. and also like, you know, it's interesting because I remember when we were watching Vivek before the debates, I actually did like him. I like that he seemed to be the only candidate talking about the apathy crisis and the mean meaning crisis in America, but he just behaved so differently. Like I, we'd see him on these podcasts and he'd go on podcasts with, you know, very left-wing people and they would be very angry at him. And he had a very good way, I thought, of just being like, you know, polite and listen and then like, you know, give his own position. He didn't really seem aggressive. He seemed kind of like, like a positive go-getter type. He had that kind of like young positive energy. And then in the debate, I think you're completely correct. He like is like, oh, I'm Trump Jr. now. And I just mm-hmm. don't think that person, he doesn't have the energy, the look, the age, the experience, um, the tone of voice, I think, to like do that Trump sort of maneuver. You know, Trump has this this image of like, he's this well-known, you know, business guy who's kind of elderly or older. So people feel like he has like experience and it's it's fine for him to kind of, you know, insult people because he earned it. And Trump also kind of, when he's aggressive, he, he does it in a kind of dry, 
sarcastic way. He doesn't seem like he's necessarily getting really upset by it. And Vivek just can't get that tone of voice. He doesn't have that same energy Trump has. So I think when he tries to be Trump, he fails at it. It's an interesting point. I'll tell you this, you know, I don't know if Trump can be Trump. Meaning, <laughs> meaning there's an interesting, there's an interesting thing about Trump, which is, you know, so many of my my followers are very big believers that that you know that trump is all about american values and things of that nature and he definitely mm-hmm. you know will will throw that out in speeches here and there but i think a lot of what his actual values are are relatively unknown even after he's sat as uh, for four years i, I think agree, like yeah. if you if you ask me what does he in a heart of hearts really believe is right moral fair just healthy mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know that any of us will ever know that because he is so effective at selling and 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 pushing forward a perspective and one of the things that he enables his viewers to do is to read into him what they choose to read into him right and the anti-trump people read in like the most nefarious intent in the world to everything he says and i think the maga crowd a lot of them read in like oh he's a very big believer in freedom of speech he's a very big believer in individual personal liberties ask yourself when did he ever express anything about individual personal liberties he doesn't really talk about that ever He'll mm-hmm. talk about American values, but he never talks about individual personal liberties. But I guarantee you, if you ask nine out of ten Trump supporters, they're very they 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 believe that he's Mister Individual Civil Rights. I'm sure they all think that, even though he never really even talks about that, because the way he expresses himself, he enables you to write what you want to believe about him as being his perspective, as opposed to Vivek, who's far more detailed in the way he expresses himself mm. where you can't really write what you it's like he's saying he's 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 his articulation is and compared to trump's relative um in in artful folksy type of comfortability that's where you're seeing basically the the primary distinction in the way they convey their messaging and that's what i think is what you're identifying there when you're saying you know how he makes people feel Mm-hmm. And and I think that Trump makes his his supporters feel like he's like them, even though you'll have two people next to each other who are very different from each other as far as their own personal beliefs. Both of them will walk out of there feeling like, oh, Trump's just like me as on my values. And that's right. he enables you to write your values onto him by being engaging and, you know, comedic and and expressing, you know, basic American sentiments. And then whatever you think of America, you can write onto him that like, well, uh, you know, he believes in American sentiments. And to me, American sentiment is this. So that's what he believes in. And someone mm-hmm. else who has a different sentiment of what America is, is like, no, he believes in that um, the America should be fighting against other nations and should be like expressing ourselves as a police, you know, as a police force across the world. The next one thinks, what are you kidding me? We should be engaged in no wars. And and you sort of take from Trump, you can sort of, you know, read him either way. And he enables you. I think that's that's part of his his brilliance is he enables you. To, to write what you want and come away with a feeling that's positive. And sometimes the mm-hmm. people who hate him write what they want and twist what he says in the most negative ways possible. But that's very different from Vivek's messaging. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a very a astute observation. I think you're completely correct. Um, you know, that is that is how Trump operates, is to just be this sort of, you know, you know he's going to throw out the like a lot of general things and you kind of project into it what you want. Um, and it it's I think you're completely correct that like Vivek doesn't have that at all because he's so detail oriented, he's so plan oriented. 
And it's actually kind of sad, I guess, that like, this is, you know, in I mean, like a perfect world, right? You'd want like the vote for your candidates based on their policies and their details. And yet, you know, here we are, you know, we, we, we'd rather choose the candidate that kind of just, we see what we want to see in them. And that's just sort of the, the classic human Trump situation. Response. Classic Trump response. Asked about yeah. Ukraine. What does he say? What does he say? I'll fi- he's like, I'd fix it. I'll fix it. Yeah. Wow. I'll make the war go away. It doesn't How? matter. I don't know. Right. It yeah. doesn't matter. And, yeah. and by the way, most of us who support him genuinely believe that he could and will. Like, and, and I'll tell you something, historically, he has shown a capacity to do just that. But but for him to like, but he, he, he won't say how, because by saying how and detailing that, he's basically cutting off some people who think that the way for him to do it is that way. And some people think the way to do it is the exact opposite way. So instead, he's like, I'll fix it. And then people assume that, oh, he's going to do what I want him to do because he's going to fix it. Right, right. Yeah, it's true. That's a very good strategy politically. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't now I'm not I don't think the wars are gonna go on. I think closer to election <laughs> that we get, Biden is gonna put a lot of pressure on Ukraine and Israel to just stop these wars because he doesn't want to give that he doesn't want that to be an issue going into the election and he's gonna want to say, I you know, I ended the war in Russia and Ukraine, blah 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 blah. I saw in your chat someone asked me how he's going to fix it. I'll tell you what I think he's going to do, and I'll tell you that someone else who heard that would probably think something very different. I think he's going to go to Zelensky, and I think he's going to twist Zelensky's arm, and he's going to basically say, make concessions where you can give certain things there, and they'll go to Putin's arm, and he'll twist his arm, and he'll act as like a mediator here, and he'll say to Zelensky, hey, we're not giving you any more money if you don't go along with the concessions that we're demanding you give, and he'll go to Putin, and he'll be like, hey, you really don't want us stepping this up, and we're going to be put in a position where we have to step things up if you don't if you don't you know find peace here and you're getting a win out of this so take the win and move on and we'll try to figure something out financially where all three of us are able to gain and all of us will be happy and that'll be the end of it and that's the way you fix this thing which but he can't walk he's not going to walk through and say that out loud because he's not going to tell you he's not going to tell the american people i'm going to twist Zelensky's arm no one in america Mm -hmm. thinks that Zelensky should be treated with anything other than kid gloves he's not going to tell he's not he's not going to tell you what he's going to say to putin so and it would be less effective if he has to wait a year and a half to convey that message. So there's nothing he could say. And these are all the reasons that I think that that's the strategy he's likely to take. But I don't know that's the case because he he basically left it for me to to interpret myself what right. I'll fix it means. And he left it for you to interpret it the way you think he'll, he, he intends to fix it. No, and I think what you're suggesting, I, I wouldn't be surprised that was Trump's thought process. Um, but I think the issue, the difficulty would be that while we could any president could twist Zelensky's arm. I don't know if we really have that much leverage to twish, twist Russia's arm with. It's more just like what concessions are we willing to force Ukraine to give Russia, essentially. It's all about the Benjamins. Of course. So you can work with Putin if you're throwing Benjamins at him and you're giving an opportunity to, you're giving Russia an opportunity, economic opportunity that he knows he's going to be getting a, a nice cut. And it would be far cheaper than another well, than another $100 billion at, at, at the war. It's, a lot of it's about money, but a lot of it is about, you know, Putin has to end this conflict in some kind of way that looks like a win for him to maintain his, you know. Oh, I think he'll get territory. Dictatorial power. I think, right. I, think he'll, I think he'll get the Damas. Right, but so, like... If it was just hey, we got like, like five I, minutes, guys. Yeah, I know. But I'm know. saying like I wouldn't be surprised if Biden 
and Zelensky were willing to kind of go back to that deal that everyone talks about, you know, last year or last April or whatever, mm-hmm. and cede some kind of ground to Russia. I wouldn't be surprised if that's already been offered. Um, I mean, I am kind of curious as to now, like, why isn't there a deal? What exactly does both sides want in this conflict? Yeah. And I don't, I don't, we just don't know the answer to that question. We probably never will. But I think it's a lot easier of a solution than the Middle East. That's for sure. I think yes, I far, agree. Far more complicated mess. But, but anyway, right. thanks for coming on, Joe. It was great talking to you. It, I had I had a great time. I feel I feel like we bored the hell out of Adam. I feel like I feel like I feel terrible. I I feel like I don't know. I need to send him. You shouldn't feel bad time. about that. You should take that as a pride. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was a people should if you came late, you should check out the early part of this chat where we basically figured out all the all the legal issues on Trump. And I think we pretty we did a pretty good job. We nailed it. Yeah, we hashed Got it out. It. We yeah. it out pretty well. I convinced Joe in the first five minutes of the stream that Donald Trump is guilty of treason and should be executed. So go check that out. <laughs> spot on, spot on <laughs> accurate. That's 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 that. You're you're ready to work for Legacy Media. Got so. him. Yeah, <laughs> MSNBC. Here I come. Yeah. Okay. All right. You did Thanks a great job, especially for a non-attorney, for a layman. That was that was really remarkably good work. Thank you. So. Thank you. My friends, it's great seeing you as always. And I look forward to having you guys on my channel real soon. Sure. And you guys check out goodlogic.locals.com where I get very philosophical if that's if that's your deal. So check them good, out. Goodlogic.locals.com. I thank you all and I will see you shortly. See you Coolio, later. Take care, man. Ciao, brother. Bye-bye. And no, I, I, I'm going to need you to boot me out because I don't know how to do that. You don't know There's that. a button that says leave. If you if you maximize the window. Or Adam could just kick you out. Yeah, no, seriously. Serious. Bye. Kicks. <laughs> wow. I can't believe we kicked Joe out. Terrible. He asked me to. What are you talking Terrible. about? Terrible. Totally oh fair God. kick. Jesus. Okay. Let me read some super chats. I'm sitting While we wait for Shady. Uh, Brian Bishop for $20 says, don't get type 1 diabetes, boys. Make a minor mistake, hospital. Make a major mistake, hospital. Get a cold, hospital. Do everything right, believe it or not, hospital. So here's $20 because A-team reigns supreme. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, look, I'm trying to stay healthy. I'm definitely, I exercise every day. I try not to overeat. I eat lots of vegetables. Look, I'm doing the right things. Even though I talk about drugs, because I did a bunch of drugs in my 20s, I'm not like a drug user now. I don't even really drink. Every once in a while, I allow myself a Newcastle because they're so goddamn delicious. <laughs> but I, I don't bring that stuff home or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't even really drink soda. But I yeah, do me neither. Love, I do love soda. Love soda. Who loves orange soda? Oh, orange soda is the bomb. Adam loves orange house. soda. Do you have the? Do you drink the Weinhardt's creamsicle orange soda? Oh, I never had that. No, it's so good. It's so delicious. I don't know how they make it taste so much more delicious than regular orange. Well, it's got soda, cream in it, do. right? It's got milk in it or something. Yeah, it tastes like a creamsicle. One right, of the ice right. creams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that, Brian. They have type one diabetes. Is that 
I don't know. I, can you get type one diabetes? I thought you were just born with type one diabetes. No, no, you get it from, from, I believe being overweight and and I thought that was type two diabetes. Oh, okay. What? Um, let's look it up. I don't know. Type two, yeah. Type two diabetes. Actually, I don't know. Type two diabetes yeah. is a condition that because of problem in the way the body regulates and uses sugar as a fuel. I thought they, I thought they were both related to obesity and sugar, but one was like just more progressed. You're you're further along. Look um, at this. I like that lighting, shady. Oh, look at that! Wow, sexy. Uh, audio's connecting. Yeah, no, we're Sammy. There's Sammy. Sammy, oh, yeah. can you She's get type resident. one diabetes, or are you born with it? She's our resident diabetes diabetes expert yes expert yeah right hey shady what's up can you hear us oh he's reconnecting okay yes you can get type one and type three if you have type two for too long oh well there you go interesting yeah it's can you like, hear shady you know hmm? type type one what's up like shady hey hello how do you do Hey, we like we really like your backdrop there. It looks really cool. Mm. Yes, nice, nice bisexual purple lighting. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's definitely not what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you sure? I am absolutely certain okay. about that. Okay. I, that's what I all the comics uh, gate guys call it when they right. whenever you do the purple light, the comics gate guys. I'm going to have purple lighting in the lighting, background. So. I am super ultra compensatingly straight. So <laughs> right. <laughs> You're not we're, just super straight, look, you're super compensatingly straight. We're we're both super straight, so yeah. you're in good company here. Mm -hmm. Sitch is trans, but I'm super straight. <laughs> there you go. That is true. That is true. I am trans. Oh, uh, Adam, now that I'm here, uh, you're going to hold up your end of the deal? What uh -oh. was I supposed to do? Uh, you, you don't remember? I don't know. Oh my you, god. How could you, you forget? You were you were holding my name hostage. You you you're misspelling it in the title and you're gonna change it once I appeared. You remember that long detailed conversation we had? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I can't is believe it, this, Adam. Why it, would you spell his name wrong? How did you spell it? it? Wait, it looks like it's spelled right. What do you mean? Is it there's no space, right? Is that the issue? There's no space is and there's space? another S. Oh, it's Where do rags. It? Oh, do rags. Okay. Okay. I feel horrible now. Also, the R is not capitalized. Oh my God. I'll fix it. Listen. <laughs> so bad. How did you, you how did you forget this conversation? Because <laughs> it never happened. What are you talking about? <laughs> Listen, it definitely happened. Okay. I remember we discussed yeah. it in detail. Yeah. And then I woke up in my bed after that. So I'm okay, not yeah. sure how I got in my bed. Right after we are you sure you didn't dream this conversation? This sounds like you had a dream. How Very could I have dreamed such a detailed conversation about su something so serious uh -huh. as my name? Here, here, here right? we'll do. Listen, I want you to leak me the DMs, okay? Where you have this conversation, <laughs> leak the DMs. I'm completely innocent. I'm looking at the DMs right now. <laughs> it was a face to face conversation. You did. Right? I, you, he was. He was face right to face. Wait a minute. You definitely dreamed this. What right did this happen? <laughs> You did. You did tell me that you're experiencing severe weather and you may have power outages. Oh, that, I do that's, remember that part. I believe that's uh that's all done now. They told she, me it was supposed to last for two days, but it's been nice for like hours. Oh, nice. 
Shady, okay. I got over. I I apologize. Obviously, I got overconfident with your name because it's one of the few names that's actually easy to spell. <laughs> I actually for durags, I have the uncommon uh, way of spelling it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's completely incorrect. I've seen it in some places, but. I looked it up before I ever created my name, and apparently I just went to the one person who spells it with with two O's. It's supposed to be a U there, but... Right. There you go. I like your way of spelling it better. I do so too, you, to be honest with you. So what do you want to talk about? What do you what are you watching? What are you working on these days? What am I working on? Uh, I am currently working on my second channel, uh, Shady Two Rags, um, doing a lot of let's plays and stuff over there because i want to delve into video games uh, a couple people have been asking me about my opinions on video games and stuff and i'm like um my knowledge on video games is stuck in the early 2010s so As it should uh, be. i need to i need to uh get on that well i can't complain about modern video games if i don't know what's going on <laughs> so. they you have to play all the crappy video games so you can complain about them effectively that's that's a strategy well, you're in so luck. Sitch is a video game expert here, so you could basically ask him about any game. No, he but knows. I'm probably in, I'm probably in Shady's camp. I mean, I'm probably stuck in the the 2010s. Really? As well. I don't know if I played that many like new new. What new is the games. sandwich making game? What is what what when did that come out? Yeah, Subnautica. <laughs> Adam calls Subnautica the sandwich making game. Isn't that awful? Isn't that the worst thing you ever heard in your life? Look, we oh, played man. we played Minecraft once. Minecraft. Played... <laughs> Minecraft? Are we crafting mines? Like, what do you mean? Look, it's uh, look, I have you say nuclear and I say Minecraft. What do you want? <laughs> okay. What do you okay. want from me? So, so the spelling thing wasn't just my name. This is like a regular occurrence. D look, that... I'm, I'm <laughs> I couldn't spell do rags. I can't believe that. What the heck? <laughs> How did I get that? Oh, I just capitalized the R. That was the problem. Right. Yeah, but uh, I would like to eventually like develop a video game. So in order to oh, do cool. that, gotta really? get into uh, wow. Yeah, I, I went to school for programming, so like that's still in me, even though I don't use my degree. It's still in me. Like I'm still passionate about that aspect. So I want to learn more about video games so I can develop one and also talk about modern video games because uh, you know they they are going through it right now and i'm not allowed to have an opinion on spider-man 2 because i'm not caught up with modern video games apparently so spider-man yeah, right, 2 right. is what everyone's playing are you playing uh, that on your second channel i am not no i'm playing kingdom hearts um spider-man 2 is what everybody's talking about because like it, it, everybody played it like a couple of months ago and as a spider-man fan um I have opinions about what's going on in there, but I haven't played the games. So, you know, it, it annoys me that I see Venom walking through fire like it's nothing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, I guess I can't say anything. That's not my Venom. And they're, they've got Mary Jane with this face. Um, and I'm like, well, I guess I can't say anything about what's supposed to be an extremely attractive woman in the game because I don't know video games. And, you know, all, all the, and, oh, and the whole Miles thing. Oh, my goodness, the Miles thing. Listen, listen, let me, let me give you some advice. Okay. One YouTuber to another shady, right? Okay. Why the fuck are you playing Kingdom Hearts? You should be playing Spider Man too. What are you doing? No one wants to watch you play Kingdom Hearts. Come on. Be because what the is second channel is not for, uh, other people it's not for my business it's be it's just oh. something i want to do i gotta get it out and i want to play kingdom hearts Which what, one are you what, playing? what are you playing oh. and what platform are you playing on 
I'm playing all of them. Uh, well, right now I'm playing the first one, but I plan on okay. playing all of them. And I'm, it's the PS4 version, but I've okay. got a PS5, so I'm playing it on the PS5. Gotcha. King- Kingdom Hearts is... Um, listen, I've only played the first two in some of the side games. Look at this. I, it's just play. This is... Wait, this is an old... This is this game is ancient. This is where we're, you're talking about playing new games. You're playing a game from like, you know, 20 years ago. Um, I know. I was going to say PS4. What? Yeah, but it's, well, it's a remake or a re whatever packaging because it was on playstation 2 originally wow Um, okay so this is ancient history but yeah i mean kingdom hearts you know i i really like the gameplay of kingdom hearts of course the story is like retarded but i guess that's just the world we live in right now with kingdom hearts i I haven't played played three yet so Mm -hmm. playstation 2 well kingdom hearts is like has the classic anime everything gets like way too absurdly complicated for absolutely no reason uh syndrome when it's like okay you just have zombies that eat people's souls it's very simple that's all you need you don't need all this other like nonsense about memories and nobodies and just it's just so complicated it's the most complicated nonsense of all time there's time travel and timelines it's like why are we doing this i mean i'm not gonna lie i love the first the story of the first game and the second game, despite the complicated nature, I've mm-hmm. heard things about the games after two that annoy me. And it's not necessarily the complication that annoys me. It's just the, the forced, uh, the forced way of stella- storytelling that happens that annoys me, but I don't know anything about three. So I can't really, uh, can't really comment on three. That's the whole point of this kingdom hearts playthrough that I'm going through is because I want to play three, a modern right. game, but I got to lead up to it. I've only played one and two. So I'm like, well, I'm going to play all of them because uh, it should be a fun thing for people to watch if I go through the entire experience at once. Right. There you go. Sammy in the chat says, Kingdom Hearts makes sense. I just need two hours to explain it. Exactly. Like, could you even explain to Adam who Roxas is and why he, not Roxas, no, Roxas, yeah, who Roxas is and what he, like, why he exists? Why are yes, Disney but characters because, involved in this? Why is it Disney characters and anime characters? I can answer both of those questions, but the, to answer your question first, Stitch, yes, I can, but that's because I write scripts for a living. A regular person would probably have a hard time summarizing the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> story like that. Uh, but to answer Adam's question, uh, it was actually a pitch, uh, an elevator pitch. I can't remember if it was the Disney guy or the uh, Square guy who did it, but one of them saw the other one go into an elevator and they pitched the com- the idea of Final Fantasy meets Disney, which when you think about it, it's the dumbest idea that's ever been pitched ever. But Kingdom Hearts is proof that it's all in the execution because even a ridiculous idea like Kingdom Hearts, it came out to uh, an extremely valuable franchise. Uh, but who Roxas is, uh, so basically in Kingdom Hearts, there's a wait, wait, wait. Before you start, Adam, I want you to listen to this. I want you to understand this. As someone who's never played this game, okay? You ready? Yeah. Okay. All right, in Kingdom Hearts, the main character, his name is Sora. Sora had something happen to him where he basically got his soul removed. When you get your soul removed, that splits you into two halves. Your uh, heartless, which is basically your soul, and your physical shell, which is basically your body. Uh, your heartless is mindless, but your shell still has a personality, but it doesn't feel anything. Sora's shell, his empty shell, is Roxas. There's a lot more two rocks than that, <laughs> but that's where you basically have like two characters. You basically have two characters going. You have a 
You have a soul character and a heartless char character, right? But you have the you have the regular character, but when their soul gets taken, they get split into two characters. Right. So, but at, just from a from a watching the media perspective, you're looking at two characters, right? Uh, that's a yeah, that's a simple way of explaining. Okay, it. interesting. Mm -hmm. And, and in the beginning of Kingdom Hearts Two, you're playing this character with no explanation of who the fuck he is at first, and then it turns out that you're in a fake city that was exists in a computer program, right? That was created to make Roxas do something so that his memories could be imparted into Sora, so Sora could wake up from a coma. So yeah, see that's that correct? where that's where I you don't explain it to somebody new. Yeah. <laughs> because it just gets completely confusing at that point but the beginning of kingdom hearts 2 was so confusing even if you played the games it was so confusing but honestly i i love that aspect of 2 like how confusing mm -hmm. it was at the beginning i don't know i don't like how long it was what is the thing the you have to do is it like a spoiler or something you can't say no i can say it it's just i my script writing instincts is to keep it simple but i could explain Roxas to you in full detail if if I wanted to. It's just the more I explain, the more confusing it gets. Uh, unless you're aware of the si series, but uh, yes, at the beginning of two, uh, you are playing as Roxas, so, which some people think is Sora with a memory loss, which technically it is. Uh, but you're playing as Roxas, and then uh, that whole section is very confusing because, like, it seems like the world around you isn't really real, which is it's not. And what is revealed is that these people want to bring Sora, the main character, back because, like I said, he got his soul taken, or the the game calls it his heart, but it's basically his soul. Uh, he got his no, soul no, no. Taken. He had his memories removed. Yeah, I was getting there. He had his soul taken, and his memories were removed. Uh, Roxas, who is a part of Sora, in order to rebuild him, because um, his soul had already been put back into him from the first game. Uh, cause another character had his soul technically again, it gets confusing. <laughs> uh, so his soul had been put back into it, but his other half was still missing, which was Roxas. Uh, and so Roxas, they put him in this virtual world to keep him busy so that they could slowly download memories into Sora. And so all of Sora could be complete. It's again, it's very confusing and I would not explain <laughs> the entire process to somebody who's never played the game uh, because that's not even where it starts because I haven't even talked about uh, what's his name, Ventus? I haven't even talked about him. Were Can they... you imagine trying to explain this at like a pitch meeting, Adam? Like producers, I think. I mean, the, I, the pitch meeting, Disney characters with Final Fantasy, I think, look, anyone can that's, get that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You got them there and then you add Pretty all this simple. other stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's an interesting concept. Do the characters, like the heartless character, you have two characters, do they look the same? Is it like Bizarro World character, or are they completely different? So the heartless in the original game, uh, when, you, when you lose your heart, the darkness in your heart takes fold into a monster-like creature. Um, it's supposed okay, so you to look be, completely you, different. But you yeah, look it's like supposed to be if you have a strong heart, you keep your form. You That's still true. look... So oh, okay. that's what it's supposed to be. It didn't happen with Sora because they didn't think of that at the time. Uh, Sora has one of the strongest hearts imaginable. You're right. That doesn't. You're right. That's a huge plot <laughs> hole. I never thought about that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. 
And they, the, like the whole reason the Heartless are after Sora is because he has the strongest heart. Uh, but they forgot about that and they turned Sora into the lowest form of Heartless ever. Um, so he's just a monster at this point with barely any memory. So it is technically a character, but it's like a mindless monster. Oh, um, you don't play excuse. that character? You do, you very you do for very briefly. He gets yeah. his soul back almost immediately in the game because he's linked to other characters. His soul is linked to like three different characters. One of them is Donald Duck and Goofy Adam. Yeah, I was wondering well, how they came in. <laughs> is his soul linked to Donald and Goofy? I thought that that's why they did a little Trinity thing. It's supposed to be like they're linked together. I haven't played all the games. Like I said, I'm still playing them. Oh, but from I mean, I know it's supposed to be that um, Kyrie has... Because he loves her, his soul was like in really inside Kyrie or some bullshit, right? Yeah, he's he's yeah. he's linked to Kyrie. I know that he's linked to Roxas by Roxas being his nobody, and he's linked to Ventus, which is something I haven't played, but something that was explained to me. Apparently, when Sora was about to be born and Ventus was about to die, Ventus linked his soul to Sora's, and Ventus looks exactly like Roxas. That's why Roxas is an important character. Um, yeah. There's all yeah. There's another there's another confusion thing. There's characters that look exactly the same but are different characters from each other. So, it's a it's a mess. Listen, I like Kingdom Hearts, but it's just the the pitch. Disney meets Final Fantasy. It's a great pitch. I just feel like it would have been. I, I just why we doesn't need this level of needless complication. You know, you have Sora go around. He's in look. He's in Aladdin Land, right? It's so fun. He's in Aladdin Land. Oh look. He's singing with Little Mermaid, right? This this game is going to sell like hotcakes. Oh, look, he's on the pirate ship with Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, yeah, this is all very popular. We don't need this like insane, complicated world of of memory loss, souls, and I don't know. It's Objectively, I agree with you, but yeah. I love the story. So okay, okay <laughs> I, I love the complicate the complication right. of the story. Like, I love figuring out after I played two where Roxas came from and his whole complicatedness. I the only thing I didn't like about Roxas's backstory was the whole three five over three what is it three five eight over two or something like that. I didn't like the black haired girl. Uh I didn't like her inclusion. I her, her personality is fine. She was fun. I didn't like her inclusion into the story, but they needed a way to explain why Sora could do a wield because he was linked to Roxas and Roxas was linked to her. And again, it's confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, well, and that's another thing, too, is that, you know, putting it so that people, you, you already have a complicated plot, like very complicated plot, but then you're forcing players that they have to play side games on a different platform to understand key elements of the plot as a bold strategy. <laughs> so it's kind of like the Disney Plus, like you have to watch the Disney Plus TV show to understand the movie. It's like, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea, in my opinion. To be fair... Yeah. In Kingdom Hearts's case, it worked. The Kingdom Hearts fans went out and got those games. I mean, they did get the the uh, the first one, um, Chain of Memories. A lot of them didn't buy that one. But after mm-hmm. two came out, like the fan was basically living off of those games until three finally came out. What was it? Two consoles later, right? Well, that's because it took so long for three to come out. Yeah. So, okay, but so that's Kingdom Hearts. I'm sure Adam is ecstatic to play it now. Has a full understanding of it. Well, no, look, I don't even know if this is, if it's like a first person shooter, if it's like a, a game where you walk up to characters and they tell you things and you pick different options. 
it's an RPG. I'm thinking with, it's like uh, Tetris with Donald Duck. It is like Tetris. Yeah, that is exactly that's how I describe it. It's it's an RPG with a lot of adventure game aspects. So. That doesn't mean anything. Do to you have. pull weapons out and shoot at people? You have a giant. Yes. You have a sword that's the shape of a key, and you run up to enemies and you jump around smacking them with your sword key. Nice. Right. It's nice. A, it's not. It's an action based, over the shoulder third person. You run around beating people go. up with your sword. Now yeah. I got it. Yeah. There you go. And you don't play as Mickey Mouse. Well, you can get Mickey Mouse. So the way it works is that you control Sora or the main character. Donald and Goofy or a Disney character is in your party, but like, and they run around and they help you, but they're controlled by the computer. Right. Okay. So, um, and uh, if, there, you pick there one is character at least in the one beginning. Game, there is at least one game where you briefly get control over Mickey Mouse. Yes. Yes. Uh, no. The, so the way it works is like, so normally you have Donald and Goofy in your party, but then like, if you go to Aladdin land, you can switch one of them out with Aladdin. Or if you go to Pirates of the Caribbean land, you can switch one of them out with Johnny Depp. You know, so you do like a mission as as one of the characters as Mickey Mouse. No, yes. you do. A, you play everything as Sora. Mickey can appear uh, depending right. on what what's happening in the game. If um, in Kingdom Hearts two, if you die, sometimes I don't know why Mickey Mouse will come out. You control Mickey Mouse, and if you do enough good things with Mickey Mouse, you'll bring Sora back to life. Yeah, he he always brings Sora back to life, but like the the story's supposed to be he's stalling to get enough magic to fully heal Sora. Right. But right. if you suck at the game, he'll just give you a potion. He'll heal you, but it won't be as good. Oh, okay, okay. There you go. So you get to play like you know you know in the Star Wars prequels when Yoda's like jumping around doing all the, the little flips. It, Mickey Mouse is basically that in Kingdom Hearts. He's a little guy wow. doing a bunch of flips with a little sword. So who's the main character that meets Winnie the Pooh? Sora. Okay, so that's Sora. He meets Winnie the Pooh, yeah. Are you looking at pictures? Of course. Look, that's okay. immediately. I'm trying to figure it out. So, I mean, if great. you want to learn more about Kingdom Hearts, you could always just go to Shady Two Rags and just click on his videos. There you go. Know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, I feel like part of the thing that kind of annoys me with Kingdom Hearts 2, or with any Kingdom Hearts, is that I think they either need to be like kitty or like adult. And they're kind of doing this middle ground. Because like the Winnie the Pooh thing... It actually, to me, I like had an interesting headcanon where if they really made it like super sad and depressing and have it be like this weird thing where it's like, you know, Winnie the, like Sora meets Winnie the Pooh who's lost all his memories. And it's kind of about like him losing like everything that makes him who, it, who he is. And Sora like, I was like, make it like super fucking dark. So that when Sora's helping him, it has like a really like heavy emotional impact to it. Well, here's the thing. It's. Final Fantasy, which is super dark. Yes, but with Disney, Disney which is not, I know. Which is super kiddie. <laughs> yes, so they have to find a middle ground. It's like a weird middle ground where it's like, okay, I go. <laughs> that's just they, a bad combination. Yeah. Yes, that, that's what I was saying. It's an awful idea, but they executed it really well. The, uh, the story is all over the place, but the fans, for the most part, love the story. There are some parts in the story that are universally hated, but the fans, for the most part, love the story despite its convolution. And the gameplay, specifically in two, is amazing. Yeah. What's amazing about awesome. it? It's just fun. I don't know. It's fun to run around beating people up with a sword. What do you mean? Two is. Two is so fun because there's a lot of eye candy. Like there's a lot of effects going on, and you really feel the. 
your skills coming out in the character. Two can be very easy at times, but when they throw a hard boss at you, you feel that skill challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Sora versus Roxas fight in two is like universally praised as one of the best games or best moments in the games because it's so like you're, you have to be skilled or you could be high level too. Um, But you have to have like, you have to either be high leveled or skilled for that fight to matter and it you feel it like even if you have it on very easy you feel that fight so it's got good game physics yes uh yeah yeah it has really good game fit very good very consistent game physics cool go ahead do you fight roxas in, in the original or is that only in the remix I don't know if I, I don't have good memories of the originals. I only I have the uh, HDs in after. I don't um, remember that fight at all. I I um, believe you do because I have memories of constantly having to start in the section where you beat Axel, which is right mm-hmm. before you fight Roxas. And I'm the only thing I could think of that would make me have to constantly go back there is losing to Roxas. And that right. was back when two first came out. So I think so, but I mean you're uh the chat could probably tell you better than tell I me could. chat i don't I, I remember you fight roxas original okay i don't remember that i remember kim hurts one being way someone said the opposite roxas fights only in remix okay i can mix messages <laughs> um i remember and this just because like the age difference because when you're a kid everything's harder i i seem to recall that kingdom hearts one when i played it seemed way harder to me than kingdom hearts two and I, and I know also that Kingdom Hearts 1 had like the secret extra hard mode, and I thought Kingdom Hearts 2 didn't have that. So maybe that's what I'm thinking about. The the remix does. I know Kingdom Hearts 2 remix does have the... Oh, okay. The, not, no, no, not not a secret extra hard mode, but it has the final section right. uh, where you... Re- First of all, it had, it, they added a bunch of extra bosses, which are hard as crap. And then they have a final section where you refight the, all of organization 13 which are Mm -hmm. even harder and then they have the final boss which is supposed to be stupidly hard i've never fought him but he's supposed to be like it's despite being full leveled with the ultimate keyblade supposed to be stupidly hard kingdom hearts one is overall more difficult than kingdom hearts 2 because it's not just fighting it's puzzle solving and the game is not very clear on what to do in the puzzle solving um and i would but the only really difficult parts to me in kingdom hearts one were some of the very final bosses like Riku and uh, Maleficent and the optional bosses because you can't just hack and slash. Right. Um, I only remember two, the one from Aladdin and the one from Peter Pan, but both of those you had to tactically use your spells before you could even get hits in. A lot of the bosses, a lot of the optional bosses in two are like that now where you have to time your, your spells and whatnot. So it's difficult to say which one is more difficult. I think at its peak, two is harder mm-hmm. because it has that final section that just curb stomps you, kicks you in the teeth, and laughs at you. But uh, right. it's difficult for me to say overall which one is more difficult than the other. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, actually, I you know because I never played the remix. I never played any of those extra bosses, which maybe I should go back and do. That sounds like fun at some point. Um, or you could watch shitty two. Or I could watch, watch you do it. Yeah, yeah there you look, go. I can't find your channel anywhere. Like, how do you spell shady two rags? Okay, so the I spelling issue it, again. It doesn't come up at all. How do you spell it? I I put it in chat. Oh, you did. Look, I spell it that way, and it does. Look, I search on YouTube, and uh, it's probably it's probably not big enough. No, it came up directly for me. Here, I, right. uh, I can 
man, I, I it brings me to your main channel. If oh, I well, then just scroll down. Works. Just right. just scroll down if you're on my main channel. I don't. Every time I put a link in chat, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, put a link to it. I don't know why. Is that just mm. me? Can you click on that shady the link that I did to your channel? Yeah, at least in my channel. Okay, Maybe YouTube you, is blacklisted. At least some. Yeah, I, I get there. <laughs> you got a link? No, I went. The, I clicked your link, Adam, and it brings me to his. Okay, channel. look. When I put it in, I can't click on my own link for some reason. So, oh, kind of weird. It's shady space two rags number number two rags one word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was gonna say because like when we talk about like difficulty, I just remember in the in the extra hard mode of Kingdom Hearts one, it's like the first boss in uh, I can't want to say Twilight Town, but that's Kingdom Hearts two. Whatever Traverse. the Traverse Town, yeah. Like the the armor, like I just remember him when he shoots you, it like one shot kills you if you have it on super hard mode. <laughs> and I just remember like Sephiroth being so much more difficult in my memory in oh, Kingdom Hearts I one than in Kingdom Hearts two. I forgot about Sephiroth. I'm not even gonna lie. I forgot about the optional bosses in Hercules. Yeah. Oh, those those. Well, no, because the organization thirteen at the end is still stupidly hard. But still, right. I think Sephiroth in one gives them a run for their money. Because yes. Se Sephiroth in two. Is pretty difficult, but like if you're leveled up enough and you can time your spells enough, you can you could I think you can take them down more easily than you can in yeah. one. I think there's a lot of face tanking in in Kim Hurts 2, and also because it has the, the trigger thing, so like you just you know he has the dash move, you just trigger block it, and they're fine. I just remember the, the, the fight in one was like so insane. Yeah, you know, just running around, he just he's just oh my god, madness, but I loved it. Dun, it looks pretty dun. cool. It looks pretty fun to play. It is fun to play. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of talking. I don't know how you feel about talking in games. Yeah. Uh, it's, it it's survived a, uh, a whole generation without a main title because people were so thirsty for the next one. Like they just kept playing the side games. That is true. And that is weird why that happened, but. So why are you playing this instead of playing Spider-Man too? Just you'd like because he's a fool. Be <laughs> well, first of all, I've had plans to do this for like years. So right. Spider-Man Two hadn't even come out when I was planning this, and I finally got all my equipment to do it. And um, even when I started doing, like I started recording this, like I want to say half a year ago, um, I started doing it. My computer's like um, 4K footage, no. So I had to figure out how to work with 4K footage on a computer that can't handle it. And that took me a couple of months. And then I got are busy. You, are you so recording I it or live it. streaming it? I'm recording it. Okay. It's not a live stream. I'm recording. Uh, yeah, let's play. You should live stream it too, obviously. That's people want to watch while you're playing it. So I mean, but then I can't edit it. And I like editing stuff. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Wait, you're you not live streaming. You playing Game Hearts 2? You could live stream it and then edit it after the fact. I mean, that is true, but like, I don't want to. You should, though. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that what people See, want? They want to watch you stream a game well, or something? Here's the thing the Shady Two Rags channel is not about the people, it's about me. It's right. my hobby, it's what I want to do. The Shady Do Rags channel is about the people. So right. if I think, oh, this is something the people want, I that see. goes on the Shady Do Rags channel. So Shady Do Rags is like, shady... la la, I'm doing whatever I want, and you can't stop me. So this is why the Shady Do Rags channel has two hundred and seventeen thousand subscribers. 
right? Oh, that that channel is also older, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is is basically as I was making my regular content, I was like, I want to do all this other stuff, but it won't sell well on the channel. And I was like, Oh wait, right, second channel. Okay, I got you. I got you. So how uh, did you get? Oh, go ahead. Cyborg for five hours says Sora doesn't lose his heart in Kingdoms Hearts One. He lost Ventus's heart. There you go. Look okay. At this. I Good I believe you. Wrong. I haven't played all the games. I've only so played confusing. one and two. So yeah, super confusing. Adam Unfriended for five dollars says Kingdom Hearts One was Disney anime. Hearts Two was Star Wars mixed. Kingdom Hearts Three is what the flip is going on, which includes spinoffs. There you go. Sammy G. For 21 months, War of the Enlightened says, I, I have to say this since we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Think about it. Oh, think about this, Shady. Eris, Aerith, and Zach from Final Fantasy VII are really Sora's parents. Listen, because Disney Multiverse Theory and the Final Fantasy VII remake plot, one day I'll be right. Okay. How do you, how do you feel about that? Zach and Eris as Sora's parents? I'm not a Final Fantasy person, so I oh. the I know who Aerith is only because of the meme. Uh, what you've never played Final Fantasy Seven? I've never played any Final Fantasy oh that didn't have my. the name Kingdom Hearts. God, <laughs> that's what you should play. You should play the original Final Fantasy Seven and all its terribly graphics glory on on your channel. Oh my god, I I consider it. I'll consider it. Okay, interesting. So why is this such a passion project, Shady? What what happened that made you emotionally attached to this game? Um, well, th- it's it's not necessarily that this game. It was I want to do a Let's Play because I'm bad at not being on script. I think I've got script writing down when it comes mm-hmm. to my channel. I'm really bad when I don't have a script in front of me. Uh, like I, I pause, I... I smack my teeth, my lips a lot and whatnot. So, and also I just need to do something. That's not what I normally do on shady do rags. Cause what I do on shady do rags sells and people want more of it. But if I just do that, it gets so, uh, for lack of a better term, frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. and I just need to step away and do something else that I want to do. Like I can't just do something random. It has to be something I want to do that. I'll put myself into. And I love video games. Although I've fallen out of them, I love video games. So I want to get back into them and I want to develop a game someday. So I was like, okay, well, let me play some video games and just have fun on a second channel and not worry about it. And then I do that for like a week or two. And then I get inspired to work on my regular content because I've taken a break from it. So it all just comes back to that. What was the, what was the original inspiration for the shady do rag channel? Obviously you've had quite a bit of success there your 217k subscribers i've watched some of your videos and obviously you know what you're doing and you still can't spell my name right (laughs) (laughs) look i got over i got over ambitious it's such a faux pas too i hate look i it's everyone spells my name wrong i know I feel to be fair, Adam, the fact that you spelled my name wrong is probably proof that you watch my videos because so many people spelled my name wrong and I don't know why. <laughs> I, I watched your video on John Redcorn and it was actually, I mean, I felt kind of, I felt kind of bad because the, the John Redcorn story is basically, I mean, it's played as comedy, but if you think of it outside of the, outside of the King of the Hill world. It is kind of a fucked up, sad story, man. 
The guy is a total cuck. He's like raising some other guy's kid. He's a clueless fucking nitwit. Uh, nobody in his family has any respect for him whatsoever. So, I mean, it is, it is an interesting, it is an interesting situation. To answer your question, uh, there was a lot of things that went into the Shady Directs channel when I first thought of it. Uh, for, first of all, it wasn't my first channel. Um, video making has been a hobby of mine since I was a kid. What uh, was so your I've first been doing channel? My original channel, um, I think it's still up. Um, hold on, I'm, I think I'm still subscribed to it. So yep, you, it's, so ju you, it's just my name. <laughs> So you, you have uh, an original channel where you first started making videos. Like, I think yes. that's pretty common with people who want to be content creators. Like they kind of just wander into it. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, did you see other people make content and you thought this is something I want to do, or is it just something that you kind of started doing and it was fun and you got some, some feedback that was positive. So if you go back far enough, I've always been making videos. Um, even when, before YouTube existed, um, I've been making videos since I want to say middle school, maybe elementary. But I, because me and my siblings, we used to take a camcorder, we used to hook it up to our VCR and use our VCR as an editor, um, <laughs> as our editing software. You, know, you just press record. <laughs> I, look, I've done that. I've done that as well. So I, I feel you. So uh, then YouTube became a thing. And the first thing I saw on YouTube that got me interested, because this was when I was starting to fall out of my old habits of uh, video games and uh, TV. So I was looking for something new. Um, and I, the first thing I saw was uh, animated music videos where they just take popular songs and put them to like movies and stuff, which is what my first channel is. It's just animated music videos. And I was like, wow. I can do that and I can be competent with it. Of course, at the time, I didn't know about marketing. So I actually made what I still consider to be like fairly good videos at the time, but they didn't explode like I thought they were. Uh, you know, a week had gone by and I'm like, why am I not famous? Like, I, I only have 10 views on this video. <laughs> uh, and so I let that sit for a bit. Um, that was like my senior year in high school. And I just let it sit because it was just a hobby. And then I came back while I was in college just to check on it. And uh, one of my videos had uh, a bunch of my videos had just gotten thousands of views on that channel. Um, and I said, oh, wait, don't people make money doing this? And back then you had to get an email from YouTube saying, hey, do you want to make money doing this? And I got one. And I was very shocked because I was like, wow, I didn't know I was that good at it. Um, yes, I did, but still. Um, and so, so this, this I, was I, like the partner program, right? Yeah. Yeah. The YouTube partner. It, I, I, it might have been before it was called that, but this was way back in uh, 2011, maybe 2012. Um, but I got an email from them saying, would you like to make money off of your video? So I, I was like, well, I don't need the money now, but after college, I maybe I could do this for a living. So I went and I looked up, first thing I did was look up copyright because uh, my original channel was using copyrighted music and copyrighted movies and it kept getting struck. And I, I didn't care because I wasn't making money, but I was like, if I want to make money off of this, I got to look that up. And after that, I, I made another channel, another unsuccessful channel, which I tried to turn into a career. Uh, what was, was that channel on? That was that channel was called Random Person. It was this was when I was still heavily into video games, and it was mainly about the Legend of Zelda. Um, and I was trying to branch off into other video games. Um, the problem with that channel was it was very unsuccessful, and 
at the time my grades started slipping in college. So I was like, okay, I'm dropping everything, including YouTube. Cause I want my grades to go back up. And right. I did that. My grades did go back up. I got straight A's the next semester, but I was bored out of my mind and I couldn't figure out why. Cause like I had video games, but they weren't doing it for me anymore. Uh, and I, I discovered later that the reason I love video games is because I always had somebody to play with. Um, in college, all my friends had graduated and my brother was no longer like in the same household as me. So I had no one to play with. Uh, so I was like, okay, I will start another YouTube channel. And this time it'll just be for me. It won't be for anybody else. It won't be for a job. It'll just be for me. And that's where Shady Durags came in. Um, I just wanted to talk and say things. And I just wanted to make something is basically what I was doing. Um, and the thing that was on my mind at the time was I was a computer scientist uh, major, but I often worked on art as well so it felt to me like engineers and artists they were constantly bickering with each other but they weren't like but they could do great things if they just worked together so my thought process was empathy i need people to understand that people who think differently than you they try to see their perspective and then as the years went by i got a little bit more in interested in politics and i began to see a lot of people just were refusing to empathize with people who disagreed with them and so that became kind of a, a core concept going into the channel was in, in the back of my mind is like, you, you should see other people's perspective. And it wasn't until the BoJack Horseman stuff that it really kicked off. Like I, I was just talking about whatever. Eventually I started talking about shows and then eventually I got to BoJack Horseman. And that's when people started to like pay attention. And that's, those are the first videos that kind of blew up. I mean, yeah. you're, I think the reason I watched your John Redcorn video was because it was like, it's your most popular video. It's at 2.2 million views. Mm -hmm. So yeah. The, interesting. Uh, the Bojack Horseman stuff and that, that story is always interesting in the back of my mind because I, I wasn't like at the time I was just working random at random jobs and I was watching that show about Bojack Horseman and I just got so mad because people kept asking the same questions and I was like, why do you keep asking me the same question over and over and over again? And I went and looked on YouTube for a video explaining what I wanted uh, things to say and I couldn't find one. So I just made a video out of frustration. So I was like, I'm tired of people asking me this question and that video blew up. <laughs> what was the question? It, uh, there's a character in BoJack Horseman called Diane Nguyen, and in season four, her popularity was at an all-time low, and people wanted to know why. And I kept answering that stupid question. Like, I'm calling it stupid, but it launched my channel, so I shouldn't be calling it stupid. But I kept answering that question because I was just so sick and tired of it. Um, and people were like, yes, this shady do-rags person knows what he's talking about when analyzing cartoons. And I did BoJack Horseman for like two years, and then after the show ended, I've seen channels die because they stayed on something that wasn't popular for too long. So right. after the show ended, I said, okay, no more BoJack Horseman. Maybe I'll come back to it years later, but my channel cannot be dependent on this. And that whole year from like February to December was like at an all time low for my channel because I wasn't doing what people knew me for. Right. And then they were wanting that, more BoJack Horseman, even though the show was over. Yeah, the, like, huh. but I could tell like the interest in it was kind of dying. I mean, there's still people doing it now, but like they took they those people also took a break. Um, but I was like, no, I I don't want to be stuck doing that show. Um, so I went for a long time, and then 
it, that December, I had saved up like three weeks vacation for my job. And I was like, I want to see what I can really do if I put my mind to YouTubing. And that's when I made the John Redcorn video. And it blew up as soon as I launched it. And that's really? when I was like, wow. oh, <laughs> I can I could do this for a living. <laughs> Uh, I was shocked because I had planned to make like three or four videos. I was really going to put my nose to the grindstone. But the first John Redcorn video, which I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the political atmosphere, because mm -hmm. if you've seen that video, you know, I, I make uh, jokes about being anti-racist. You know, I say I'm black. I can make fun of whoever I want. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. And I think that spoke to a lot of people's frustrations because it was 2020 and Trump had just lost the election. Um, so a lot of people were frustrated, uh, and because I'm making a center leaning right joke, it appealed to a lot of people. I, I think I don't have like anything to back that sentiment up, right? but just seeing somebody, uh, come up and make fun of the, oh, black people can't be racist mantra, like, I guess resonated with a lot of people. Cause that's probably the joke I was known for, for years. Um, probably still to this day, that's probably my most known joke. So then you started making more King of the Hill videos because of that one having such success? Yeah. Well, it, it's similar to what I did with BoJack Horseman. I realized that that show was a draw, and I was like, okay, so I'll do that a lot, but I'll still do other shows to make sure I don't get boxed in. And um, the other shows will also be experimentation to see if anything else sticks. And what happened... Uh, 2022 at the end of 2022 what happened was i started touching on superhero stuff and that really stuck with people um so right now it i could transition into superhero because it looks like the superhero stuff is getting more than the king of the hill stuff but we'll have to that that still requires a bit of time uh to to find out so what is your what's your creative process you also you said you were kind of working on the video game stuff because you it seemed like you're getting a little burnt out on the main channel like this is becoming feeling more like a job um yes but uh i would describe it differently like i, I don't want to use the term burnout it's just writing a script requires me to be in a creative headspace and i can't always just jump into the creative headspace um sometimes it takes me weeks or months to get there and my uh, bills don't care about my creative headspace. They need me to bring something in. So I want to make a good video, but I also need to get a video done on time. So sometimes I'll push for a video and it becomes a little bit stressful uh, because I don't feel the video is as good as it could be. But, uh, you know, what you is gotta your, what is your upload something. schedule? Are you uploading once a week? It looks like I don't have a consistent upload schedule, but I shoot for. I tried not to go two weeks without uploading something. Usually right. on Sunday evening, I'll try to get something out. Um, ideally, once a week would work, but like I said, that doesn't always work out. Um, and the, I, the scripts sometimes really just don't want me to upload. There are two types of creative people, and it's it sounds like you might be the the inspiration type. There's a type that, you know, something inspires them and they're like, oh, I really, you know, I have a clear picture of this thing that I'm going to do or make this project just materializes and they just, they work nonstop to get it done. 
And then there are the creative types that are like, I'm working every day from this time to this time. And I'm just going to kind of force myself to do that and see what happens. It's oh, like, definitely, if those are the two categories, I'm definitely in the first one. Yeah. Um, see, uh, I think everyone kind of starts in the first one, but as you grow as an artist, you kind of have to migrate over to the second one because I mean, you really can have, have your force yourself to have those inspirational moments. And if you have more and more inspirational moments, you know, pretty soon, then you've got a backlog blog of like 20 different, 20 different script ideas that you want to do. You're not saying, Oh my God, I got to get one done for this video this week. You're like, Oh, I have like eight backlog here. So see the thing about my scripts is they tend to be, uh, they, they tend to be time sensitive. Some of the jokes mm -hmm. are topical and because I've thought about like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, doing scripts ahead. ahead of time. Uh, but a lot of my inspiration is like this, this meme that everybody knows or this way that I'm feeling that's very relevant to what's going on or, or stuff like that. So that's kind of the, the way I flow. I, I haven't been able to get myself to do backlogs of videos though. I am doing that on two rags, but that's because everything gets recorded in one big chunk. Um, uh, but when it comes to like scripting stuff and whatnot, it's very difficult for me to script something today that could come out two months from now because the things I say probably won't gel the same. So you obviously you listen to us. I see you in the chat all the time. So are you coming at it with from a from a psychology, from a political psychology perspective? You're basically analyzing different media with that in mind? Not intentionally. I mean, okay. sometimes that happens. I just watch media and then I say my thoughts. That's right. the long and short of it. The original thought process when I really started getting full-time was that I want it to be like a book club um, where everybody consumes the same media and then we talk about what we thought about the media uh, with just me leading the conversation. So, you know, I put out a video and then I'd say, well, I think this character represents this and this color in the background means this and blah, blah, blah. Um, more recently, I've more so been doing like I when I review an episode, I go scene by scene and then I just say my thoughts on what's happening in the scene. And sometimes, you know, it I, I try not to be political because that could that can completely take over the conversation but if it's relevant i don't stray away from it because that's part of the conversation so it's so, there and go ahead so well how do you pick what you're going to comment on how do you select um i watch the show and right. then uh i watch the episode and like just just full-on watch then i watch it again while writing my script and I'm like, well, when this scene came on, this is what I thought. So let me put it in an entertaining way. Um, right. So for for example, I might watch a, uh, I might watch a, a a scene and I'll I'll find it really funny. So I could either just put in the script, laugh here, or I could put in the script, this joke is actually really clever because blah blah blah. Or I could put in the script, wow, that was just so funny. I can't even, you know, find a creative way to express that this scene made me laugh or I found this scene funny. Um, and that's basically the entirety of it. It's like I explain the scene. Sometimes I show the scene and then I find I either explain how the scene made me feel or I find a creative way to show that the scene made me feel that way. 
Cool. So are you, are, is the video popular at the time? Is that a, a component or are people coming and watching these videos to get your specific commentary on it? Like they're familiar with you. They like your jokes. They're like your personality. They like the way you sum things up. Um, I would think, I would think my channel is mostly from me, but there are topics where I will put out and then they don't do huge numbers. So right. the topic definitely has something to do with it. Um, but a lot of people do make requests for things that have been talked about before. And I'm like, I have nothing new to add. And they're like, we don't care if you have anything new to add. We just you want your back, perspective on it. <laughs> bring back Bojack. I don't know if I can bring back Bojack. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen because Bo Bojack was a very different time for me when, and I did it in a very different style. Um, plus my audience now, I don't think is the same as my Bojack audience because the Bo Bojack Horseman was a very left-leaning show and you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but because of that, the audience was very left-leaning and me who is i'm now known for being center right in my opinions uh a lot of people have like said oh shady directs has fallen off because he revealed that he wasn't woke or whatever um so that that same audience i don't think has stuck with me i think i've i've maintained a different audience maintain was the wrong word to use i think i've gained a different audience since then so and the, so from the beginning of the channel have your political opinions changed i mean the channel is almost a decade old at this point so right. i would kind of be shocked if anybody's political opinions didn't somewhat change after almost a decade um i would say yes but not to an extreme degree um well when you went into it were you more progressive minded and people no. could could sense that in your commentary or what no, your... i would say i was probably more conservative when i went into it um, okay. Maybe I've slid a little to the left, but not that much. I, I would say. Well, you said somebody said that your content that it used to be woker, which I just well, think no. Like when they real when I revealed I wasn't woke is okay. You know, people. It was a generic statement, but a lot of people I've seen say Shady Directs fell off when he said this thing, and it's usually mm -hmm. something that's not very left leaning. Um, right. Like I have a when I first went full time, I made a live stream saying um, why I'm not woke, um, and I put that up. And I the reason I put that up is because a lot of people, because I reviewed BoJack Horseman, they thought I was left leaning, and so they the just assumed that. Yeah, because yeah, the show is left leaning, so they just assumed I was left leaning, and then I would say things while talking about BoJack Horseman that showed I wasn't left leaning, and they would say, "Oh man, I feel like you've deceived me, Shady." So I came out with a video when I went full time saying why I'm not woke, basically explaining my political leanings because I'm like I don't want to deceive anybody. If you're left leaning, you're fine to enjoy my content. I'm not going to ban you from watching my content, but you should know that this is where I stand on the political spectrum because if that's what's stopping you from watching my content then i'm not going to deceive you you know just know up front this is this is how i feel and then a lot of people when i uh made that video were like oh okay well this is where shady fell off or they'll, they'll find other videos where i'll have um takes like that that they don't like and they'll say this is where like the the uh john redcorn video the joke in there the that that joke is very uh, that video that entire video is very like 
anti-left, um, for lack of a better term. So that's another one where I get where people say he fell off. Hmm. <clears throat> wow, that's uh, that's tough. I don't. People are so tribal these days, and I guess you know if you're making content, it's just it's strange to me that people want you to have the same political leanings as them if you're making content that is kind of just apolitical, right? I mean, I'm trying to be apolitical, but you know, it, it leaks in your political opinions, especially when you live in a time where there are people spouting that everything is political and that being apolitical is a type of being political. Sure. Um, well, but I wouldn't call it like, so, but I, I wouldn't say my situation in particular is like tragic or anything. Cause I'm still pretty successful. Um, it's just, it happens. People can dislike you for reasons that you might not necessarily agree with. I think people have a right to dislike me for whatever reason they want. The only issue I take with is when people don't understand my position and they dislike me because of that. Oh and I'm like, that's, Adam that's knows not all like, about that. I know. I was going to say, look, you just said the magic words with me. <laughs> you just said the magic words with me. How bad does it hurt when somebody just completely misrepresents your position, Shady? It doesn't happen to me often, uh, at least not in the terms of like a big creator. So I can't say it hurts tremendously because to me, it's just like, this is just somebody on the internet. Everybody has access to the internet, including idiots. So like, I can't expect that everybody's going to have a good take on my stuff. So for me personally, it doesn't really hurt, but that's because I've never had like a big creator really come after me. It's not I like can only imagine. Like Someone like Destiny doesn't come out and say, you love Vivek. You're a huge Vivek. <laughs> like, I, I can only imagine like what would happen if something like that. I would hope I would maintain composure. Uh, but one of the big like <laughs> triggers for me is oh, when you somebody have, you is have to not... maintain composure, Shady. You have to. <laughs> it's just a thing. You can't let it get to you. <laughs> One of the big triggers for me is it's it's not when somebody disagrees with me. It's when somebody misrepresents me. Yes. So <laughs> I would hope that I would maintain composure. But if we're in an argument and you're not really listening, you're just trying to get the last word. A lot of times I just like I'm just like, OK, because I, I let people get the last word when I when I'm done with an argument. I just let them have the last say. Um, but I have in the middle of like a, a like a, a live stream. Um, I have like lost control before um, just because I get Where's so frustrated. Where's the live stream? When Let's bring like, that up. Let's look at that together. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can, if you want, I'm not, I, no, I don't no, hide I'm my, just, my stuff. I'm, um, I'm only playing. Look, I'm only playing. I don't like to bring it, that it, stuff up. But look, I, you've, I'm sure you've probably seen me lose it. I lose it infrequently, but it's always, <laughs> it's always painful. I've heard of you losing it. I don't think I've actually been there when it's happened. Okay. Wow. Well, everyone always talks. Everyone makes it sound 10 times worse than it is. And then I listen back and I'm like, well, what are you guys talking about? This is totally mild. Yeah. Mm, sure it is. <laughs> You've never Sitch. lost it, Sitch. Of Sitch has totally lost it. lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, it's pretty standard. So when this, what are these live streams that you're doing? Are they just live streams like this? Just coming on and chatting with other creators? On my channel? On Durex? Well, no, yeah. Where do you live stream? Like, uh, I just live stream, stream on, on my regular channel, channel okay. but that's usually because I didn't finish a video. 
So I'm like, well, my uh, audience, they like to talk to me sometimes. So I'll do a live stream. I'm not hey. particular when it comes to live streams because I don't really have a plan for live streams. And also, like I said, I'm not good off script, but this 2024 is the year I want to be better off script, which is why I like agree to stuff like this and whatnot. Like I'm trying to do more stuff like this where yeah. I don't have a script in front of me and I have to think on the fly because I'm really bad at like coming up with words or a lot of times I go on tangents and just talk for too long. And a lot of times I repeat myself. Uh, so I want to get better at that because I'm okay. I'm done. It's no, it's definitely an art. <laughs> it is. It is definitely an art. And I mean, you speak well, you, you're not doing a bunch of verbal tics or anything. I can't listen. You to were catching me on a very good day. Nice. I can't listen to Sam Cedar for more than five minutes because he says, um, and, and, uh, and, uh, constantly. Like, oh my yeah, God. That's me. Torture. And that's what I'm trying to stop. I notice it in my let's plays and I, I edit them out. Well, I edit some of them out. Some of them sound natural and I'm like, okay, that one, uh, is not going to kill me. But I, I, when I'm doing my let's plays, I definitely say, uh, and I smack <laughs> my lips a lot and I'm like, no, stop. Why can't you just speak without smacking your lips before you do it? <laughs> Doug, Doug for $5 says, Shady, watch Adam talk to Jangles or Mr. Girl. You'll thank me later. Actually, I think it was more pandering politics that got under my skin because I we I guess it was just miscommunication between me and Sitch. We had invited him on, and I thought Sitch was going to kick his ass. And Sitch was playing patty cakes with him for like 40 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? I got distracted. He was saying interesting things. Okay. Ugh. So. But see, the truth is, you say A-Team is all about forgiveness, but actually S-Class is all about forgiveness. A-Team is about destruction. <laughs> S-Class does it, yeah. A-Team is about revenge. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, you don't really, you don't really track the, the disrespect people are sending your way, which mm -hmm. I think is really a better way to be, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, maybe. So who, what positions have been misrepresented of yours, Shady? Do you remember any recent ones that were, that got under your skin? Uh, well, specifically recently I did a, uh, somebody did a, um, uh, what's it called? Somebody did a commentary on my opinions about the black little mermaid, uh, with Ariel, <laughs> but I did a full video, uh, <laughs> clapping back at that. Um, which honestly, I'm, I, that would actually make me really happy because I always wanted to do a response video to somebody misrepresenting my position. So <laughs> I, I actually was actually super happy to have seen that one. Um, but not recently, but more of the thing that kind of upset me was I when I did BoJack Horseman videos, uh, I did a video on this girl called Hollyhock. Um, and just to summarize in the show, uh, Hollyhock is a... a 20 a 20 something year old she's uh she's related to the main character and in the end she winds up leaving the main character she's she's the person the main character loves the most she winds up leaving him because of things she heard and she never got his position and my stance on that was uh whether or not it was right for her to leave the guy it's not my position to say but she should have got the full story she should have communicated with him that was the long and gist of my position Good a advice. lot of people saw that video and they 
hated it. And they just did not understand what I was saying. Cause I, I said the way she did it was cowardly. It was like uh, texting you're out of a relationship instead of talking. And people were like, how can you say it was cowardly to leave a relationship? It's a brave thing to do. And I'm like, leaving a relationship is brave, but how you do it is cowardly. Just like boxing is brave, but doing uh, a cowardly tactic isn't. Like there's a way to go about it. That That's probably the video I've been most misrepresented in, but that's just in the comments. Like I don't get too many uh, response videos, which for a long time saddened me because I really wanted to do a response video to a response video, but I finally got <laughs> to do that last year. So, so all wait, those people, the, all those people were guilty take? of ghosting people. That's why they were so angry at you. They were like regular ghosters and you called True. them out. Uh, some of uh, some of the intellectuals uh, said that in my chat. They're like, "You guys are self-reporting." Uh, yes, my totally. <laughs> my Little Mermaid take was: I thought uh, it was bad for Little Mermaid to uh, have a black character. I'm fine with them casting a black actress. They could have just changed her in post. A lot of people said that would be uh, white face, and I said that's no different than a black person playing a white animated character. It's not white face. Uh, black face was done for. Uh, uh, racist reasons. Wait, 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 what do you mean? Um, change her in post? Like, have a black actress, but make her white, or have a white yeah. actress make her black? Have a black actress make her white. I, I mean, I don't think that would look good on <laughs> the movie. It probably look weird. A, lo a lot of people say it's reverse white face, and I'm like, how is right. it any different from a black person playing a white animated character, mm -hmm. which Cree Summer is known for doing? Like a mm. lot of black people play white anime characters. Samurai right. Jack. Well, that's not a white. That's an uh, Asian he's Asian character. It's the same uh, difference, right? Depending on who you ask. Yeah. Uh, but but my take was that uh, uh, there being a Black Little Mermaid uh, creates a dissonance because Disney is trying to make you think of the original movie that they made, which stars a Caucasian redhead, and then they put a Black person. So it's going to take you out of the experience. Whether mm -hmm. or not she's a good actress or not, her being black is going to take you out of the experience because they told you, think about our original movie when you watch this one. We want you thinking about that one. And I said, if they just made another version of The Little Mermaid, this wouldn't be a problem. But they want me to think about their original version of Ariel, who is one of the most well-known characters in all of Disney. Mm -hmm. And um, that would that's going to ruin immersion. And that in itself isn't necessarily a movie ruiner. But the problem is that this type of thing has been going on for years. So people, when they now see it, they think, oh, that's going to be a bad movie because every time they have forced diversity, it well, not every time, but. Most of the time when there's forced diversity, it's a bad movie. So they associate forced diversity with bad media. And that was basically my take. And the guy misrepresented it and I caught back and then he disowned the video that he made. So he, he nice. no longer really you got him. Yeah. You stomped Victory. him out and you chased him off the internet. Shady. Uh, well, I didn't, he's still, his channel is still there. Also, he's a very small YouTuber. Like he didn't have any, any clout or anything, mm. but um, you know, I, you punch I applaud people when they say, Hey, I changed my mind. I, I made a mistake, you know? Right. I, I, I think it's fine. Okay. Wow. That's good. That's so rare. And plus, like I said, it was fun. Like I, I became really passionate when I saw that video. I was like, oh yes, time to make something. You were <laughs> waiting. You're like, I can't <laughs> wait for someone to say some bullshit about me. <laughs> I said this when I was talking to uh when I was talking to Mahler. I was like, 
um, don't you get excited when somebody calls you out? Because that gives you a chance to respond. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good attitude to have. Yeah, right. a lot of small channels do call out Mahler all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, you know, I never really Google our channel or our names to see if people are making response videos. So every once in a while, someone will send us some response video and I'll watch a little bit of it. And if it's just not, if it doesn't capture my attention, I just move on. And that happens 90% of the time. So mm -hmm. I do, but like I said, it doesn't happen to me a lot. I'm sitting here waiting with bated breath for somebody to call me out. And well, it doesn't happen it to us a lot come. either. So you gotta say, you gotta be more controversial. You gotta like, uh, like trick people into doing it. A lot of people say like, I'm controversial. Like, uh, like a lot of people used to call me base because of the, the takes I had. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if my takes are really controversial. I just think we live in, in a day and age where, uh, moderate thinking is considered controversial at this point. Of course. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. You got to up the game. You got to be more controversial. Are you going to put out a video supporting one of the candidates for president? No. I'm, that I'm would a, get you some response. Yeah, but that's like forced. <laughs> that has nothing sure. to do with my channel. Do people know who you support? Do people know if you, you voted for Trump or not? People do not know who I support. Because oh, okay. it's, it's not really part of the Shady D-Rags brand to talk about who I support. Look, mm -hmm. I voted for Kanye and everyone knows it. So that I'm was a, a mistake, I'm a, Adam. I'm a proud Kanye voter. Are you? You used to be, not anymore. Not well, I mean, look, that's all water under the bridge. He's no longer anti Semitic. No, no, he became anti Semitic again. You you're not keeping up. What? Yeah, sorry. This guy's a flip flopper. He's worse <laughs> than Mitt Rod Romney. Oh He's my goodness. I use you guys to keep up with my political stuff. If you're mm -hmm. not caught up, how am I supposed to stay caught up? I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> well, it's Kanye, so he'll be back to being anti or non anti anti Semitic. <laughs> anti anti Semitic? I'm not sure about that. We'll he'll be back to anti anti Semitic or Semitic in, you know, <laughs> give it a week or so. Mm -hmm. To be fair, I don't think Kanye is caught up with Kanye. That's also true, yeah. Yeah. That's insane. So are you following po politics? Are you interested in politics? Aside from listening to us talk about I was going to say, I'm going to give him a second to think about that question. Aside from us, yeah. <laughs> well, look, I, I don't, I don't want to ask you a bunch of political questions, because obviously you know our views and stuff like that, but... We, I we, follow I don't politics, know. sure. Um, yeah. I do follow politics. I the Shady do-rags in itself is not very political i do right. some i do sometimes say political but, but the montreux man. the creative behind it yeah. i'm interested in living in my country so i right you know when news comes up that i think is uh pertinent i i listen to it and i form an opinion um i'm not very vocal about it because it, it like i said it's not part of my brand the only person mm -hmm. i'm people i'm vocal about it is like people in my personal life right uh, yeah What's your most contentious political take? That see, that's a question I was trying to avoid asking. I've I've never said my co most contentional contention political take, but the the most contention I can't say the word the most uh, non popular political yes. yeah contentious was the word I was looking for the most contentious political take I have said on the internet was mm -hmm. that anything involving gender I don't support. 
it's nonsense to me. Oh, right. okay. that is getting less contentious though now, which I right. I'm I'm firmly in favor of. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I I said that way back in 2021. Oh, that's say? when you got complete. 20, that's... 2022, one of those years. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, it is getting a, a lot less. Um, like I said, I like I said in that thing, like I don't bring it up to like attack people or anything but i just want that opinion to be out there because if somebody wants to collab with me and they say well you have to say my pronouns i'm going to tell them no i i I mean that was the first thing i told you guys like i don't use pronouns uh i i think they're bad for society um or personal pronouns you know obviously regular pronouns i i use yeah no i'm just anti all pronouns Everyone got to be known by their name. You just or said their I. genitals. We use pro. It, it is a weird thing because some like we'll have trans people on the show and we'll use the pronouns and people will be all offended that we're using their pronouns. Like we're living in some delusional state. But I just well, I feel like look, I understand we're talking to a biological male here that presents as a as a female. It's just we do it, you know, just to to as an etiquette thing. Yeah, but it's, I, you know, it's ahead. polite. Like if I was in the middle of like a stream and then somebody else who was in the stream was like, please use my personal pronouns. And I hadn't told them beforehand, I would do it because of, of etiquette. It's why I always say beforehand that I don't do that stuff right. because, you know, causing contention in the moment, there's, there's no point. I understand why people get upset because by using personal pronouns, you're, uh, for lack of a better term, abiding by their worldview. And a lot of people think that is not helping the situation, that people abide by their worldview, which is why I don't do it, because I don't want to abide by people's world. I don't I don't want to support that in, in any way, shape or form. How is um, it? But it, how is it? Because this is this is a contentious thing. Like, you know, we'll have Brown and Wuan, we'll have Taftaj on. They obviously, you know, to my sensibilities, pass as female. So I have no problem using she her pronouns i guess we never really had someone on that they're like call me they which mm. i think is difficult and we've talked we've reviewed videos with trans people in them and have had i mean we've had mess ups uh innocent mess ups but i just as how is that if i call brianna Wu she her how am i how is that accepting her worldview because i don't i don't know that she even brianna Wu doesn't even buy into the self-id argument she she thinks look in order for you to transition you have to have gender dysphoria you have to you have she doesn't think you can just assert that you're the opposite gender and and do nothing else accepting is i don't know if i use the term accepting um, if I did, then it was probably the wrong word to use. Validating is probably a better term. Well, look, I, uh, I do. I think there's two worldviews in conflict here. I think there are people that, that feel gender dysphoria is like a mental illness. It affects a certain number of the population. They aren't actually magically turning into the opposite sex. You know, they do reassignment surgeries and all these different things, but they, they, they're content with the fact that they are still whatever their birth sex was. They don't think like there's this magical process going on. And then there are, I mean, really kind of, I don't know, just out there kind of delusional people who think 
but they are like the biological sex. You understand the well, difference there, right? Well, here's the thing. Do you believe in the concept of gender? Just gender. Gender as mm -hmm. I think the I think that the yeah, yes, I do. I believe that I think the that it's useful to separate gender as the behavior the um like archetypal behavior of the biological sex so i think it is useful to separate gender from biological sex just as a as a social construct All right so some people don't uh i don't want to say believe that's a bad mm -hmm. term but for lack of a better term some people don't believe in gender um and here's how I like to explain the concept to people. Um, Cause it's like, you have biological sex, obviously. Um, and then over time, because of bio, you know, biological sexes were different at doing different things and they like doing different things. Uh, so it became associated in our minds that if you're this biological sex, you're probably going to do this thing that your biological sex is known for doing. Uh, they describe it as gender. So that means that if you are a male, but you like doing female things, then you can, rep you can, uh, this is just an example. It's a very basic example, a uh, basic example. Uh, so if you're male and you like doing female things, you can identify as a female uh, because your gender is how you identify. It's not what you actually are. Um, that's how they view it. And then I view it as, okay, well, um, I want to identify as a tall guy. And it's like, oh, that's silly. You know, we don't have social norms for tall people. Uh, excuse me, I am six foot seven. Yes, we do have social norms for tall people. We treat pe tall people very differently than how we treat short people. And it's like, what about age? It's like, well, we treat older people very differently than how we treat younger people. The concept of gender for the people on, again, for lack of a better term, on the side that I'm representing right now, in of of itself, does it make sense? And so to validate that concept gets a lot of people upset. That's me trying to explain that. Uh, I'm not, I need everyone well, no, no. to understand because a lot of you think I'm experts on stuff. I'm not an expert on this. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain how I view it. <laughs> no, I think, I think you did great. Look, I, I get what you're saying. If you look at even the example that you gave, if you say, I'm not really tall, okay, I'm I'm 5'10", but I'm going to start identifying as 6'4", okay, I'm going to get, you know, big lifts in my shoes and I'm going to be 6'4 wherever I go. I do think people will start treating you like you're 6'4", like you're so whatever whatever six, four privilege you, you experience, or I guess you said you're six, seven, I think you will start experiencing that, that people will treat you as if you are taller, but I don't, obviously it's, it, there is some deception going on here. You're not actually tall. You're going to take your shoes off and everyone's going to realize, oh, I've been deceived. I, I, I do think that that, I, 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 that is what's going on when uh, there is an opposite situation between gender and sex, which there is sorry, a lot I, of people have. I a looked at your cat and it scared me. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, a lot of people, a lot of people, they have like, they're, they're, they understand that their biological sex is male and they're, 
they're presenting, behaving as female, and they're aware that there is this, well, I think a lot of people, well, some people are cool with the deception. Some people are, they don't want to deceive anybody. So they're just upfront with I'm trans. Like, you know what you're getting into. I guess it's a big controversy, even in the trans community on whether or not it, this is a acceptable behavior or an unacceptable behavior. But I do, I, I just, I think that that split is, is useful and it allows us to say, you know, all of the stuff that's coming down with swimming and, and different, you know, uh, trans women in sports, so many people have picked up very quickly. They're like, okay, I can't call them male or female. Cause that's gender. I have to call, Oh, actually it is male and female. I can't call him he or she or man or woman, but I can say that's a biological male or that's a biological female. I'm using the sex termination. But I just think so, as long as you're, as long as you're clear about all that, you're not giving, you can use people's pronouns and, and you're not just blanketly accepting the self ID worldview. Go ahead. So, uh, there's a couple of things there. I'm trying to keep my brain together because I forget things very quickly. Um, uh, yep. There it goes. Forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> remember the other thing okay so the other thing that i was going to say um so you don't believe there's any deception with presenting as uh, the opposite gender well i think there is if you're if you pass extremely well and you know you're going out with someone and they think they're dating a biological female and you've got a surprise for them obviously or you know the other uh, the other way around you think you're dating a biological male and they you're getting a of uh, it's they're really a biological female that there is obviously that deception and i i've seen trans people obviously uh cis people are gonna argue over this because they're gonna be the targets of this deception but i've seen everyone arguing over whether or not this deception is morally acceptable i don't think it's morally acceptable shady how do you feel uh what's morally acceptable for the deception to take place for somebody well, I, who's like i trained. said anything involving gender <laughs> I, I disagree with gender on its concept right i think it's a flawed concept I, I i think they're applying that to only sex when it can be applied to every biological aspect and people don't do it to every biological aspect because there's something in them telling them it doesn't make sense though they have started to they have we have started to see trans race racials um but i think that's like people don't take it as far as it should go. Um, and I did, I remember what I was going to ask earlier, which was why can't we just call them feminine boys or masculine females? Well, they want, they want to identify as the opposite sex. I just, it, a trans, it would, it would be odd to call a trans woman a feminine man. I mean, just calling Blair White a feminine man or or ta Tavtaj a feminine man just doesn't. I mean, they're so obvious. They're so feminine that it just. I don't know. It kind of breaks my brain to even try. So, uh, the the my 
trying to say is try to say this properly because like i said i don't like being misrepresented but it seems to me that we can't call them feminine men or masculine females is because that's not what they want to be they want to be the opposite sex right which they are not the opposite sex so you're calling them something they're not right which to me and uh which to me is a delusion right that's basically where my mind goes with that logic yeah yeah no i just i get it like some people are adamantly against it some people don't they're like i'm I'm not going to use pronouns i'm not going to accept this in any way shape or form these are not women these are biological males i mean i agree they're biological males but i just well i think sorry no you go i'm I'm very eager and i keep interrupting you i'm sorry uh i think one day science will become advanced enough to change everything like you won't be able you won't using our scientific definitions of male and female i think one day it'll be so advanced that you can change everything and you won't be able to tell in any way shape or form uh when that day comes then i can do the labeling thing to me it's a miss it's a a misconstruct it's a misrepresentation of reality and they're asking you to participate and i don't think that's healthy for them and i don't think that's healthy for society see i I I don't see it that way i think teach rather than teaching them that they can be something they aren't teach them to love what they are well imagine mm -hmm. imagine teaching me like uh, this could be an absurd example but imagine teaching me hey you really want to be white you can be white you don't love the fact that what you are you can be white like that's it, it on its head it sounds ridiculous but the concept is the same using sex well Mm -hmm. look let's use that example okay it's going to be more difficult for you to be white shady because you're darker but there are plenty of black people that are right at the line like they could definitely pass as white so passing ultimately has a lot to do with it there are trans people who you know they don't pass well so it's it's it really screams this is a delusion but well, there are is some it right people, to teach them that is where I'm going. Right. Well, I just I think <laughs> passing is I mean it's nobody ever wants to talk about passing but I think passing has a lot to do with this here. Sitch, what are, what are you Well, the, I think so I think what I would say to to what you're saying shady is that um it re- like originally the whole point supposedly from a medical standpoint was that you have this mental illness, gender dysphoria that makes people have this sensation, this feeling that they're born the wrong gender or they want to be the other gender. And it's so strong that it creates like depression, anxiety, suicidal tendencies, all this like horrible stuff to it. And supposedly there wasn't, didn't seem to be a way to alleviate those symptoms via what we would think of as like traditional psychological treatment, you know, talk therapy, you know, giving people drugs, blah, 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 blah. And supposedly, the only treatment that seemed to provide some level of, uh, you know, alleviating those feelings was the transition process. This is for people that actually have it, because I think that a lot of people have been overdiagnosed. So 
that would be the explanation as to why, or that'd be the possible answer is to say like, well, why are we like teaching people this? It's like, well, we don't have an alternative yet. So this is the alternative that we do, where if we did have an alternative, then then that would lead to the question of, well, if you can give someone a pill that cures their generous dysphoria, is it morally, medically right to then do the transition process at that point? Mm. So which I would say probably not, but we're not there yet. So Look, and I do think some people, like they're more into identifying as trans. Like if they could do a perfect you know a perfect swap and become the opposite sex Mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't do it (laughs) they're like yeah some people i think well it gets complicated because it's like okay so the people that like the people you're talking about are those people that are don't actually have gender dysphoria and they're just people that want to be like different they have some other sort of psychological pressure you know Mm -hmm. uh, motivating them to engage in transitioning which I would say if they do, I don't think should be allowed to transition because it's a medical procedure for a medical condition at that point. Um, or is it that there are people that have gender dysphoria legitimately, but they know that they won't necessarily, or they believe that they won't necessarily pass. And so therefore they kind of like convince themselves as a psychological defense mechanism that like, well, I like to look, you know, in between, right? And so it becomes very difficult to parse out who everyone is, what's motivating them in, in everything. Yeah. Mm. So. Hey, Shady, you brought up race. Do you feel comfortable talking about race? Do I feel comfortable talking about it? I mean, yeah. sure. Well, I just want to look, I'm curious what you think of uh, content creators like FD Signifier. I have never heard of him. Oh, really? You've never watched his content? Nope. It's just, he, he goes around and he's like, I mean, I, I think he's been on our channel a couple times and I look, I don't want to throw any shade at FD signifier. I, he's a, he's like a Marxist socialist, uh, black content creator. Like he'd probably just shudder at this conversation that we're having about trans people because hmm. he's, su- he's super pro, uh, pro trans, but it, it always bugs me because I think we were having a conversation about black conservatives and I just, he has this attitude that like he, he is the voice of the black people. Like he speaks for the black community and it always bugs me. And I was just curious if you had a take on that. Uh, I mean, I've never heard of what he says. Maybe he does speak for the black community. I <laughs> doubt anyone speaks for the black community. Well, that was my personally, take. personally, I don't really can. This is going to sound really weird, uh, but let me fully explain it. I don't really consider myself a part of the black community. Okay, uh, well, I just, look, that's interesting. How dare you? I just see myself as a person who is black. Um, but okay, perfect. like, you know, technically I am a black person and uh, just, I don't know, because like a lot of stuff that the black community says, I don't necessarily agree with. So I def- I'm definitely not the speaker of the black community. I can tell you that much right now. Um, well, th- but, no, this is great. I'm glad I brought it up because well, I do. It, it's, it's interesting to me because some people very much, you know, identify with their race and some hmm. people like, I, I don't really identify with my race. I know some, you know, white people do identify with their race a lot of times in bad ways, obviously. <laughs> so it's interesting, but FD signifier, he totally identifies with his race, obviously. 
Right. Well, I want to say two things, one and two. Um, but in one, um, I don't think that F... I, my interpretation is not that FTC and if I were saying that he's the voice of like blackness. It's that he's sort of... I'm assuming it sounds he like totally when we talk does. to him... What are you talking about? I'm just going to say, okay, you can, that can be your interpretation. My interpretation is that he's sort of invoking the CRT idea that like, if you don't have these beliefs, you're selling out your blackness to try to get white, you know, whiteness, right? Which is funny because right. you were saying like, oh, I can never be white. I'm like, well, in CRT, you could be, right? Like this, the CRT belief is that, you know, to be black isn't just like a skin color, but it's to adhere to some sort of cultural attitude or cultural idea. And if you don't do that, you're like betraying your race, so to speak. Right. And so that's kind of my interpretation of that. I would say he's misusing the word black, but you know. I I, I would agree. Um, but the the second thing that I was gonna say kind of about well, I was gonna ask you, it was interesting because you know, you say you don't really like associate yourself uh, you know, with being black. Is that like is this just the way you've always been? Is that did something happened to you that made you feel that way? Not like I, I think it's just the way I've always been. Like I grew <laughs> obviously I well, it's not obvious, uh, but I grew up in a black <laughs> family, but they they didn't really push in my blackness. Like mm -hmm. you know, th there are some there's a lot about me that's traditionally black. Yes, I love chicken. Uh yes, I play <laughs> basketball. I can't say that. Um I love chicken. I absolutely can. That's uh, everyone loves chicken, okay? <laughs> that's everyone loves that's a racist chicken. stereotype, Shady. How dare you? Well, I mean, if the boot fits, uh, there you go. Look, I, I don't, I don't get that because, like, who doesn't like chicken? Like, chicken is amazing. I don't know. I mean, me. everybody likes chicken, but who loves chicken? Right. There you um, go. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, the, you know, some black stereotypes were introduced to me throughout my whole life, but I never really had people say like, "Blackness is your heritage." My mm -hmm. my family was specific on uh, Christianity, and um, I had people who actually appreciated uh, the American aspect of living. Um, yeah, I remember uh, my dad. My dad's no longer alive, but he used to talk about like, like people don't say this. Like it's a taboo to say what I'm about to say, but he used to talk about like ugh, I might get in so much trouble for saying this. Uh -oh. He used to he used to talk about like what would have happened if slavery didn't happen? Would mm -hmm. we still be living in Africa? And, Ooh, okay interesting and, and it's like i i can like i'm proud of my nationality because like to me that helps shapes my environment who i am and whatnot mm -hmm. um but and i i appreciate like some of the things in black culture like i do like rapping and hip-hop and whatnot um but it's never been associated with my identity. If any, mm, excuse me, if anything, I've used it as a kind of uh, jumping off point because, you know, part of the look of shady durags is that I look like a gangster, but I'm an extremely huge nerd. So that's right. part of the joke of the channel. And when I was in college, like I was the first one to make racist jokes, especially about black people. So mm -hmm. I've, I've never seen it as part of who, as part of my identity, but I acknowledge that it exists, you know, and I, and I was taught at a young age, like, you know, racism exists and there are people out there who will hate you just because you're black. And I was shown like the horrible atrocities that happened to black people just because they were black. But the aspect of being black has never personally been a part of my identity. My identity mm -hmm. has always been associated with either my religion, um, my nationality or my hobbies.
Right. Are so, you still a Christian now? Yes. Though oh, okay. it might be more accurate to say I'm agnostic, but I mm-hmm. consider myself a Christian. I'm I'm curious because like I tend to think it's kind of weird, like wokeness is weird because I, I would tend to think of the adhering to a race as an identity. Because I've never, you know, uh, really adhered to, you know, whiteness, right? It's like, oh, it's an important part of my identity. Um either. Um, but I, I, I think, or I would want to think that wanting to adhere to race as an important part of your identity would push you more on a conservative moral intuition. Cause it's kind of more like the idea of looking back into like a, like your tradition and kind of like a traditional orientation of a society or of a group or a collective of people. So I'm kind of curious cause you know, you cast yourself or you said that you're kind of like center, right. Um, but you don't have any association with like that at all. So do you view yourself as someone who looks as tradition as like important at all? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I think that's my default, but mm-hmm. I look at things as they come. Uh, tradition can be important, but it can also, you know, some things overstay their welcome. Uh, I right. think tradition is there for a reason. And if you're trying to get rid of it, examine the reason maybe it's no longer necessary to have that tradition but Mm -hmm. by default i do tend to like tradition well kind of so i'm kind of sort of in the middle this is why i consider myself center right because new things come along and i like new things i see the potential you know ai is a conversation i'm willing to have with a lot of people i see the potential in new things uh tradition isn't always the best we need to examine things but i i do think there is a bit of a bias in me for tradition, but it's really difficult to say. I I, I feel like I'm very center on that question. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. What what were the what's the hierarchy of identities that you had there, Shady? It, the first one was religion, Christianity. American I, was the second, I believe. I said uh, religion, Christianity, nationality, American, and my hobbies. Okay, yeah, nerd culture, right? Yeah. <laughs> As, I think, as well as mm-hmm. as as well as like I'm a, I'm an introvert, so that that kind of shapes my hobbies. Uh, you know, I don't go out and party and stuff. So part of my identity is like I I sit and chill and play video games and watch Netflix or whatever. It I think it's, it's actually a very interesting question that you asked Adam. Um, how do you know to ask different people? How do you like rank your identity? You know, what is the the hierarchy? Because I think I would put look race is not even in the top four here. Right. Like I would, for myself personally, I would put my interest as number one. And then I think I'd yeah. put my nationality as number two. Sorry. I wasn't doing that in order. My, oh, okay. okay. Right. My interests are number one. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so you think nerd, so nerd is the top one and Christian is second. I, I would say nerd introvert or geek introvert nerds in there too, but geek introvert, uh, geek introvert, nerd. Um, nationality and then religion's probably my last? religion is okay. what I have been. <laughs> I went, re, re, the, the thing is, like I said, I kind of consider myself agnostic more than I do uh, Christian. So religion is. I mentioned religion because most of my life that was my identity. As I tr- get older, it becomes less and less. Look, this we Sitch and I kind of got in a fight over uh, Christianity and the where the. <laughs> what Christianity is based on. And I kind of had this revelation. I was thinking out uh, about it. It kind of just dawned on me days later, just kind of an uh, epiphany. I was thinking it, the reason why 
that got under my skin so bad is because that is a core identity. Even though I identify as atheist, I do identify as Christian, uh, Christian, and I can't escape it because my parents are Christian, like my whole family's Christian, all the friends I, I've known my entire life were Christian. So it's just it's such a it's such a ingrained part of my psychology that it's just I I can't escape it. It is part mm. of my identity, even though even though I I would like to say, you know, I'm an atheist and I'm above it all and I don't believe it. How would any you uh tier rank your identities, Adam? That is that's a tough one. I mean, obviously Christian would be in there, um, mm -hmm. nationality would be in there. I mean art yeah, I guess artist is artist is like my top ranking. I'm an artist mm -hmm. before anything. It's interesting that you put introvert in there. I I mean I, I think of myself as an extrovert, but I, I wouldn't really rank it as an I part of my identity. I do think I guess maybe artist, maybe workaholic, maybe American, maybe Christian. That might be the order. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, make it yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah, the it's it is it is um it is weird that we do have these kind of hidden identities. And I guess I think a lot of people do, and you, you've kind of escaped this shady, but I think a, a lot of people do kind of have resentment that the world sees them as a particular race, even though they would like to not think of it. So that's what, where the idea that white privilege comes from. I think people well, who do have this, go, go ahead. What's your response? I wouldn't say I escaped it. I'm just mm -hmm. on the opposite side. People right. say to me all the time, how are you black and you don't mm -hmm. support BLM? How are you black? Mm -hmm. And oh, you, you know, they see the skin color right. and they think that's black. so painful. That's so painful. What is, I don't know what, what is like the white equivalent of that? I don't know that there is. Cause look what, uh, as a white person, you're not thought to have any particular political affiliation you're not like forced into a political affiliation that's one of the things that's the most can you handle spicy foods i love spicy foods like I'm, how are uh, you white i know i mean i'm insane <laughs> one of the reasons why i think i look as as young as i do is because i'm just i'm crazy for spicy food oh, what? yeah what's that to do with looking young well s spicy food kills uh various parasites and whatnot Various you bacteria. think you're killing the unhealthy aging parasites? <laughs> yeah, look, I went what what I went went to my girlfriend one of those late night trips to the taqueria when I was, right. I mean I must have been. Well, listen, if you're if you're getting from some cart on the the side of L.A. you know street, maybe you should put a lot of spices on that food. Look, I think I I must have been. I think when I was 16, I was getting stoned with my girlfriend. We went yeah. to we went to the taqueria, and it was mm -hmm. always just culturally, it was like. You don't touch the jalapenos, okay? The jalapenos are there as decoration, right? Right. And I thought, you know, I'm going to try those jalapenos. And man, my mouth was on fire. Like, eyes were watering. But it was just such an amazing experience that ever since then, I'm just like, I go for it. I did yeah. every, every spicy meal. I ate the meal that I ate right before this. I was eating a jalapeno that was making me cry. So I can't mm -hmm. handle spice. <laughs> wow listen i love spicy food too what the hell what's happening here this is is it, oh my but God. is that 
Is that like a thing? I don't even, is that a stereotype of black people that they like spicy food? Well, non-whites are supposed to, like black, Hispanic, anything is supposed right. to like spicy food. It's supposed to be specifically white people who can't handle spice. Right. But right. I couldn't handle it growing up because it made me sick. And then as an adult, like I just don't like burning my tongue. Like I, I can handle like mild buffalo sauce, but it, not clear much higher than that. Out, you know? <laughs> Oh, no that, that would explain it. That would explain why I look so old and why my sinuses are always stuffed up. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, you got to get some spicy food. Adam is correct. Oh, my look, God. My, I was, I, my nose was running earlier. I, yeah, no, it completely cleared out my sinuses. It was great. Mm -hmm. It was like a medical treatment. Yeah. Someone said Shady's the whitest person in the call. I'm transracial. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Why don't I guess I'm like I'm trans on that because my spicy mayo is like the best thing in the world. So that's like the best of both worlds right there. That's supposed to get rid of spice. I mean, then again, I love spicy stuff with chocolate because the immediate satisfaction feels so good. That's I don't think I've ever had a spicy chocolate dish before. I haven't really? had it in a while. I, I might not like it anymore, but I used to love it uh, growing up. I used to sweet get and wings and then get like the ice cream or something. Yeah, no, I've had sweet, sweet and spicy is good. And spicy. I've never, I've never had yeah, salt, salty and sweet is the, my favorite of all taste combinations. Yeah, you know, that's what I meant you, to say. Yeah. You take the, the fries or the chicken tenders and you dip them in the milkshake, right? Yes. Oh my God. So good. And then if oh, you get yeah. the, the hot, cause I remember back in the day, you used, used to get like the spicy BK chicken fries and you'd put them in the, uh, the milkshake and oh my God. So, so horribly delicious and d horrible for your body. But that it's was before that was when I could partake in dairy. Sad. It's that point in the stream where we start talking about food. I know we're starting to get hungry. But... Mm -hmm. So Ew, did we, did we finish? Relax. What Spicy happened? mayo and sushi is delicious. Yes, that is true. So did did you say everything you want to say on trans stuff, Sitch? I don't. We didn't. Uh, uh yeah, I guess so. We kind of transitioned into ah! identity. Ah! Hey, woo! <laughs> I, okay. it is on that subscriber as i lost it is yeah look none of us none of us said uh man i think as one of our identities yeah um, you know it's i don't that, think of, that's, that's true i don't really Mascul yeah, I, masculinity I is not very high for me yeah like, i don't blame anyone who masculinity is high for them but it's not for me it, it i guess it's there but it's like I don't know, maybe in the top. If we 50. asked Andrew Tate, wouldn't wouldn't masculinity have to be at the top of his identity list? Yes. And you have to say, like, at I'm least that's what man. you would say. Right. Well, it's funny because like, I mean, I'm gonna guess that, you know, the three of us, we probably are very stereotypical in terms of like like masculine traits. But but yeah, I don't think either of us any of us thinks of ourselves as like that's a super important part of us, is to like think of ourselves as a man. Yeah. Because we're all beta, I guess. We're all soy. Well, I was thinking. I mean, I'm twenty. I don't think I would soy, want so. to be feminine. Right. Um, so if if I did something that was feminine, I would probably feel shame. But I don't go out of my way <laughs> to be masculine. Like I think masculinity is it's somewhere in there, but it's not like at the top. Yeah. Sure. 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 Well. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm trying to think of what was something. What some stereotypical feminine thing is. Like maybe ordering something and completely adding like 20 different things onto the 
onto the order, like ordering. Wow, you, you went deep. You could just wear a dress. <laughs> are you, are you, how do you guys feel about substitutions at restaurants? I mean, I think, um, I think a little bit of it's fine, but I, some people take it too far. Okay. Okay. I try not to be an inconvenience to others. Um, That's so a very feminine I, trait though. No, it's Is the it? opposite. What are you talking about? I, I, Every I time... feel like men are more like that. Yeah, it's funny. It can actually go in either direction. Because it's funny. You could say, well, it's a it's a masculine trait to just take what you're given and grin and bear it. Yeah, and a feminine totally. trait to you know be like the world should change to my whims. However, you could say, well, wait a minute. It's a feminine trait to be like, oh, well, I don't want to cause an inconvenience, right? I, you know, I don't want to. You know, I'll just take whatever they give me. And a masculine trait to assert your dominance and demand whatever you want. So it can kind I of mean, go in either direction. Sure, but is there a male equivalent to Karen? No, but you yeah. know why? Because of sexism. <laughs> That's why. Because when a man says what he wants and wants to speak the life's manager, nobody gets in his way. They say, yes, sir. Oh, well, that makes sense then. There you go. We just haven't uh, labeled Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> so you Back. work, you do creative stuff, Shady. Do you think of yourself as an artist at all? Yeah. YouTubing's okay. artistry. Okay. So our, an ar artistry would be on that identity hierarchy somewhere. Uh, Yeah, it would be higher if I got back into drawing. Because um, I used to love drawing, but I haven't done it in so long. But yes, I consider myself an artist. And yeah. Nice. Do you have a digital drawing pad? Yes. That I spent a lot of money on and I haven't used it in a while. <laughs> oh. Oh man, I live and die by my digital drawing pad. I used to draw all the time traditional and I moved over to digital and it's just, oh man, it's, it's like drawing superpower. So you should, uh, you should give it a try. You should dip into it. Uh, I want to get back into it. It's, it's one of those things I want to get back into. We had an argument about that, Adam. Do you remember? Cause I don't consider myself an artist. Mm-hmm. And you were like, you are totally an artist, Sitch. Yeah. I've seen your old channel, Sitch. You're definitely an artist. Thank you. Look, Thank Shady, you. Shady agrees with me here. Listen, you guys, are, you're misappropriating these labels, okay? I don't identify as an artist, and I'd appreciate it if you, uh, you know. I, I don't know if you're an artist in regards to this channel, because I know a lot of the stuff with the, mm -hmm. the artistry stuff Adam does. That's but true. on your old yeah. channel, you're definitely an artist. Thank you. Look, One guys, day I'll make videos again. Yeah, I'm I'm stepping up our light graphic design. I was actually thinking about how I can make uh, blunty flies uh, smoke animate. Oh I want God. him. I want him puffing on his. I want him puffing on his big ass blunt. Mm -hmm. Do you use uh, OBS? Yes. Yeah. 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 Just you just have a, a gift. PNGs. Yes. You, yeah, no. you can use a gift. I, I haven't gotten gift. into gifts, but yeah, you can just use a gift. Shady, yeah. you can do the animation on your in your no. clip studio. <laughs> Why don't you help me out? Because I don't like to do anything like drug related. Look, even a, if name, it's like, a name like he's trying to avoid these stereotypes, Adam. Here. A gangster <laughs> like Shady Do Rags? Come on, you know how to add The whole point puff is puff. that I'm not. <laughs> the whole point is that I look it and then I'm like, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> well, wait. Is, so, okay. Here's question: Is that your normal, like, everyday aesthetic, or is that just for the channel? I'm a I'm a geek. 
Mm-hmm. So, oh, you mean the shades and the do-rags? Yes. It was yes. when I first started uh, the channel. Right. I, I wore shades and do-rags all the time. Oh, okay. uh, but as I got older, I stopped wearing them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I, and also uh, I don't go out. So well, I don't have based a <laughs> to wear a man after my own heart. All right. Listen, the outside world, there's nothing nice out there, right? Stay I mean, there's lots of nice stuff. It's nah. just I don't gel with the nice stuff out there. It can uh, come to you, right? <laughs> All the nice things can come to you, okay? Anyway. Look, I don't want to dox you, but can you tell us like approximately where you live and or is it out there? Maybe people already know where you live. I'm in Los Angeles, uh, so. I mean, I could probably tell y'all privately. I don't want to put oh, okay. it out there. Yeah, that's okay. cool. I was just going to say there's certain, like in LA, you know, you're wearing your red bandana in certain areas. It's like, get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Eagle I should say this last time though, uh, mm-hmm. so I can say it again. I I did used to live in Florida, Sitch. Oh, nice. Florida, a Florida man like myself, or a former Florida man, I should say. Yeah, like I don't consider myself a Floridian anymore because I went down there and it was so freaking hot. I was <laughs> like, this this used to be my life. What happened? You spent it. You spent it like a couple of years away, and you're like, "How did I ever live like this? What is this hell?" <laughs> it was so funny because, like, I remember when I went out to LA with Adam and some other people. Like, it was hot, and they're all like whining, and I'm like, "This is amazing. There's no humidity. What? This is not hot at all. You guys are crazy." The dry heat. Now it's actually cold here. It kind of sucks. Thank goodness oh, it's only gonna this... last a couple weeks. So it'll be uh, good. Eagle Ox for $10 says, Shady is so based and awesome. I agree completely. People are people. Cultural values, beliefs, and morals are miles above race in terms of what to evaluate about someone. Keep being you, Shady. Hmm. Now, to be fair, like, if you go back far enough, yeah. like, it, it's easy to get your race associated with your culture. Right. He says, I don't think we live in that time anymore. It's like, oh, you're, you're black? Well, you're not allowed to associate with the culture of white people. Right. I don't think we live in that time anymore. I agree. And I think, I mean, to me, that's why I think America is so based is that the whole idea is that you can adapt the American identity regardless of, you know, race or or ethnic grouping or whatever. Yeah, this is why I don't like CRT as much as I don't like it is because I do want skin color to become as unimportant as like hair color or eye color. Like you don't, you don't think, oh, that person's a blonde. Like there's a blonde culture, right? It just, it's right. We should have an American culture. We do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is shocking. I don't know why. There's a shocking amount of Floridians in our audience. (laughs) I have no clue why that is. They sense my Florida energy, maybe, but it's interesting disproportionate amount of Floridians. Well, Florida uh, politically is pretty like closer to you guys florida is a swing state though look we should has it been recently we should no it should still be a swing state and we Mm -hmm. should leverage that to our advantage we should be like be nice to us or we're going to tell our whole audience to vote for trump there's like no way trump's not going to win florida in 2024 i think our whole audience (laughs) probably is voting for trump already right also i think that's illegal you what no way we can uh, we can tell our audience to do look but you can tell your audience to do that when you coerce somebody say be nice to us or we'll do it i think that's illegal oh it is 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably I'm not. Expert. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, it is coercion. I do agree with that part. Listen, it's worth it. It's so weird. You get, I mean, I don't even really think of us as having a big audience. There's so many bigger audiences out there, but That's people true. are, people are going to go crazy this year with the election. Yep. They, that's why, that's why so many people want to police us and put us into a category, you know, define who you are, who you're voting for. Let me shame you into not endorsing the person I want everyone to vote for because they see our audience as just like numbers that they can appropriate in the democratic column or the Republican column. Well, I can't stand know, they that say stuff. Media's downstream and all that. Mm -hmm. or is it upstream i forget it's one of those. it's on a stream they say, with they politics, say politics they say politics is downstream from culture mm. i don't know if it's true but i've heard people say that i believe it i think a lot of uh people's environment influences how they think if you get like those few who are actually free thinkers mm -hmm. and can question things but most like the, the majority of people are influenced by their environment. Uh, I use this quote all the time from men in black. It's like a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky creatures and you know it. It's right. true. Yeah. yeah. Individual person is good, but a group. Bad. This is why you're You have the based liberalism mindset of individuality. See, like the, some people have said that like shady, I don't know if you're a conservative, you sound, uh, you sound like a uh, uh, liberal to me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get too, too hung up on the political labels. Most labels I do get hung up, but on the political ones, I'm like, I just call myself <laughs> conservative because before I really got into anything, I wasn't conservative. So I just kind of keep the label. Right. Well, no, I, I didn't say liberal. I said liberalism, you know, the I, concept I don't, of, you know, I don't the, even know the labels well uh, enough. <laughs> yeah. The, the liberalism is like the, you know, the enlightenment idea of, you know, we're that the, we should be maximizing individual freedoms. We should think of ourselves as individuals as opposed to parts of, you know, our race or country or whatever. So mm. conservatives anyway, are trying to conserve liberal principles like free speech and stuff like they that. They can be, they definitely yeah. can be. Yeah. Mm. CT said that we need to give you a better intro a proper Me? intro yeah for our well because for our channel trailer we're gonna have a thing where like we have every person that's ever been on yeah so, we want to include you because you're cool right. as fuck so okay mm -hmm. let me let me let me give you the intro <coughs> hey now <Whoa>. oh <laughs> you ruined it hey now it's shady do rags what's up hey that's hello not. how do you do <laughs> That's not. That, that's up. actually not a good intro. What is the intro? You do it, Adam. I don't know what the fuck. What is a proper well, nine, intro? Nine times out of ten, I know what a proper intro is. I don't even know. I don't know it's what a not proper a intro is. You no. have you? Did you look at? I don't. I don't know. If CT sent you a thing of the thing. No. What is the a proper thing intro? of the thing? What is the thing? We just say. Well, you usually turn it over to me, and I say, and we're here with a fabulous guest. We have Shady Durags. What's up, Shady? Do I speak now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> actually last look, time i came in early let's get uh no let's do that it should one be more, the intro let's do it one more time but let's have him say something that can actually be in the video that's like super based what's what's the super based thing that he could say? i don't know what can he what did he say what are you gonna say Shay? it's super based like a one sentence thing 
Put you on say, the spot. Don't say, B- say trans women are women. There you go. I don't. I don't support BLM. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Okay. You could look. You can do that. Look, I think she, you could just edit that together. I don't even think. We need to I love it. it. I love it. Yeah. Why should we have to do the work? Like the editors can. There you can go. Do, do you have an editor? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm the editor. I'm the <laughs> everything on my channel. Yeah, yeah. So look, you're then you're trying to save yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I I have a running joke with myself. R- script writing shady hates recording shady. Who hates editing shady? Who hates script writing shady? They all hate each other. But they also <laughs> all love each other. Right. I know that feel. I used to know that feeling, but now I'm lazy. I'm a lazy streamer. Ah. Uh, just show up, talk so a bunch of bullshit for hours. We're pro. We're almost out of time. Do we have any more super chats for Shady? Or no, everyone just loves Shady. Okay, nothing but love. Story of my life. There you go. It's a good life. <laughs> I think we have some more super chats to read after we say goodbye. But do you? Is there anything you want to say or any? I guess you've kind of shouted out your channels a bunch of times. Subscribe to Shady two no space the number two rags which was confusing me because i thought it was shady t-o-o rags like also rags Hmm. that would have that wouldn't that wouldn't have been a bad name (laughs) that would have been a, a, a good alternative and he will be he will be streaming the spider man game very soon. <laughs> <laughs> he just be saying stuff. <laughs> so we have rags, to, you, you have two rags. You have to stream it so you can give contentious political takes about Spider-Man. Yeah. Listen, I actually do want to give contentious co- political takes about Spider-Man. I really do, go, actually. But I don't know if I want to do it on that channel. <laughs> oh, okay. You do it on our channel. How about that? Uh, that's possible, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely, coming, Shady. Yeah, we'll definitely see you again. We see you in the chat all the time, so but we'll we'll invite you on. Well, you this is actually technically your second time on the show because we did just invite you on. No, this is your third time. time on the show, then. Is second. it? I've yes. only been here once. I swore you've been here twice. Three, if you want to count the face-to-face meeting that we had that you <laughs> in a dream. <laughs> I'm just that memorable, you know. You invite me once; it seems like you've invited me I know. twice. She sticks with me. That was That's actually where the a two super... comes from. That was actually sure. a super fun stream where I was just like, okay, let me see if I can get like 20 people in here. I think J Mac came on. I think Sammy G came on. Yeah. I think CT was on. Yeah, that was we a good stream. just kept inviting people on. Yep. That I don't was fun. What Look, we talked about, but it was good. That's what we artists do. Okay. We spontaneity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look at Shady Nose. Spontaneity. Oh he knows. Jesus. I can't believe I knew that word. Sitch, why are you so? Look, he's artists, right? Am I right, oh. chat? Artists. Sitch, can't, can't wait to little, replace with AI. Be yeah. a little pretentious <laughs> for once. Come oh on, my God, I'm a man of the people, Adam. Okay, I'm a man that you could drink a beer with, and by that I mean you could not drink a beer with me because I don't want to leave my house. Okay, so you can send me a chat about you wanting to drink a beer with me. Well, well, Sitch has a has a very early meeting tomorrow so we're gonna have to cut our live stream short today it won't be a super long stream today that is true right 
So we're going to say right. goodbye. We're going to say goodbye to you, Shady. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your, your stories with us and your, the history of your channels and whatnot. And, uh, y'all get me in trouble. I know. And That's uh, goal. we're definitely going <laughs> to clip out that little talk we had about the trans stuff and send that over to FD signifier immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, nice. yeah, no, thanks for coming on, man. Nomad says shady play Baldur's gate three, 10, 10 game. Hmm. I, I will we'll see we'll see I'm tempted okay. to play a lot of things but remember the do rags channel is like my actual job so right all right guys so long take care well take care I'll man. be the same goodbye later thanks for the five dollars no man okay well, we got me... a couple more super chats right yeah yeah uh send Sess's Rins fan club for two dollars says love you good logic so glad you guys have him on yeah I like Joe too so many people in the comments after we did the Sunday stream yeah about Alex Jones yeah I what is it everyone's like I feel betrayed these people are liberals <laughs> it's like, like yeah, duh Wait, hasn't what, what, everybody hasn't everybody been calling us like left wingers maybe forever? they're like new people or something because you know you keep, keep churning new people and they're confused right right so a lot of people do also think centrist means neutral right they're like you're not being neutral you're taking sides well i mean we've never been neutral about anything really, i know so. yeah that's why i just i don't get yeah. it yeah no, that's fine let, let some people get triggered they can't handle it they can't handle it Girl Sarah for $2 says Jewish tunnels below New York City. Conspiracy theories go. Yes. That's like the big meme today. The weird Jewish tunnels. Yeah. Did you see the stuff on it? I, I saw the videos. Yeah. So that's super weird. There's like some, well, it's confusing because it, it there's supposedly confusing. there are some tunnels that were connecting some Orthodox Jewish uh, school or temple or something to like other places. And they said originally that the tunnels were built because during COVID lockdown, if you recall, there was a big controversy about like the Orthodox Jews, the Hasidic Jews, not Orthodox, the Hasidic Jews want to go meet and do their Jew stuff together and they can't because it violates lockdown order. It was like a big controversy. And so I was like, okay, well, they built a bunch of underground tunnels to meet in secret is kind of like insane. It's like kind of base, but also retarded at the same time. It can't be true. That's not you're like happened. You're like... Well, I mean, on one hand, it's stupid, but on the other hand, like, I, I guess it's, you know, it's an impressive effort, I guess. You know, so... so that's not of, what happened, right? That's the claim. I don't know if that's what will continue. But then that le breeds the question. It's like, well, wait a minute. Why would they still be using the tunnels now? Like, because lockdown's been over for a super long time. Like, I would understand them wanting to maybe keep the tunnels... Because they might think, oh, there could be another lockdown, right? We've but we spent all this time and energy building this fuck, or maybe it's just like you know when you're like a guy and you do something and yeah, you're it's like a man well, cave, literally. Yeah, like you're like, listen, I spent all these time building these fucking tunnels. I'm gonna use them, right? <laughs> like the like the women are like, you don't need the tunnels anymore. The lockdown's over. It's like Sheila, I built Bitch. these fucking tunnels for six months. I'm gonna damn well use them. Bitch, that's my impromptu opium den. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so maybe that's all that's going on there. I don't know. Maybe they just think they're cool, but it is kind of, it, the whole thing is super bizarre. So I'm sure we'll find out more about it going forward in the future. None of the art, the articles were all lame. They were so confusing as a perfect word for it. 
You're like, what? This is well, because I, I, there, there's not a lot of information about it yet. I don't think. I so, watched the videos. It was pretty funny. They were funny and lots of memes. Uh, lots of funny memes about it. Obviously, the actual anti-Semitic people are very happy with all the memes now. I can have of Jewish people climbing oh, yeah. out of sewer grates and stuff. So, you know, it's a whole thing. Bastards. Uh, Caleb the Cynic, thank you for the five gifted memberships. And Caleb for $2 says, I gifted subs. Say the line, Sitch. S-class Thank you, Caleb. We got a lot of A-teams today. I'm surprised. That's true. A lot of people showing their strength. Uh, McGore for Love a Month says, I think such an Adam is the closest thing we have to EFAP for books. If anyone knows of something closer, let me know. Or maybe Sitch or Adam will do it more. Uh, Stephen Michael Davis is coming on next week to talk about the fourth turning. So, be yeah, cool. you guys barely even talked about that when you were on a stream. Yeah, because he's supposed to come on and talk to us for two hours oh, about it. Why would we gotcha. want to burn it up? Okay, yeah. which will probably be a lot like the stream with with Nick Ricada, where Sitch barely says anything. <laughs> Reverse Nick Ricada. That is, there's like no shot that that's gonna happen. You're gonna say you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot to say about me and and turning. and Steven are gonna are gonna team up. It's gonna be a two v one on you. Okay, and it's gonna start. You guys are gonna probably gonna start talking about Pokemon. We are. Wait, is he a big Pokemon fan? Yeah, last time he came on, all you guys did was talk about Pokemon. We did? I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. you guys were like going crazy. I'm down to talk about Pokemans with Steven. I was like, holy shit. These guys are fucking nerds. I'm surprised. Like everyone in this pla in this space, except for like you and a handful of other people, are like massive nerds. Okay. You're Yeah, I know. It's awesome. It's totally awesome. Mm -hmm. Steve, though, is a book nerd as well. I'm reading right. a book he recommended that's amazing. If you want to read this book is this is probably the most pretentious libertarian book that I've ever read. Wow. The Smallest Minority, Independent Thinking in the Age of Mob Politics. But it's mm. so artfully written. I okay. feel like I'm reading uh, a Steinbeck novel or something. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Sam Josh for 10 months says, A-Team reigns supreme. Look at that. Nice. Rise Contrast up. for five. Aussie says, Sitch. I can hear Jews under my house. Can you guys please keep it down? Listen, we'll try to add some more soundproofing. Okay. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Do it up. Uh, Mythos Infinite, thank you for the 20 Canadian. Says Sitch and Adam, charlatans, you claim to be centrist with minimal bias, and yet you say opinions besides all the ones I agree with. How dare you claim to be politically neutral when you don't parrot my views? Happy old New Year's, nerd. That's a wonderful super chat. Thank you. That is awesome. Yeah. You should you should pin that comment to the the Alex Jones uh, comment section. Is, is it a is is it's a comment, Ann? It's a super chat. Okay. Mythos Infinite should go over, copy paste that. Yeah, there you go. Into I, the I, Alex Jones comment section, and then, then we actually can. Then Adam it. will pin it. Yes. Yeah. Then we can pin it rather. Uh, Raiders Cat for three months. Thank you so much. Says Blunt Fly Supremacy Wormy Tifa Emoji. Oh, there yeah. 
Uh, Mythos Infinite for five Canadian says, this feels like I'm being told to buy gold by some guy's dad. <laughs> nice. Is that what was that when we were doing the exchange? I got to admit, we were talking I did. about gold standard with uh, Joe. I got to admit, I did. I did take it like one, like one one more when I did actually know what was going on, just because it was funny. Right. Finding you for five. I feel like you're trolling me now. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Well, you Come were. On. So there you go. That's so good. <laughs> Exactly. Stop it, Adam! Stop! <laughs> that was pretty funny. I found two for five dollars. So it's funny that Adam had a problem with how boring Law Talk was alongside MMT. True. I know. Look, I just, it's weird. And I was telling Sis just before the stream began. Just uh, the... You know the meme of the numbers floating in front of the guy's face or the girl's face? From the hangover, yeah. 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 When I when we talk about MMT, I'm like that. Like I just understand <laughs> what's going on. Right. It's like I'm in the fucking matrix. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm watching all these complicated MMT streams and I'm like, this makes sense. Everyone else is like, what the fuck are they talking about? Right, right. The law stuff is, and I, I mean, I listened back. I was kind of, having fun with you guys in the chat when Nick Ricada and Sitch were talking, but I listened back this morning and it was a, a fascinating conversation. I, I obviously agree more with Sitch on the stuff. And I tried to use some of the knowledge that I got from that previous stream in this talk with Joe. So I, I mean, yeah, I can, I can pay attention, but it's not the, it's not the numbers floating in front of my face. I really have to like concentrate. And I think there are key concepts that are missing, like that are linkages. Like the concept between federal law and state law, I don't have a lot of understanding of how those two different systems interact with one another. So Yeah, well, you know, a lot of it, like when you're whether you're bored or not, is if you if you don't understand what's being talked about, it makes it boring. It does, yeah. Um and then, so it's a combination of that and it's a combination of just interests. Like, you know, I was, you know, I'm raised by a lawyer. So I was kind of, you know, grew up with all this like law lawyer talk kind of in my brain. So it's always just been something that I've kind of been interested in. Yeah. Sitch is like, yeah, I read that indictment and there are like four different key components to it. And I'm thinking, this motherfucker's reading fucking PDFs on the internet. Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> You know, today, Adam, you, you DM'd in the DMs, you sent that MMT podcast yes. about the, whether, how, you know, how inf- the cutting the, the interest rate is going to affect the yes. economy. Yeah. Right. And I try, I listened to it for 20 minutes and I'm like, this is the most boring shit I've ever heard in my life. I have no fucking clue what I was talking about. I just turned it off. I can't look. I can't even believe you lasted 10 minutes, to be honest with you. I was only because I was doing something else. I was like driving somewhere and like doing errands. And then I realized when I got to my destination, I'm like, I don't know. I just had no like retention of anything that was said in that fucking conversation. It's just gone. This is, this is why I pulled out the important points in the DM. Because yeah. I, I did say, and I'll just tell you guys, I did say that the the crux of that podcast was they they think the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates this year, which 
nobody is expecting and it's going to cause people to totally freak out why would they raise interest rates because they think inflation is going to come back again they don't think we're done with inflation they they think yeah so there if inflation comes back the the fed is going to you know they're going to we're tough on inflation we're going to raise interest rates again not knowing that raising the interest rates is causing the inflation and there that's either going to happen which is nightmare scenario right everyone's expecting rates to go down they're going to go up the stock market is going to crash everything's going to be fucking on fire mm-hmm. or or inflation is going to subside enough that they do start lowering interest rates which will cause more will cause less inflation but they think it's going to cause a recession and a recession is going to cause the stock market to tank and be bad for biden's re-election so it, either way it's like we're fucked right right yeah so 2024 is not looking good by their predictions and these are the same guys that called all of 2023 which i mean they're every every single analyst was saying that 2023 was going to be a recession it was going to be a big because the fed is raising interest rates the fed is trying to cause a recession not knowing that raising the interest rates was causing a bunch of stimulative spending and working against a, a recession so that's why the market is up huge i told mm-hmm. sitch to buy he didn't buy but whatever i know i'm fucking we'll piece of time. shit look sitch a crash is coming in 2024 you'll have your opportunity nice so i shouldn't buy it yet because it's gonna be a crash no. come. yeah supposedly look i'm getting out okay i'm i'm wait. i'm getting on in on the crash this time crashes are the best only if you get out before crashes are the hugest oppor- money-making opportunity uh, Mythos Infinite, thank you for the two Canadians, says, copy, paste it, give me the pin, boss, here's two bucks, thank you for two dollars, and yes, comment is pinned and hearted, so thank you for, for doing that. Oh, oh, nice. You pinned and hearted it? I did, yeah. Sweet, good for you. So rub it in everyone's fucking face. Thank you, Mythos. <laughs> jeez. A little fucking harsh, but okay. No, jeez. Uh, Cyborg for $2 says, oh no, wait, let's get one. Master Phillips, thank you for the $20. Says, too many finance tisms to list. Gold bugs are dumb. They're either speculators or champagne socialists equivalent to preppers. MMT is a neutral tool currently wielded by evil and or idiotic people. Hi, Joe. Glad to see you're here. That's a very, the full spectrum of, of economic takes. I like it. I did agree with the the MMT stuff. Right. It's tough. A lot of a lot of retards are wielding. <laughs> sure. Uh, Cyborg for two hours says, Adam, how would Argentina dollarizing affect us? Wouldn't it increase our the dollar value a little bit? The say say again. What was the question? How would Argentina dollarizing affect us? Not at all. It had no effect. It's going to have zero effect on oh. us. I did. I put a video in the chat earlier that somebody sent me. One of you guys sent me that is about Argentina. It was a really good video. Here, I'll put it in again. You guys can they're not dollarizing. They're just going to peg their currency to the dollar, right? They're not dollarizing. Vanessa is a member for six months. She says, Adam, what's the new book you're reading? I missed it. Not the fourth turning, the other one. Well, hmm. I, the book he's reading just, the sim, the similarion. 
the book that I just talked about was the smallest minority independent thinking in the age of mob politics, which I think, I, I mean, it, you might not like it. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird book, but I think it's pretty cool. Is but there the, another book you're reading? Well, I don't know. Cause Steve and I were going to talk about two books. We we're going to talk about the fourth turning is here. What the season what the seasons of history tell us about how and when this crisis will end. And what's the other book? Listen, I don't know how to pronounce similarions. Okay. It's a fake word. No one can pronounce it correctly. Cause it's made up. It's a made up word. It's not a real word. Sim word that wasn't made up. Okay. Simulacrum. Is that what you're talking about? No. no. Well, the other book is End Times by Peter Turchin, Elites, Counter Elites, and the Path of Political Disintegration. So that's what we're talking about next week. Sitch will read both of those books. He'll be totally prepared. With I'm not going to read report. shit, buddy. <laughs> and good. Silmarillion? Is that how you say it? Silmarillion. Sil I don't even know what that is simulacrum that's not that's the simulacrum that's the, the book in the matrix that he has his money in okay it's a different book oh okay that's the, the silmarillion however you say it that's the lord of the rings book okay you need to increase your nerd game adam so I, know, I, says, do. I look i agree i agree a thousand percent with you on Says, I love this. <laughs> I love the Simulerion. It's my favorite evolution. There you go. Thank you. He's just fucking with us, right? I know he is. Uh, Cyborg for. Oh, I read that one. Uh, read that one. Read that one. Bob Van Gogh for five dollars says, "Did you watch the Peter Bogosian McIntyre debate? He's falling quicker than." Uh, Carl Sargon did for the NRXU. Better get your boy before a mole bug does. Wait, Peter Bogosian is is falling for NRX? View? Really? That seems shocking to me. If that's what you meant. I ha I didn't haven't seen the conversation yet. If it was a debate, shouldn't he be debating McIntyre on that concept? Well, I hung out with Peter Bogosian, and he told me that he thought Vivek was going to be Trump's pick for VP. Or did you mean McIntyre is falling for it? If that's the case, I, I thought I knew that. Yeah, already. he's already in our. Yeah, he's been. I thought he's been there for a long time. Mac right. Mac McIntyre has me blocked on Twitter, so mm -hmm. I said something. Or did, it's Aaron McIntyre, right? Is it Aaron or Oren? Oren. Okay. They mostly agree. Vile Van Gogh says, "Oh, I'll check it out." Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That's what Adam says when he's could care less when he's not paying attention. I remember? No, so I, I mean, I saw James Lindsay's conversation with Carl on a similar topic. I mean, Carl's not like straight up NRX, but he's in his own weird category, I guess. Um, and I thought that was an interesting conversation. And then James Lindsay did his own video that was the first half of it is fantastic. That's all kind of addressing the sort of ideas about you know, is wokeness an outgrowth of liberalism? And, and the first half of it, I think, is very good where he's kind of going, you know, debunking all that that idea. The second half, he kind of gets bogged down in, like, property rights 
that I think it just goes on for way too long. So, right, he does sometimes get sidetracked a little too long. Right. Um, Moondocky for ten dollars says important question. What's your favorite Keyblade design? I love Three Wishes. That's a good ass question. Look at this. Vanessa's reading both those books, Sitch. You should feel horrible. Why Why would that make me feel horrible? Vanessa's reading both those books. You're literally going... Look, we should just invite Vanessa on. She's read the books. Yeah, if so invite her on. Okay. You're now invited, talking Vanessa. About I think um, my favorite Keyblades they could think of. I liked Oblivion. I liked... Uh, the Jack Skellington one. I liked... I hated the Pinocchio one. I liked Lionheart was cool. I kind of liked the... Um, the weird giant like cloud one with the like the bandages around it. Those are the ones. Those are the ones I like. Those are the good Pokemans? Those are the good Keyblade Pokemans, yeah. Oh, they're Keyblades. It's the Keyblades. Yeah. What is is a keyblade like a knife that you stick into a into a lock and force it open? So in Kingdom Hearts, uh, the main weapon you use is a keyblade. It's a it's a sword that is shaped like a key. And mm -hmm. uh, the reason it is a keyblade, Adam, is because all the worlds, all the various multiverse worlds, are connected via a series of like interdimensional doors. And the Keyblade Master has the ability to lock and unlock these doors. With the sword? With the sword, yeah. Nice. You have to lock the doors because it keeps the soul-eating zombies out. Essentially. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. it, but is it needlessly complicated? It is needlessly complicated, yeah. <laughs> oh, it is? Yes. So it's nuanced. It's nuanced. Can you imagine how awful? Imagine Kingdom Hearts directed by Christopher Nolan. It'd be a fucking disaster. <laughs> you know, like, gee, or not it's even a, worse. It's Tenant. Even worse. Uh, what's his name? The fucking guy you like so much that did the original Dune. Yeah, David Lynch. David Lynch Kingdom Hearts would be a fucking disaster. Uh, it'd be amazing. Yeah. I have Terrible. the Keyblade. God. The interdimensional Keyblade. My God. Uh, Toxic Mix, thank you so much for the $50. Thank you, Toxic. Says, just got here at the end of the Kingdom Hearts talk. Why anyone will try to explain the labyrinthian nightmare of retcons and lampshades to an uninitiated is beyond me. Also, Sora's heart is weak. The point is his friends make him stronger. Get fucked. Well, there you go. To answer the question, the reason I just wanted to annoy Adam, that was the reason I wanted Shady to explain the backstory of Kingdom Hearts to Adam. Look, so. I started taking notes. I want there to know go. more about I'm it. I'm impressed. Was, you 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 were following along. I I when you say that I am seriously deficient in the nerd culture, actually it's more the nerd culture of your generation. You want True. to talk nerd culture of Gen X, like I'm fully versed. Right. It right. is it is I mean, that is kind of the cultural divide because well you know, I was going to college and stuff. You were a little kid playing all these fucking video games every True. single day, fucking done up to sundown. True. You got out of school at fucking 3.15 and you were playing video games to midnight. 
True. That's Those a are the lot, days, man. That's a lot of video games. That's right. You were growing up in in virtual worlds. I re- I remember yeah. being at my friend's house, sitting around watching him try to beat Sephiroth for two hours in Kingdom Hearts One. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little painter studio. That it's I was fucking gay. Painting. Yeah, we didn't have video games. <laughs> well, actually, we did. Yeah, have you did. Video you had games. Pong. We had and yeah. Galaga. I had, I had all the video games that you could have, but the home, like the that little Atari version of the the arcade games. Right. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. It sucked. I'm it sure sucked. it did. Yep. I often wonder though, because sometimes it, you know they have the meme of this is we have this at home. No, you don't get a Big Mac. We have food at home. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The Atari home version was, sucks. Yeah. The Atari was kind of like the food at home. Yes. The video games at home thing. Yes. Like these fucking suck. These games that you get all free suck. I want to go to the arcade and play Donkey Kong. Mm. Why couldn't they just do Donkey Kong like the arcade game on the I, Atari? I think the probably the physical hardware of the the Atari couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, you had to have a giant yeah. machine to be able right. to do. Yeah. Probably. That'd be my guess. So lame. But it's funny, my parents. I found about this recently. My parents used to be super big into Pac-Man. <laughs> really? It's so funny because like my parents, like I never thought of them as like they don't play any video games or anything remotely like that. You know, they're like old boomers. I never would have been and they're telling me like, oh yeah, we used to go to this arcade that, that still exists, by the way. And we used to like play Pac-Man for hours. I'm like, what the fuck? Really? That's crazy. My mom got super addicted to this game, Pipe Dream where you basically I you you laid pipe (laughs) as they say your mom was laying a lot of pipe (laughs) I knew I couldn't resist making the joke you um you put little sections of pipe in you like create I don't know kind of like a plumbing system underground Mm -hmm. and I think there was little monsters that ran around or whatever so I I watched her play it a bunch, but she I could see, like, Mom, you're addicted to this game. You need to eat. That's hilarious. Let's get some food into you. I've never seen I, this. So this game was on computer. Yeah. It was, like, on, like, Windows 3.1 or whatever the fuck that was called back in the day. Yeah. I've never seen this game before. It looks kind of like the Mouse Maze game. Did your, did your mom play that one? I'm not sure. It was like a little game where you're like a, like a mouse and you had to like move. I forget what it was called. You had to like move like blocks to get the cheese and avoid Look, the cat. Here it is. This is it. Yeah, I know. You can Google it. It's there. You can even download this, it and play it. This this goofy game. Like how the hell are you playing this game for hours? It's so fucking boring. <laughs> it does look really awful. Yeah. 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 So, see, that was the thing too. Like and hours and hours on end. My mom. And my grandfather used to play fucking solitaire for a long time on the computer. I'm like, that's so boring. How do you deal with that Solitaire? Shit? Yes. Actually, when I moved to New Orleans, when I first moved to New Orleans, I didn't have any friends. So mm-hmm. um, I would play solitaire just oh, constantly. I know. I know. Look, it was boring as fuck. And I was just trying to entertain myself. Try Terrible. moving to a city where you don't know anybody at all. Before back in the day, I know before, before the there's the internet. Yeah, right. I got. You. I it's got like you. how the fuck do you meet people? 
Right. The only way that you can meet people, well, getting a job is the best way to meet people if you, right, like pre-internet, obviously. You exactly. Go yeah. Immediate friend group. I'm going to bring Rodent's up a Revenge. Thank you, PC. That's the name of the game. Rodent's Revenge. At least play the you know the the better version of Solitaire is um the one where you make the pyramid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. You have to get 13. You have to match pairs of 13. I don't. Well, okay, I haven't huh. played that. I forget it's called. It's like King's Tomb or something. Um, uh, let's see. Metalworks for eleven ninety for ten dollars says Adam. For decades, everyone wanted Sora to be in Super Smash Brothers, Nintendo's big mascot fighting game, for years. But for legal reasons, they couldn't. But when it finally did, it was a mon- monumental moment in gaming. There you go. Nice. Okay. Adam doesn't know or appreciate what any of that meant, but thank you. Look, I'll look it up though. What's a what don't is worry the name about of? it. It doesn't matter. Look. So this pipe dream game. Yeah. So the little pipe, the little green glowing stuff fills up the pipe and you just yeah. continue. You're trying to make up as much, you're trying to lay as much pipe as humanly possible. I gotcha. I gotcha. Which I don't know. That's... Yeah, it's the Bioshock minigame, yeah. Uh, the worst part of Bioshock, I stuck for $5. So, oh, you, yeah, that was the one about shady to watch here getting mad at jangles or mr girl uh dotums for five aussie bucks says movie music videos back in the day were the best chameleon 808 the apply tree featuring the glitch mob anyone yeah i see i didn't watch the movie music videos i watched all the the anime music videos back in the day that all had like lincoln park or papa roach or something those were on youtube well no this was even pre-youtube they'd be on like you have to fucking down them from, download them from like Kazaa or something oh, like that. that. Yeah. What was the precursor to Kazaa? LimeWire? LimeWire. Thank you. Yeah. They had, it was like Napster and then Napster became LimeWire and Kazaa because Napster was just music and then Kazaa and LimeWire, you could download the videos. So. Uh, Brick Nose for $5 says, for context, Hollywood, Holly Hawk stopped speaking with bojack horseman because he got caught almost screwing the underage daughter of his former crush oh my god wow that's a way to get in trouble right that's a way to get in trouble i've never seen that show in my entire life so i really the art style kind of put me off uh, Malik for $20 says the people who believe in the concept of gender identity are the same people who tell women to break and defy gender norms. Is that not hypocrisy? By their logic, wouldn't women who defy gender roles be trans? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. And I've kind of always been, you know, brought that up is that the entire concept of like, you know, sort of the, that, that concept seems to sort of reinforce gender stereotypes. That's kind of why I'm not a huge fan of non-binary pronouns because I feel like non-binary pronouns reinforce very gender stereotypes that supposedly we're supposed to be dismantling so because you have to you have to stake out what is officially a masculine or feminine uh thing in order to not be it and so there is sort of a latent hypocrisy built into it yeah but there is a giant difference between a person who is a feminine male and a person who is Passing no, no, a, yeah, I, yeah. I, agree, I agree. Yeah, sure. Um, Texas SP12 for $5 says, why don't we call it menstrual shows? 
<laughs> I feel it's no different. Wow. Get it? Like you call someone a black face at minstrel show and you call someone menstrual show. Okay. Good job. Well, I don't get it. But... Don't worry about it. It's get us in trouble. Is Uh it is it like menstruation? Is no, that... he's saying because oh. when you're talking about the trans stuff, it's like if you have like a, a person in blackface, you it's like a minstrel show. So he was saying like a person who's trans, a menstrual show, like they're in woman right. face. Yeah, woman face. Gotcha. Like, right. They're on their period. There you go. Dark joke. PLO to PL for five dollars says, What do you guys make of Trump Trump talking about an economic crash in an interview? Dishonest framing from the media, actually what he wants, lacking context. So I heard people talking about the line, attacking it and defending it, but I didn't look it up myself before the stream started. So I don't know. I didn't I don't actually have a strong opinion on it. Did did you hear about this? I didn't. I saw the clip of the thing you were talking about with the magnets in the water though, which was kind of hilarious. Was there some context to that that made sense? No. Okay. Well, I, he was talking about electronics and got mixed up with magnets, which obviously water. How the fuck do you do elect that? Electronics don't get along. I think he was talking to some some company, like he was at John Deere or something. So, oh, that why he made that weird John. Deere? I was like, why is he talking about John Deere randomly in this? Yeah. Okay. Um, Trump says he hopes the economy crashes in the next 12 months because he doesn't want to be Herbert Hoover. Let's see. Quote, <laughs> what? So he's basically saying, look, I don't want it to crash while I'm in there. I want it to crash now so I can come in and fix it. That is what he's saying, yeah. Because he said, quote, we have an economy that's so fragile. The only reason it's running now is it's running off the fumes of what we did, meaning, you know, his administration. It's just running off fumes. And when there's a crash, I hope it's going to be during this next 12 months because I don't want to be Herbert Hoover, the one president. I just don't want to be Herbert Hoover. So unless there's some further context, I mean, it sounds like it's exactly as you said, Adam. He's saying he thinks the economy is going to crash. He doesn't want to get blamed for it. Um, so he hopes it crashes before he's president. He Look, this is interesting because yeah. of what we're talking about, the fourth turning is here, right? Right. He's saying, I want Biden to be Hoover, Hoover and yes. I want to be FDR. Right. He wants to run in on the, the horse. Yeah. Right. Some people were interpreting it like, like Trump is hoping that there'll be a crash because then it'll help him win the election. That's not quite a sort of like you could, there's an element is, of that. But that's, not, but that's not quite what he's saying. They're making it sound like he's saying the economy oh, right. is good right now and I want to crash so I can win. And he's saying, no, no, he thinks there's going to be a crash. He just wants it to crash while he's not president right so he wants the crash to happen yeah or right. he can blame it on biden he's saying the crash is coming he doesn't know if it's gonna he's saying look i'm gonna win the presidency this thing's in the bag yeah yes right because he's like oh because he's saying it's gonna crash because of biden but it, you know he doesn't want to become president and then immediately a crash when he wins this is what he's saying so okay Nomad for $5 says, God, this year's already wild. First, the guy tackling the judge, and now there's secret Jewish tunnels, and it's only the second week LMAFO. True! 2024, man. 2024 yeah, what was up with that year. guy? The, do know, you know that guy asshole. was a... Well, he was a crack baby. Is that... Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's surprising, I guess. I was... Yeah, look, I... I immediately was like, oh, that fucking sucks. Yep. <laughs> That sucks. Right. 
Did you guys hear that? The the guy who attacked the judge was a literal crack baby. There you go. So sad. Uh, critically chibi for 20 Canadian. Thank you. Says Sitch. It's not like I want to have a... It's not like I want to have to go... I can't speak. It's not like I want to go have a beer with you, Bubba Baka. I went and saw Godzilla last weekend. What a great movie. Love the thick boyzilla and it stands as proof you can have a compelling human story in your kaiju film. Well, there you go. Oh, there Sitch you go. still hasn't seen it. I still haven't. And I never will. <laughs> Such a liar. What do you mean? You should, uh, you should, it would be a good date movie. You should take, uh, take a girl out and see that movie. Is it even still in theaters? I'm sure it is. Like, I don't have no interest to watch that movie. <laughs> that's just like, look, I don't want to see a movie. I, I just have no interest in watching that movie specifically. Really? Yeah. You don't want to see a good movie. No, I want to see bad movies. You want to go look? He wants to see Barbie again. I that's do. What he really want? I want to be. I want. I want to watch a movie that makes me mad. Okay mad mad i want to get real mad when i watch a movie it's gonna rant about it on stream mad i'll probably watch it eventually when it's on streaming but i'm not gonna go watch it in a theater vanessa for six months hey vanessa says adam oh you read that one i was about the book yep uh human flourishing for ten dollars says uh while you're talking about video games i convinced adam's last name is jensen if not google adam jensen Shades, the spiked hair, cybernetic arm, um, Deuce X classic. Also, Solitaire is underrated. Deus X. There you go. Yeah, people have Adam made the uh, Adam Adam Jensen comparison a lot, and they will oh, uh, yeah, when the comic yeah. book comes out. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Because he's got Basically. like the robot parts. So it is an interesting. Um, it is an interesting. Oh, he does his coincidence like, he does the beard the same way there's a lot of like characters a lot of like white guy characters that do look surprisingly like adam in fiction it is strange these the design on my beard for the character is just based off the fact that i have these spots on my face that just don't grow beard right yeah that's the american indian me or there the native american dude lucky i'm like so fucking hairy yeah, yeah. I hate it. Gotta shave like every 10 hours. Dotums for $2 says, the Bitcoiners tend to argue against gold because the supply increased by about 2% per year. They're straight up pro-deflation. It's not the supply doesn't increase, it's just physically constrained by production. There you go. Yeah, well, they don't want enough enough money to run an economy so totems for another two dollars says honestly i think the better argument against gold is to ask how much of gold's value comes from people's perception of its value when most of its market is jewelry or investment how is it any different from regular currency there you go there is no there is no artificial value creation in gold because it's all by demand driven Taxes create value for currency. Right. So they force people to use it. No one is being forced to use gold. McGore for two hours says, wait, is Brianna Wu actually trans? I thought 
that was a transvestigator op. No, Brianna Wu is trans. Yeah. Uh, Sitch's mom for $2. Oh, no, it's my mother. Sitch, Again. I'm here to ask you the real JQ. When will you come rescue me from our secret tunnel? I've been trapped here for weeks now, and the Goyam are coming. Please come help me. There you go. I forget. What go. are the Goyam? That's a, that's a Yiddish word for someone who's not Jewish. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, you know, it's weird. It was like, I was like seeing this history thing. Um, like, not, you know, Hebrew was like not really a spoken language. I mean, it wasn't like temple, but it wasn't really spoken language until Israel. They had to make a conscious decision to be like, we should, this should be our national language. Because there, there wasn't like a, there was like Jews were not walking around speaking Hebrew like before Israel, like as like a, as a, uh, you know, in a normal setting. They were speaking Yiddish mostly and some other things. So there you go. Anyways. Oh, wow. It's time. It's time. It is time. Anyways, thank you all for coming. Yeah. Thank you all for your generous super chats. I guess you know harmonica. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for your incredibly generous donations. Thank you, Joe and Shady, for coming on. It's always good talking to you guys. And thank you, you who are made to the end of the stream. You are the true heroes. You are the true wielders of the Keyblade. You are the true people who will never get cucked by a poor, by a Native American man in Texas. You are the true standards of which our currency will be based off of instead of gold. And we'll see you all next time. Bye bye. That was a creepy bye bye. Bye bye. Jesus. Bye bye.